sun <laughs> will be shining. No, guys, that's not the official soundtrack to Django. That is me, Zohev. Welcome back to Midnight Feature. If you didn't know, we are covering Django Unchained. Colin, what did you think of my singing voice, my friend? Oh, it's wonderful. It's 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 much better than I expected it to be. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's it was it was it actually wasn't that bad. Like just go just work on it a little bit. Work on it a little bit. You'll be all right. Yeah, except um, uh, we've lost all of our listeners now. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't have shouldn't, <laughs> Sorry, have, shouldn't have led to that. I, I yeah, I love that intro song, man. That intro oh song is awesome. I love we'll, that we'll, shit. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But anyway, guys, welcome back to uh, Midnight Double Feature. Um, we, like I said, we'll be covering Django Unchained, Quentin Tarantino's Django yeah. Unchained, our first Tarantino movie ever, uh, and we are stoked for this. Um, we've got no review this week, but we do have a couple little snippets of news. Um, firstly. So that's fine by me. So wake me up when it's all over. When I'm wiser and I'm older. All this time I was finding myself and I didn't know I was lost. So wake me up when it's all over. When I'm wiser and I'm older. All this time I was finding myself and I. Actually, pretty sad news. Um, someone who influenced the hell out of me. Uh, I don't, that's not really the right word, but he had a pretty big impact in my life. Um, his name was Tim Bergling, aka the DJ Avicii. Um, he was the first ever EDM artist to sell out arena shows, to actually do arena shows. Um, he passed away today, or last night rather, at the age of 28 which is God. insane. Yeah, he was found in Oman. Um, they haven't released, at this time, they haven't really released uh, any cause of death or anything like that. But, um, yeah, man, this this guy was an absolute... Um, I wasn't always into electronic dance music. Um, so when I first heard Levels by Avicii, it's such an influential track, and it just totally got me into it, dude. Like, um, he was just... He was just like he was his music was really positive and it was very always you know it was always played in clubs and things like that there's no way you haven't heard an Avicii song um yeah dude my girlfriend said the exact same thing because she saw it today and she was like oh Avicii died and I was like who is that and she's like you know you've heard you've mm. you've heard this song she's like I know you have it's so weird you said she said the exact same thing today Absolutely, dude. Look, I was at um, a music festival here in Sydney uh, a couple of years ago. I think it was 2012 or 2013. I can't remember. But it was called Future Music Festival. Um, essentially, Avicii was meant to headline, and I remember waiting for him um, with the crowd. But uh, there was a, a last-minute announcement that he wasn't able to make it due to some health issues. Um, I'm not saying mm. that these things are connected, but, I mean, you know, things like that, it just you know, it starts to make you think, you know. Um and mm-hmm. it's it's just really sad, man, that he passed away at the age of twenty eight. It's it's just it's totally. Yeah, I woke up this morning and it just blew my mind. I was like, "There's no, there's no way." Like this this guy was just, 
to be producing the kind of music he was producing at the at his age back then it was like holy shit um right yeah so um yeah i'd like to express my condolences to his family and and all of that and um deeply saddened by his loss to be honest yeah it's like yeah <clears throat> it's it's nuts like i need i need to go and and listen to him because I, I saw the same thing when I was just scrolling through the news that he had had some health issues and they thought it uh, maybe was related. But, I mean, it's it's kind of no coincidence, you know, it's uh, you have health issues and you cancel shows. It's the same thing with uh, Dolores O'Riordan from the Cranberries. Always, I can't pronounce her last name. It's the lead singer of the Cranberries. My girlfriend actually had tickets to go see her canceled it due to health issues and she died like six months later um, just like just sometime in the last year she died and um it was you know it's <clears throat> it was just kind of kind of the same situation and i was like yeah i would i would probably bank that those two are together but um but yes yeah, spe- speaking of which i on that on that new segment i gotta i gotta redeem myself we're totally blew past um, Milo, uh, Milos Foreman died. You know, he's <clears throat> 86, totally blew right past that. Uh, and Ar- was Arlie Emery? Is that how you say his name? Yes, Arlie Ermey, uh, a.k.a. Arlie Gunny, Gunny Hartman uh, from uh, Full Metal Jacket, man. That absolutely insane performance. He was an actual drill instructor. Um, yeah. So he brought that, that knowledge and expertise to that role, and goddamn, he knocked it out of the park. He was also in uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, so the 2004 movie and uh the the beginning i think that came in 2008 uh he scared the hell out of me when i first saw that first texas chainsaw movie man i was like holy shit see i, I always remember him because he's in uh he's in frighteners uh peter jackson's frighteners oh uh, shit he is too oh my yeah, god i forgot I, I he's the ghost yeah yeah oh so Super good dude underrated. so good um and uh and he was also in uh saving silverman i don't know if you've ever seen that but it's it's actually pretty funny it's like a it's just like a early 2000s comedy it's got like jack black and a few other people in it but uh but yeah yeah super sad to hear about all of these you know just recently just one on top of the other on top of the other um but but yeah it's obviously all the condolences to their family and we hope that you know hope hope that everything turns out all right in the end for him you know yeah for sure dude um Look, we started this podcast on such a sad note, and we've got one more piece of sad news um, before we move on to Django. Um, But uh, Colin, you wanna you wanna drop uh, that other piece of news that you 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 passed through to me today? Oh yeah, they're canceling Ash versus Evil Dead. Uh, God damn it! The the whatever. Uh, finale is coming right now the series or the season whatever they just they were like oh no now your season finale is your series finale and yeah so they're 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 cutting it off at season three uh so season three will be the final season of ash versus evil dead have you seen any of this show i actually haven't i I, i've got evil dead army of darkness and even like the remake Mm. uh but i just never i don't know why i think it's probably just because i don't have stars you know and i was just it wasn't enough for me to want to get it you know um Dude, I've seen yeah, a, I've I seen a few episodes. I think I've seen like four, and uh, holy shit, it is so fun. It's hilarious. It's uh, so gory, and it, it's absolutely, it's so entertaining, dude. But um, yeah, apparently they just weren't getting their viewership. You know, like when they started, they were, at, I think it was something like four hundred seventy-five thousand um, viewers an episode, and now in the last episode, it was just like one hundred seventy-five thousand. Sorry, that's yeah. a that's a real steep drop. Like I mean. Yeah. God, that's 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 crazy how fast that can turn around. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah, dude. 
so look, that's the news. Like I said, we're not going to go into anything else because this movie is long as shit. Yeah, it is. But to be honest, every time I see this movie, it doesn't feel like it. Um, so look, let's start off with our initial thoughts on this movie, man. Let's 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 talk about Django. Let's talk about Django, Django Unchained. Um, oh, actually, before we do that, I'm going to put a little disclaimer here. Um, so Colin and I talked about this. Obviously, this movie is um, very. Uh, what's the word, Colin? Uh, it's it's notorious, Contro- controversial at yeah, at, at, <laughs> yeah, controversial, notorious, whatever the hell, right? It's pretty well known that this movie features a lot of um, uh, racial slurs and expletives and all that stuff. Um, and one word in particular, uh, we've decided. Um, that you know, although this podcast is rated E for explicit, we will not be um, specifically saying those words. Um, sure, you might hear a, a clip here or there throughout the episode um, with, of the characters saying those words, but as as a as a team, we've decided not to go down that route just because um, th- there is a movement that's happening uh, in society right now. Um, you know, there's. Uh, there's there's been some crimes that have been committed very publicly as well. Um, I'm looking at you, Starbucks. Um, right, yeah, you yeah. read my mind, man, totally. Yeah, dude. Um, so essentially we've decided as a team to stray away from that and focus on how absolutely fucking fun this movie is. Um, yeah. Because, uh, you know, it, 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 it is an entertain. It, this is this movie is absolutely wholly entertaining. Um but that being said, we will not be going down that route. But look, if it comes up, and it will come up, we will talk about um, the issue, um, but we, we won't be saying those words in particular. So if you're wondering why we're paraphrasing um, the characters, because this movie is wholly quotable, if you're wondering why we're paraphrasing, that's why. Right, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, you know, because at, at, the end of the, uh, at the end of the day, it's it's... It's we talked about this earlier, and obviously it's it's not a historically accurate setting era piece about slavery. It's a revenge film set in the 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 surroundings and the settings of this, um, and it's it's more or less more about the character and and which obviously it has a lot to do with the character but at the same time it doesn't just define it's not it's not it's more or less used as like a plot device and it's it's it it, it I think that. Tarantino definitely pays respects to it, and he definitely he definitely tiptoes it like very well. And he's you know I I don't think that he is very because <clears throat> um, you know I know some people have called him out of being kind of like exploiting it, and I I wouldn't necessarily say that it's 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 exploiting it. It just feels more like that's just the 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 era, and it's just a revenge you know it's a revenge western set in the south you know with a slave, and it's like yeah that's, it's, that's a, a it's a it's a it's a southern right. It's not a it's not a western at all. Right. Yeah. They. Yeah. They said it's it's a southern film and it's, um. You know. But obviously, you know, we would it would be a you know we would be remiss to not acknowledge this kind of stuff going into a podcast. You know, talking about this movie, especially with like it's just not a word that I use. You know, it'd be like, I don't know. I feel like it would be me adopting mate. You know, if I just started saying <laughs> mate because you know, and it's like I don't. You know, I'm, I'm. Hey, what's up, dude? What's up, guy? What's up, man? You know, it's like that's. Those are just my. You know, my terms of endearment. It just never fell into my catalog. It's just not something that I use. 
Um, and see, that's 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 interesting, dude. Like, I mean, because that that word it doesn't have that much weight here um, because it's so far removed from everything happening over there. Um, here, um, we we say that word like as as a joke. Um, you know, and like no one takes it seriously. It doesn't have weight to it because um, those those kinds of things just aren't synonymous here. Um, if anything, um, we have uh, our our sort of racial stereotypes are more centered towards uh, Aboriginal people. Um, oh yeah, you were yeah. telling me about that. Yeah, dude, uh, it's. There are, you know, there are there, there's a lot of like crime statistics and things like that that lean a lot towards Aboriginal people, uh, mainly because um, it's got to do with a lot of socioeconomic issues. Um, I know with criminal law, especially, there's a lot of Aboriginal deaths in custody. There was um a, an an actual like commission that was like that was investigating that, um, and I'm pretty sure they've cleaned that up now. Um, and there is this whole sort of like societal move to fix it, but um, you know, it, the, it's still there, right? Like the thinking is still there, right? Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's it's nuts. Like in, no matter where you go, you know, there's always going to be some somebody being an asshole ruining it for some group of people for no reason. You know, it's it's it sucks. But either way, it's it's nuts to see. You know, also. Um, just how different our, our, our cultures are. You know, I'm from the South. I'm from Tennessee. You know, I live, you know, I, I've been to places where there were plantations and, and, and they absolutely had slaves. But it's also so odd seeing that on, you know, kind of juxtaposed, you know, to you. And then it's just totally a non-issue or, or not 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 something that would cause as much controversy as it would here in the U.S. That's It's, it's just so odd. Um, just, just culturally, I think it's interesting because they have two, like two very different kind of outlooks and opinions on it. And that's what's something that's always really interesting to me about the show was the fact that we, you know, we grew up, we you know, watching different things and seeing different things, you know, and I had to explain to you what Mr. Rogers was, you know, and it was like, it's like culturally there's so much Dude, I had no stuff idea. there. I had no <laughs> idea. I was, I was, I was editing together that video, that, uh, that episode. And I was just like, what? What the? F- what is this? What? Who is Mister Rogers? What is his significance? <laughs> like, like somehow you're like just, just Mister Rogers, no first name. Yeah, <laughs> I, know. Like, oh, I, was, no, I was like, <laughs> is this guy's first name Mister? <laughs> um, but, yeah. Now go on, Colin. Oh yeah, well, like I was just gonna say, you know, you can't really ignore what happened um, just by not acknowledging the word, but at the same time, you don't have to just put the, you know, put the word on blast just because it's in, you know, it's in something that you're watching, and that's just, you know, it's it's just it's just a touchy subject, and I think it's just better for like, especially, you know, I'm not saying I'm like in the hot spot of this, but I definitely see see things from being in the south, and uh, definitely seen, you know, a lot of racist shit firsthand from being in the south. Um, but it's obviously something that I just want, you know, just want to stay a hundred feet away from, you know, obviously I don't, I don't even want to, I don't even want to get near that. Um, but, but right. like we're, we're in, we're an entertainment podcast, right? That's what we're going for. Right. Um, I mean, we, uh, I told you the other day, we'll, we'll skirt the line of controversy, but we won't step our foot over it. Mm. Um, and we're not going to do that because we're not looking to become famous and become, you know, we don't want we don't want to be accused of hate speech. <laughs> right. Yeah. Plain and simple. Exactly. And it's just yeah, it's it's a great movie, and 
you know, I'm not saying the movie should be pulled because of its language and stuff. I'm just saying me personally, I just don't. I just just not not yeah. even going to go near it. <laughs> it's, it's like I'm smarter than that. I'm like, no, thanks. All right. Yeah. So now that that's out of the way, yeah. dude, Django Unchained. Jan- written, Let me get your thoughts. Written and directed by our man, Quentin Tarantino, obviously. The man himself. Django, he is a freeman. This nigga here. That nigga there. Let me at least introduce the two of you. Django, this is another cheeky black bugger like yourself, Steven. Steven, this here's Django. You two ought to hate each other. Calvin, just who the hell is this nigga you feels the need to entertain? Django and his friend in gray here, Dr. Schultz, are customers. And they are our guests, Steven. And you, you old decrepit bastard, ought to show them every hospitality. You understand that? Yes, sir. Him, I understand, but I don't know why I got to take lip well, off this you nigga. You don't have to know why. Do you understand? Yes, sir. I, I understand. Well, good. Let's spin a knot. Go up in the guest bedroom to get too ready. He's gonna stay in the big house? Steven, he's a slaver. It's different. In the big house? Well, you got a problem with that? Oh, no, no, I ain't got no problem with it. If you ain't got no problem with burning the bed, the sheets, the pillowcases, everything else when this black-ass motherfucker's gone. Now, that gone. is my problem. They are mine to burn. Now, your problem right now is making a good impression. And I want you to start solving that problem right now and get them goddamn rooms ready. Yes, sir, I guess you can. Go on now. Um, let me ask you this right after I love I, I like playing this game with you because I like to keep you on your toes. What's what's the what's the budget of Django and what did it make internationally? Oh shit. Oh shit. Uh, you always do this to me. I I uh I always like Oh fuck. Um Okay. So I'm going to say it wasn't a massively budgeted movie. And not, none of Tarantino's movies are massively budgeted, I don't think. This is his biggest budget uh, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. You can kind of say, you can kind of tell a little bit. Uh look, I'm going to I'm going to put it somewhere at maybe 100. Yeah, that's it. 100 million dollars is the budget. And uh, exactly, yeah, 100 million dollars. Oh, nice, that's yes. a good guess. You were close on Zodiac, yes. too. That's good. You know, you're, you're up uh, on I'm, it. I'm kind of, kind of usually good at these, uh, but in terms of box office, dude, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> uh, it was uh, 400, 425 million internationally. Shit, so, so it did well, it did pretty fucking well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely made you have like yeah, four times its budget, so that's badass. Um, that's pretty good, man. That's that's more than breaking even, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, Christoph Waltz, he won an Oscar for this. Quentin Tarantino won an Oscar for this. Um, there's like a, just a little bit of trivia behind it. Like, I like, uh, I like, like, just a few. It's the first, it's very odd because once you start paying attention to Tarantino, you start noticing these names like Lawrence Bender or Sally Mink. Uh, this was his first film without Lawrence Bender or Sally Mink. Uh, uh, Sally Mink, actually, she she passed away, unfortunately, and this her last film, I guess, was. Yeah, Inglorious. Yeah, Inglorious. Oh, yeah. well, full of. Yeah. Um, or yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that was her last one, and I don't know why Lawrence Bender didn't produce this. He's produced everything else. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of interesting. I noticed right off the bat. But but yeah, I remember going and seeing this uh, in the theater. I because uh, I've I've only really gotten the opportunity, you know, because I was what I was like four when Pulp Fiction came out. 
So I can't really go see that in theaters. Like a lot of a lot of his movies, I was just you know way too young to go see. Um, and, and you know the Kill Bills, I think I might have saw on DVD. You know I'm not just I'm just not a big Kill Bill fan, honestly. It's just not my thing. I'm just not into like the like Dude, samurai. Neither am I. Yeah, I'm just not. I mean the first one. I've fi- I've finished the first one's pretty damn good, but I can't for some fucking reason I can't get through the second one. Yeah, it's just it's just not my. I, I, it it just never worked. Uh, the yeah. samurai kind of film just isn't my thing, but, uh, but yeah. And this, have you seen Death Proof? Yeah, a long time ago, but yeah, I, I've seen. I haven't seen the the Planet Terror part, but I've seen Death Proof. I know Planet Terror is Rodriguez, yeah. but yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, I'm not a not a fan of Death Proof, dude. It's okay, you know. I thought it was kind of. I was like, oh, I, I like Kurt Russell, you know. I was like, that's pretty cool. Mm. Um, I was I was surprised to see him pop up, you know, because I figured it'd be you know. Samuel Jackson or somebody who's always in his repertoire of actors. So it was kind of, kind of random to see Kurt Russell. Um, but then, you know, Kurt Russell pops up in Hateful Eight. And then he, apparently he was, uh, he, he had to drop out of a role yeah. in Django because of scheduling conflicts. Um, yeah, exactly. So that was kind of interesting. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, and, but uh, yeah, it was just, uh, I was really happy to see Kurt Russell pop up, uh, pop up in Death Proof. And it just, you know, it, it's not, it's not my favorite movie in the world, but it's okay. You know, I, 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 I like Zoe Bell in it more than that, you know, and she pops up in this movie too. So I, I, I thought that was cool, but now I, I, I guess now I didn't really like Death Proof. It's okay. I don't own it, you know? Mm, yeah. Fair enough. That's fair enough. But um, yeah. Uh, sorry. What thoughts on Django, dude? <laughs> Oh, sorry. I was just like I've, I, th- I, I don't know if you were going somewhere with that. Um, I, I no, like no, it. No, no. I, um, I just, I, I can't deal with Death Proof. I just, I remember seeing it and I was so bored. So I was just like, oh god. <laughs> I, I hate it so much. I have to make sure that you hate it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't, I don't approve of you liking it, dude. But um, no, seriously, I, I saw that and like I remember there was some pretty cool parts, like that scene where they just go head on and you see it again and again and again and like all of the tire parts and shit. Like that was crazy. Um, very. Very Tarantino, but other than that, man, couldn't couldn't deal with that movie. But uh, yeah, dude, give me your thoughts on uh, Django Unchained. Uh, yeah, I like, I I like I liked it a lot. I remember, like I said, going to see it in the theaters, and uh, it was one of the because uh, I saw Inglorious Bastards in the theaters, and I've seen this, but I didn't go see Hateful Eight. Kind of missed out on that one. Uh, wish I would have seen it in the theaters, but. But honestly, um, I, I like it a lot. I, I do have like uh, I have like one really big issue with this movie that we'll get to like later on, like way later on down the line. But it's it's a huge issue. I'm not going to get into it right now, but it is like like I'm the, it's we'll, we'll get into it. It's like a it's like plot. It's like plot problems like for me. Oh, um, boy. Yeah, but other than that, I really like it. You know, I think it's got yeah. Obviously, it's Tarantino. It looks great. The the dialogue is fantastic. I think that's one thing about Tarantino is like it's not just oh visually he's great, but his you know dialogue doesn't really stand the test of time. It's like no, his dialogue and his visuals are both you know. There's always they're they're these insanely kind of like chatty characters almost. You know, mm. um, even with Christoph Waltz in this, you know, like that's it's just such such a kind of like an unrealistic way of of you know just just the way he you know people don't have the patience for people like that I'll just shoot your ass you know it's, it's like like i'd like it's kind of like with the with the brothers at the beginning of it you know it's just like you know speak english you know they don't have any kind of like patience for that um but all in all yeah i thought it was uh i, th- I thought it was good that, you know i have a few problems with it that we'll definitely get to um, as it goes on, but all in all, uh, I like it a lot. Uh, I, I definitely own it. It's definitely in my repertoire and what repertoire of movies. 
and um and yeah, it was one of the. It was really the. Well, now I saw Inglorious Bastards, but yeah, it's the last Tarantino movie I went and saw in theaters. But yeah, I, I like it. I think it's pretty good. Nice man. Um, all right, man. Django Unchained. Fuck. All right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna drop something right here. To me, to me, this is a perfect movie. <laughs> mm. Like I love the hell out of this movie. We were. Um, a funny story a little bit behind the scenes of midnight double feature we had another movie that shall not be named yet uh we had another movie ready to go for this episode but then i was like mm -hmm. no no i'm gonna take over <laughs> i'm gonna do django unchained i want django unchained <laughs> <laughs> i cried like a little bitch um but no man seriously um i i love the hell out of this movie this is absolutely my favorite um quentin tarantino flick um i i like i like Tarantino's um, later movies uh, a little higher than his first few. Um, don't get me wrong. That's I'm not saying Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs are bad. Like holy shit, they're amazing, especially Reservoir Dogs. Um, but uh, there's something about Django and there's something about Inglorious Bastards that I it just it's just the like the the peak of cinema for me. Like. Um, it's it's a very close call actually between Django and Inglorious Bastards, but I would put Django a little bit further, um, just because it, it's it's very. I like this kind of story. I like that it's straight, mostly straightforward. Like we do get the the old uh, Quentin Tarantino sort of like flashbacks and stuff like that. Like whereas Inglorious Bastards, there's a lot of like out of chrono chronological order stuff, which I don't mind. Like I like it. It's just, I think Django is a lot more fun as well, as far as the movie goes. This this movie is just, this got it's got such a dark sense of humor, but also it feels a lot lighter than Inglorious. Inglorious can get pretty heavy at, at times. Um, oh, yeah. But so, so can this. Like, don't get me wrong, this is a, this can get heavy. Like, seriously. That oh, flash, yeah. That flashback where he's watching his wife, Carrie Washington, getting fucking absolutely destroyed. Like, holy shit. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, dude, I watched this. Can you believe this came out in 2012 already? Like, it's been, what, six yeah, years? Could, yeah, when I was looking at his day, I was like, God, I saw that six years ago. Yeah, like, man. That doesn't feel like six years ago. Yeah, there's there's some movies that you kind of, you remember everything about your first experience watching it, and I remember everything, man. Like, I remember sitting, like, in that cinema, and I had a big, fat, stupid grin on my face, my two best friends sitting next to me, and, like, we were just like just absolutely involved in this in this movie man like it was just amazing from the first frame to the last and it was just such a great ride um and i absolutely can't wait to talk about this movie because i'm like <laughs> it's just it's just such a it's such a fun romp like you know what i mean like um all of the actors jamie fox christoph waltz leonardo dicaprio um who by the way this was his first um this is the first time that he hasn't been top billed in 16 years yeah <laughs> Like, they introduce him, like, nearly an hour in, <laughs> which yeah, is right. unheard of, like, uh, for for someone of his caliber. Like, uh, yeah, but, now um, they're, lo they're looking at him for possibly doing, like, the, because I think Tarantino is doing, like, a Manson film. They're, they said they yeah. were looking at Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio to do it. Um, Ooh, dude, I'm so, so yeah, down that, for that. I'd be interesting. I, yeah, I, I, I think there's better people for it, but mm. I would definitely want to see what leo could do with it but um yeah but yeah i like the yeah, I, like I, I like this movie a lot i've definitely got some problem with it. it's definitely not my favorite tarantino movie um 
I definitely don't think it's a perfect film. <laughs> I, th- I think I, I think we're gonna I fight, think... ladies and gentlemen. This is gonna be the first fight of Midnight Double Feature on air. But I, I honestly, I think, I think Reservoir Dogs is the best. You know, I haven't seen Hateful Eight, honestly, so I can't say that. But I doubt Hateful Eight is better than fucking Reservoir Dogs. Um, That's actually I was going to bring up Hateful Eight, but it completely just slipped my mind. So Hateful Eight is actually it's fucking great. It's a great movie, Um, but it's a three. It's longer than this. It's a three-hour movie, Um, and it's it works more like a play. Um, in that it's it's set in one location. It's very much like the thing in that way. Um, Yeah, but uh, there's something about Django that's just. I don't know. To me, to me, it just uh, there's there's never a time where I don't want to watch Django Unchained. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's always, I'm always down to watch this movie. Like, if someone's like, oh, uh, yeah, you want to come over and watch Django Unchained? I'm like, yep. Just drop everything and <laughs> fucking roll. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, I do. I, f- I felt the exact opposite once I got done watching it. I was like, I cannot watch that for like another year now. Like, I can, Ooh, like wow. I will probably. I will probably not pop that in because, like, I honestly kind of forgot the length of it. Like, I knew it was a longer movie, but I think right about, like, the – what is it, two hours and 40 minutes or, like, 45 minutes, I think. Um, I can't remember exactly how long it is, but right it's about 245. that time. 245. 245. I think right about 220. I was like, okay, the movie – could have just stopped here like there's a lot of stuff by now that like and it's tarantino i mean tar- the, the script was i mean was way longer than the movie was there's so much stuff that got left out of there with like jonah hill was supposed to play a bigger character there's so many people who were uh supposed to play like joseph gordon levitt was supposed to have a part all these people were it was supposed to be a huge movie and it just you know wound up they wound up having to like cut all these parts out and a lot of those actually went to uh i believe they did a django uh limited run like django unchained comic book and they kind of like it's set during the winter months they spend together doing their bounty hunting uh, bounty hunting so it's actually pretty cool you know we only get to see that as a montage so it makes kind of a good idea to make like a comic book out of what happens to them you know that whole winter dude um, i've um i've got they made some kind of comic. I can't remember what it was, but I bought the limited edition steel book for this movie. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, and included in that was a comic book. I can't. I think I'm not too sure if it was a prequel or something like that. Um, but uh, look, what I'll do is I'll I'll definitely take some photos and shit and put it up uh, on the on the midnight double feature um, Facebook because yeah. um, it's just, just actually thinking, pretty is, cool. Is Django Unchained prequel just called Django Chained? <laughs> like, like that's the first thing I thought of was just like Django, uh, Django like, chained. Yeah, it's ba-dum-ts. fucking literally just I'll be him here just all like night. tied up. <laughs> oh fuck, fucking hell! That's how you're gonna start the podcast, Colin. Come on, mate. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, nah, man, you ready to dive into this bitch? Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. So we get the old school Columbia logo. I love like we we had an old school logo earlier, didn't we? Was it Zodiac that did the old school logo? Yeah, totally, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the hell out of it, man. It just sets a good setting. But then we get another studio uh, that's also controversial, the Weinstein Company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so the Weinstein Company do a lot of... Uh, I think they do all of Tarantino's films, actually, because he used to uh, come under Miramax. So Miramax used to be owned by Harvey Weinstein as well. 
Uh, that fucking monster. But anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, let's just blow past that. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> but then, dude, we get I what I think is one of the best... Hold, yeah, one of the best, like, fucking movie openings ever. <laughs> like, this, this is so... Yeah. Because not much, not much is going on, but it's it's the music, dude. It's just it's the old school font that that red and black font, um, and just this opening shot of the rocks. Like it's such a good shot as well. There's there's just a, there's there's this hue to all of those shots that just there look is. so good. Yeah, like like what do you I, think that is? Like, I I don't know. Like I, <laughs> there's some kind of almost like I don't want to say because it's kind of like when you watch your brother or art thou. Like, there's this kind of just, like, feeling to it, just in, like, the I believe it's just the color grading that they've done to it. And they just capture this vibe of, I, I don't know, it feels like a brand new old school western. That's the best way I can kind of describe it. Like, it feels old, but it's just so new. Um, and I think it kind of, I think it kind of tricks you with, you know, the older music and some of the, some of the shots and stuff are definitely throwback to like older, older cinema, you know, as mm. Tarantino always does. Yeah. Um, yeah, he loves his classic yeah. cinema, right? Right, yeah, but I, I, I think I don't know. It's got to be something with the, um, with the, with the way that they're they're color grading things afterwards because it just looks like I mean even the rocks and stuff they just look yeah. beautiful. Mountains, this movie just looks, looks stunning. I think the, this movie is very, um, out of, I think out of all of his movies, this is the one that most that looks most uh, cinematic. I think, like they're, they're, yeah, I, I agree I, with that. I love the way this movie looks, dude. But no, we get this opening with Louis Bakalov and Rocky Roberts' a Django theme song. Holy shit. <laughs> Django! I think I worked at the theater when that came out. I'd be cleaning a theater out by myself just fucking Oh, we did it too, dude. At the same song. time, oh 2012. Yeah, we were there. We were cleaning that shit. Uh, like at the end credits too I would like sometimes when it was like a boring day I would like go into a cinema and just stand in the back <laughs> while this was playing <laughs> it was just so it was so good dude like the soundtrack of this movie is absolutely unrivaled and it adds so much to this to this movie yeah absolutely yeah and I think this is one of the few movies where it might it might and Glorious Bastards might have been the first one I, I don't know hell it could have even been Kill Bill but I think that Django was one of the first ones where he actually didn't. He actually brought in someone who made original music for it. It wasn't mm. like stuck in the middle or Miss or Lou or whatever. You know, it yeah. was. It was always. It was something that was original music for the film versus something that was already been written. It was kind of like in the pocket of pop culture, you yeah, know, right. kind of thing. Um, that's why I think that helps with what you're talking about. It feeling way more cinematic mm. is that the music is not all you know, like you know, all like you know, just radio kind of you know, radio, pop radio kind of stuff. You know. Well, that's right. Uh, yeah, um, and then, uh, like, not to mention that um, one, there's one song that's actually done by Ennio Morricone, who uh, did the thing, the music from the thing. Oh wow! Um, and Tarantino actually used him to score um, the Hateful Eight, which is his next movie after this. So, yeah, I actually read now that you mention it that he said after this movie he's like i'm never coming back to work with tarantino he's like he puts <laughs> music in odd spots it doesn't make any sense and i don't like it and then he comes back for hateful eight and i think he won an award for it I was like, oh, oh yeah 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 he did <laughs> dude how crazy is that <laughs> right yeah say you're not coming back and then come back and win an award it's like yeah i bet you come back next year <laughs> yeah i know i know but no seriously we get this this amazing opening credit sequence um we get the speck brothers walking through 
this this landscape this hellscape it looks crazy dude it's like seriously every time i say this i think of red dead redemption <laughs> oh yeah like like it just it just makes me want to play the hell out of that game and i cannot wait for the sequel um but uh yeah the spec brothers uh fucking monsters uh they're walking these uh these poor slaves through this fucking landscape um and it just yeah it, it, the, the music's going on and it's just so operatic it's just such a great scene um and it's just such a great way to start the movie i think like uh, it, it totally like tells you what you're in for like it's harsh like you see the scars on their backs and things like that it's going to be a harsh movie but the music is like it's fun it's operatic it's very dramatic it's 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 um it's not 12 like like you said it's not 12 years a slave like 12 years a slave is a movie that right. i'll never watch again for the rest of my life because that movie it's a great movie uh it's fucking one best picture it's a great movie it's amazing um but i'll never watch it again because it was just too brutal dude like you know it's just it, it the way it plays its violence is is different than the way Django and jane plays its violence yeah and it's it's violence is so hyper violent that it almost becomes unbelievable you know it it, it it hits it hits a level especially at the end you know not to jump way too far fucking ahead but yeah it, just a lot of the gunshots in this are just so ultra violent that it, it kind of takes you out of it a little bit but in a good way it's like you know it's like this is just a this is just a movie yes based on that's right events, yeah but it's still just a movie it is yeah exactly it's it's cartoonishly over the top and uh that that very much is a, is a tarantino thing right i mean there's a there's a very famous interview i think we've talked about it before um where he's with a british uh, host this is the same uh, interviewer that um, that Robert Downey Jr. walked out on. Oh yeah, that yeah. guy's pissed off so many people. He's such a dick. He's such a shit reporter. But anyway, um, he's literally really pushing Tarantino to talk about the violence in this movie. And Tarantino's like, "It's a movie. It's a movie. Like you know, that's what you got to take it as. You got to take it as like face value. You know, I don't mean anything by this violence. Like it's just entertaining." He's like, "This is what I like doing." But the, this guy is just totally pushing him. And then Tarantino's like, "No." I'm shutting your butt down. Like, yeah, <laughs> he just literally. Just I love says, that, dude. Oh, it's, it's so good. So Such good, a good man. interview. He's like, no, we're here to talk about my new movie. I'm not here to talk about. It. I haven't changed my opinions one iota. He's like, exactly. I'm not yeah, that's here. yeah, that's an exact quote. I haven't changed my opinions one iota. Um, yeah, it's and, a great interview, <laughs> and it's a great way to look at this movie, dude. Like, it's just, it's just fun. It's entertaining. It's what, it's what he wants to make, and like, and. It, like there's it doesn't get better than that but anyway look we get the spec brothers they come into this clearing this in the, into the forest at night um and then they stop uh once they hear something and then we get one of them one of the spec brothers who's that stumbling around in the dark state your business or prepare to get winged <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's actually dude that is a pretty good southern accent like that's not bad like I, 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 I'm sure you've been studying from watching this movie but like that's that's better than it was like 12 hours ago when I heard it like it's oh, shit. like it's it's actually pretty good man like if you if you could talk like that the entire time you would be fine just oh, throw mate. a cowboy hat on you mate don't worry I'll uh there'll, there'll be there'll be plenty more to come <laughs> But then, <laughs> but then, um, no, seriously, Christoph Waltz comes through. Uh, King Schultz is his name. He just comes through this, this clearing with this hilarious, like, um, what is it? Fucking cart with this dental tooth on it. <laughs> yeah, I did. He's just, just like, calm down, gentlemen. 
Yeah, good cold evening to you, gentlemen. <laughs> um, so nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, just a side note of trivia, he was supposed to originally be on horseback, but he fell oh. and broke his pelvis. Oh, shit. And they were like, no, we're just going to have to put you on a cart because it was just way more comfortable for him. And I was like, ah, oh, but the, I got to admit, man, I like the wagon way better than if you were just on a horse. It's way cool. It's, it's yeah. It adds to the, to it the doctor's character. What, uh, what do you think of uh, Christoph Waltz in this movie? Oh, he's fantastic. I think, you know, obviously he's, he's, uh, you know, this, this movie was originally written with Will, uh, uh written with Will Smith in mind and Will Smith turned it down. Cause he was like, you know, I'm not the, I'm not the main. He's like, it's, you know, it's, it's Schultz. And it's like, yeah, he kind of, yeah, this is Django Unchained, but I mean, he is like a large portion of this movie. He's a larger than life character, you know, and he kind of, I don't know, he gives me this kind of almost like, he looks like fucking Mark Twain in a weird way, but he just, <laughs> the way the way he talks is just, um, it's just, it, it immediately captivates you. And there's something, um, you know, there's there's just something in his character that's, that's really well. I kind of put him into that, like, Jeff Goldblum, Christopher Walken, perfect, like, quirky kind of character. Mm, My girlfriend absolutely. loves Chris. Girl, the girlfriend loves lo- uh, loves Christoph Waltz um, and Jeff Goldblum and Christopher Walken, um, but <clears throat> it's um, it's definitely it's definitely the I, I think probably his most famous character to date in like American cinema. I think a lot of people obviously know him from um, Inglorious, from Inglorious Bastards, but, but and not not take anything away from Glorious Bastards, but I feel like way more people, especially being here in the South. I feel like way more people have seen Django than they have in Glorious Bastards. It's not by much, but it still feels like Django is like like a, I know a lot of people that that like Django and own yeah. it. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, like, I love him. I love him. He's 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 incredible in this movie, man. Like he's just so he's so polite and humble, and at the same time brutal when it comes to the bounty hunting. Um, yeah, but dude, uh, Christoph Waltz is, is a beast, man. Seriously, he won an Academy Award for Inglorious Bastards as uh, Colonel Hans Lander, uh, mm-hmm. and he won an Academy Academy Award for this as well. So back to back, dude, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, that's a bingo! Oh, that's a bingo! That's such a such. A, we just say bingo. Yeah, at the start <laughs> when he's wanting the milk, but dude, oh, we'll, we'll, dude, we'll cover that shit one day. Don't worry. Um, yeah, we're like stray dogs running after cars. Like, ah, they got to stay on track. I know, <laughs> I know. But no, uh, fun fact, actually. Christoph Waltz actually turned down this role uh, when he was first mm-hmm. given the script. He felt that it was too tailored to his persona. Um, and Quentin Tarantino was like, no, no, no. I really want you to take it. I really want you to take it. And then Waltz said, okay, but under one condition, uh, his character had to be pure and never once act in a negative or evil manner. Um, and then Tarantino sent him, in a, sent him a handwritten letter that said, "Of course, mine hair." <laughs> Walt said, "Oh yeah, yeah, mine hair, of course." Right, I love that. Yeah, that like, and we, I, it kind of sometimes I, I think because I look at Christoph Waltz and obviously he's a little bit older. I'm like, where were you in like the early '90s when Tarantino was making shit? Like, oh, yeah. man, that would have been nuts. Like Christoph Waltz in like Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs. Holy shit, mm, that yeah. would be awesome. Like that would no, oh, I, I I dare to dream. For sure. Um, but but also yeah, we're also in. I guess we should say it's 1858. We're two years yep. be. Before the Civil War, and we're somewhere in Texas. I always, that always cracks me up. I don't know, fucking somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere in Texas. Yeah, uh, right. but no. Uh, Christoph Waltz shows up, talks to the Speck brothers, says uh, he's he's after a particular. Well, he's looking for someone in particular, right? Like he he gets off his his carriage, 
and he says, uh, "Does is anyone here from the Karukan plantation?" And then it's quiet, and then from that line, someone just says, "I'm from the Karukan plantation." <laughs> yep. And then and that's uh, our boy. That's our boy. And then Waltz just walks up without even asking the Speck brothers. They're just like confused. They're like, "What the fuck is going on?" Um, yeah. He walks up with his lantern and starts inspecting them. Um, and what, like, because he looks at Django and then he walks past, but then he walks back. What do you reckon it is? Like, he just kind of like stops and then he comes back. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I, I th- maybe he's gauging reaction. You know, the only thing I can think is that, you know, all the rest of them are kind of like looking at him weird and acting weird. And Django just kind of stands there like he's not even there. You know, mm-hmm. he just completely ignores him and he's like, you know, this guy's just completely, you know, here I am, you know, in the middle of the night. And I'm sure he's never heard somebody like me talk before. And I'm in his face with a lantern and he's not looking at me. You know, he's probably trying to stay. He's like, I, whoever this guy is, you know, I don't want anything from him. I don't want to cause any trouble. You know, like I, I that's that's the first thing I think that Django's maybe even trying to, like, avoid him. He's like, ah, just, just you know, because he doesn't even look at him. He's like, nope, like, just doesn't yeah. acknowledge. He's like, this might be trouble. I shouldn't have said that kind of thing, right? Right, yeah, and it's just, you know, yeah, you can, I guess, kind of summarize and hypothesize all day, but it's like, uh, it's like yeah, that's that's just what I think, yeah. Yeah. He says, uh, he says, what's your name? Django, then you are exactly the one I'm looking for. And then he gets him to confirm <laughs> the names, the three names of the Brittle Brothers. Do you know who the mm-hmm. Brittle Brothers are? And then Django nods, and he's like, what are their names? Who are they? And then Schultz is like, sorry, Django's like, Big John, Ellis, and Roger, sometimes known as Little Raj. <laughs> Little Raj. What do you think of uh, Jamie Foxx in this? Uh, I, th- I, think, uh, I, think he does, I think he does a really, really good job. Um, there's something he pulls off um, a really like strong but silent type. Cause, you know, I think Django almost never even raises his voice in the movie. Maybe like once or twice, but he doesn't have to be loud. Oh, he yeah. doesn't have to come in like screaming. He's just, you know. But like, when he does, he it's just... pretty cool. Because like oh, when, yeah. when, he, when he confronts Brittle later, he's like, John Brittle. Yeah, John Brittle. I'm like, oh, that is a really good line. Yeah. I do love that. You know, it's. I mean, it's not just the way he says it. You know, it's just delivered so well. Um, but yeah, he's just, he's so soft-spoken, you know, he's just kind of like this, you, you can tell, you know, in another life, he would have had nothing to do with any of this, you know, shooting people and being a bounty hunter and having to go and, um, you know, just almost be tortured by, you know, just fucking racist motherfuckers and shit and, you know, being sent off to mining company. It's like, oh, I can see him having a totally different life beyond this. And like, I never really wanted this kind of life, you know, like I can totally see that, but, um, I did read that Cuba Gooding Jr. was really interested, and Tarantino just wouldn't even see him. And I thought that was mm. kind of odd. I was like, "Dude, Cuba! Like Cuba's. I love Cuba Gooding Jr. Man, he's like he's a really, really good actor. Like I think, especially man, lately, he's become really good. Right? Like he was really good in OJ. You're right. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the most recent thing I've seen him in. And of course, as a kid, you know, he was in you know Pearl Harbor and Radio and and Radio, you know, so yeah. so many movies that I grew up watching as a kid. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think that Jamie Foxx does uh, does a great job. Uh, I wouldn't have mind seeing you know because I I always like doing you know dream casting or hearing about somebody who who just barely slipped through with getting a role. You know, like Will Smith was almost. Now I I would definitely prefer Jamie Foxx in the role than Will Smith, a hundred and ten percent. You know, <laughs> I think that Jamie Foxx he just has that 
that edge that Will Smith, you know, will everybody kind of knows what Will Smith is like, you know, he's kind of like wholesome and like, you know, he's like, I, I don't know a lot, especially if you ever watch family guy and you know, they make fun of his rapping and stuff, you know, and oh, yeah, it's like clean rapping. The yeah, it's like yeah. clean rapping and stuff. <laughs> um, so Jamie Foxx kind of, I think has, especially after seeing him in like baby driver, you know, he's definitely got the edge to play like a villain, oh, yeah. you know, and he's Jamie like, Foxx is great in this dude. Yeah, for sure. And baby driver yeah. as well. Absolutely. Have you seen, um, the kingdom? No, uh uh-uh. It's a great film, great film directed by Peter Berg. Uh, definitely check it out. Um, yeah, Jamie Foxx is great in that too. Um, but look, we're, we're still, so we're still on this scene. Um, essentially, uh, Christoph Waltz, you know what? He's not, he's not Schultz to me. He's Christoph Waltz. So that's, right, yeah. that's what I'm going by. Um, he wants to buy them. And then the spec says, no, they're not for sale. He's like, don't be ridiculous. Of course they're for sale. Um, but I love also, like, it takes James Remar, who, by the way, has a double role in this film. Yeah! Uh, James James Remar is uh, Dexter's dad in from Dexter. Um, mm. He's got two roles in this movie. Like, that's so old school, like, filmmaking, because that yeah. used to happen all the time back in the day. It took um, a long time for me to catch that shit, man. He <laughs> later on, and I was like, oh my god, that's the yeah. same guy. Yeah, for sure. But James Remar's awesome, man. But I love in the scene how he's like, speak English, goddammit. Like, there's that there's that <laughs> disconnect between the smart, um, educated German and then this dumb American. <laughs> yeah, right. I know, yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, James Remar essentially points his shotgun at uh, Schultz and he's like, Move it. He's, he's like, do you, is this a dramatic gesture or are you pointing your weapon at me with lethal... With lethal intent, and he's like, last right. trans fancy pants. <laughs> That's insane. Like, the patience, I'm t- I'm amazed at the patience these guys have for him. You know, know. I'm surprised they didn't just shoot him after they're like, I, I don't understand what the fuck this guy's saying, shoot him. S- um, See, but that's very Tarantino, right? Like, it doesn't—he doesn't go for reality. He goes for entertainment. Like, this is this is a very good tension-building moment. Like, it's like mm-hmm. you're wondering what this guy Schultz is capable of, um, and then he's like, "Oh, very well." Drops the lantern, pulls out the six shooter, and blasts them. Holy shit! Dude, that, and the blood? <laughs> yeah, like I was not expecting that shot when I was like, yeah oh very well and he just drops the lantern and drops the lantern with one hand and is picking up the revolver with the other like such a sleight of hand like no dude he does it with the same hand is it with the same hand Jesus yeah. Christ never mind yeah um, he does it with the same hand it's just so distracting seeing him drop the lantern that when he drops the lantern like you're kind of caught off guard for a second when he pops back up with that gun like it's just so quick yeah um, and it, I just love that you know and his aim it's obviously fantastic he's a fucking bounty hunter um, but yeah, just immediately pops, immediately pops one in that, that, uh, who does it do? What does he shoot first? The horse or the guy? He shoots the guy first and the guy's head just like cracks oh, yeah. in half. Like it just, yeah. it just, it just erupts into like a volcano of like red, but it's not like red as in like, like crazy, like 12 years a slave kind of blood. Uh, it's red as in like, it's been mixed with like water and it looks light. Like, do you know what I mean? But it's yeah, it's right. still like it's very thick, like the the texture of it looks thick. Um, but the, as far as the coloring, it looks like red and sort of like watery. So it, it takes away from that impact, like that violent impact. But it's still mm. definitely there, right? Like I mean, this guy's getting his his skull, right. his skull destroyed, and then he turns to the right and he just shoots the horse in the head, which falls, <laughs> and yeah. essentially crushing the other brother. And he's like. He's like, he's like, my damn legs busted. 
<laughs> and Schultz is like, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, uh, no doubt. No uh, doubt. And he's like, I tried to reason with your brother, for, you know, and just, I mean, he's totally right. He's like, dude, I tried to be totally reasonable and, you know, yeah. you pulled a gun on me, so I shot you. And it's like, yeah, yeah for sure. I don't, I don't blame sure. you one bit. <laughs> and look, that's how, I, I guess that's how it was back then too, right? Like if you're, you know, in the, in the, in the fucking wild like this and you come across, uh, these kind of people and you pull a gun on them then that's that's probably what's going to happen right yeah especially like you said back then uh you know we're literally still selling people you know and, and making money off of it it's like yeah we're you're gonna get shot dude like like yeah. there's, there's, just pulling a gun on anybody i'm surprised you even gave them the warning you know and surprised you should shoot them on sight but um but yeah just yeah, he drops both those mo- yeah, i just love that now if you can please keep your catawalling down to a minimum i'd like to finish my line of inquiry with young Django. it's like i didn't want you to do anything rash i'm sorry to put a bullet in your beast um, <laughs> yeah but i love how the brother's like the brother's like you shot roscoe instead of like um talking about his brother like who's actually over yeah, there right. lying dead he's like you shot roscoe as in the horse first Right. It's like, it's like, it's like yeah, you that, shot you shot Roscoe and you killed Ace. Yeah. It's it's like, uh, okay, like I don't I'm yeah. glad you have like why do you have to differentiate why do you have to differentiate them? I don't understand. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's so good. Anyway, so Schultz walks over to Django, um, takes the iron off his leg. God damn dude. Like Duh, that's such a nasty business. Ugh, nasty, man. Nasty, nasty. Um mm. and then uh so essentially, Django walks over to Schultz, uh, to to the brothers. He takes that um, that thing off his back, and Schultz just like freezes. He's like, "Oh shit! Look at this guy, man. He's been beaten and brutalized." And yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Like the, the that imagery. Oh shit! It's full on. Yeah, it's um, def- it's definitely it's definitely a brutal scene. It's a good way to kind of intro in with this character like okay well image you know like it's you know it's it's like actions speak louder than words like seeing this on him is like yeah there's this guy's been through some shit absolutely absolutely but then like i love i love how Django like just puts the leg on the horse <laughs> he just steps on oh, the horse yeah. to like fuck him up even further yeah oh my god just like pr- crushes that horse yeah god damn son of a bitch like the guy cursing yeah. is the funniest yeah. the funniest part to hear him in the background yeah. just to be like god fucking damn it like yeah. it is so it is so fucking funny don't you um, touch my brother's coat yeah he, uh, he, uh, like i'm like dude that is the last of your worries don't worry no, no. about the coat laura it's like, yeah. uh, like, like you got a two-ton animal on your leg um <laughs> But yeah, I love that, you know, and as soon as he's, uh, and just how cordial Schultz is with the, with the, the money, you know, with the, well, with that and with the slaves, like just hold, handing him the gun, you can tell the mm-hmm. slaves like, you want me to hold a gun? Yeah. And yeah. Like, the slaves like, like what's, what's going yeah. on here? <laughs> right. Uh, and yeah, just the whole scene of him freeing them. That's, that's one of my favorite ones, you know, uh, in the, in the, in the movie, you know, he's, he's you know, you can, they have, uh, from the way that I look at it, you have two options. You can lift him up, you know, uh, uh, you know, take the beast off of him, carry him back 37 miles the way you came, or you can unshackle yourselves, kill them, bury the two of them deep and make your, make your way to a more enlightened area uh, of this country. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then he's like. And he's like, for you astronomy aficionados, the North Star is that one. Yeah. Ta-ta. But, but then, like, <laughs> before that, how crazy is this? He gives Speck $125 for a human. Can you believe that? Like, I know that was a lot of money back then for, like, for them, but holy shit. 
Right. It's like, A, I wouldn't have paid it strictly because, you know, fuck you. But, yeah. B, like, you're going to be dead soon. Like, I know you're going to be dead. Like, these guys are not just going to let you walk out of here. So, I still love that yeah. chivalry. The fact that he still gives the money over, even though, you know, he's I'm probably still going to get these guys to kill this 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 asshole. So, you know. Um, but then, like, as, as they're all, like, circling around him, I love how he's, like... He's like begging for his life. He's like, Blueberry, didn't I give you my last apple? <laughs> uh, it's just, it's just, oh, it's so good. Anyway, so they circle him and they just, what? They just blast him with a shotgun? <sighs> brutal, brutal. Brutal, dude. Like, but then, um, anyway, so Schultz and Django take off. Um, and then, uh, again, I love the music here. Like, it's just, it's good. They they get to uh, a town called Daughtry, Daughtry, Texas. Um, and this place just looks like Armadillo from Red Dead Redemption to me. Like that, 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 that middle town that you start off in, in the middle, in, like in the, at the start of the game. So anyway, they're riding through and everyone's just pretty much just staring at them, like giving them like knives, just knife look. Like they're just like, they've never seen a black guy on a horse, um, who's, who looks so free and you know, this, this, this doctor walks out. He's like, I'd like to take, I'd like you to take two of these tonight. And then in the morning and then like mid sentence, he stops and he looks and he's like, there's a, and then he, he uses the word. He's like, that's a, that's a guy on a horse. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, they're so they're so shocked. It's it's insane to see that how different that the time is there. Just to see – just seeing a black guy on a horse is such a big deal. Like, that's that's so odd. You know, they'd be like seeing a black guy driving a car now. You know, like there's – like unless there's a fucking dog or something driving a car, I'm not going to really be mind blown, you know, if it's another human operating operating a vehicle. But – Yeah, right. Yeah, he has no he's kind of I don't know, we're kind of seeing things through Schultz's perspective as well because this is not, you know, no one would flip out if you saw just anybody riding a horse these days, you know, unless you're you know, unless you're in a public place or something. But you know, it's yeah, we kind of are uh, are seeing things through his reaction as well. We're like, Why is everybody reacting like this? You know, why is this such a big deal? And it kind of has to be explained uh to us and to Schultz, which is uh which is really kind of interesting. <laughs> get the 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 signature um tarantino zoom that that, yeah. that quick zoom that he does <laughs> like that's so cool dude and it's just that quick realization he nearly falls off the chair whoa 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 what the hell are you thinking doing in here boy <laughs> Yeah, get him out of here! Uh, like, get him out of here! And then, I like, the next it. shot is literally just him running. He's like, what, what? He's like, sheriff, sheriff, help! Yeah, be sure to get the sheriff, not yeah. the marshal. Yeah, not like, the marshal. But, uh, it's but so yeah, I, I love this because this is uh, obviously the first time anybody's really shown Django any hospitality. You know, and he's teaching him. He's teaching him right off the bat. He's like, yeah, hey, take your hat off. You know, like when when they walk yeah, in. Yeah, the manners. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. he's just the etiquette of the time and stuff. And the only thing that ever grosses me out about the scene is, you know, as, as he's pouring the beer, I was like, oh, man, that beer's warm. Like, oh, God, <laughs> that's got to be so disgusting. But you know what? It's still, I wrote that it still looks great the way he pours it and, like, the way it's shot and, like, how he's got the, 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 the stick, like, to remove the foam. Mm-hmm. It felt very it's, like Edgar Wright, like from World's End, yeah. like filling up the pints. Like there's really and just the lighting in the background on the bar, uh, like as it's yeah. as it's being filled, it looks great. But, but yeah, he basically, yeah, that's that's where he confesses. He's like, you know, despite that card outside, I haven't packed practiced interesting in you know years. I can't remember how long he says, but he's like, I prefer, I practice a new trade these days. He's like, I'm a bounty hunter. You know, it has to explain to him what a bounty hunter is. You know, I, I love that. He's like, so so you so you kill people and they give you money. He's like, well, certain people. He's like, bad people. He's like, oh, the you know the the the, the better they are, the bigger the reward. Right. Yeah. And I I, I love that. Um, you know, what's a bounty? You know, and it's I you know it's like it's like a reward. You know, like I I love just just how immediately how they've they've obviously got chemistry. You know, you've got Django who's a little bit more sullen, introverted, like kind of um, withdrawn and obvious. You know, just due to you know his situation and what he's in. Um, but you know, you, then you've got King Schultz, who's um, way more flamboyant and like almost theatrical, you know, and 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 uh, with the way that he carries himself. I think that's a really good juxtaposition. Definitely something worth noting. Absolutely, man. Like, um, it's just such a great pair. Um, but yeah, like you said, um, Schultz explains him. You know, it's a flesh for cash business. The better they are, the bigger the reward. Um, and that he wants to find the Brill brothers, and he says seventy five dollars. You get seventy five dollars if we find them. Um, and I love this whole time. Like Django's just like he's got the the he drinks the beer and he's got the foam in his in his mustache. Yeah, he looks like somebody experiencing like snow for the first time. He's like, what? <laughs> like what is this? Like well, like what is what's going on? Yeah, and then um, well, essentially they hash it out. They talk about it, and then Sheriff Bill Sharp walks in. I love how casual he is. He just walks in. He's like, like it's a game. He's like, it'll be handled soon. And then next minute, he gets shot with that awesome yeah. concealed hand pistol. How awesome is that? Okay, okay. Now this is where I want to like just make a little mark right here because okay, I think it's really important this because I'm going to bring this up at like the very end of the movie. This pistol, I got problems with this thing. I got all problems right, like all right. So you're going to say that he doesn't extend his hand the whole movie? Oh, no, 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 no. That's that's not what I have a problem with, you know. It's like it's not it's it's not anything like that. It's it's more or less when you see him shoot him in the stomach, you watch uh, you know, it's kind of like that overhead shot. If you watch Christoph Waltz's hands, he's kind of like 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 circling the gun in his hand like he's twirling it like as a reload and it has a quick cut to Django and then it cuts back to Schultz and he's kind of walking around the dead body like he's already reloaded and then he walks up and shoots him in the head I'm gonna like it because it plays a big part later on obviously at the end of the movie between Schultz and and Calvin Candy uh it plays a really big part like you know at the very end of their relationship and I want to put a a pin in that for now and come back to why Mm. I have like my biggest issue with this movie is honestly this gun and like the one of the really really the final scene with Christoph Waltz and I'm going to put a pin in that though and I'll come back to it but yes that is a really badass gun that is really cool you know I I love it because I think it's I think it's got like the two little barrels like on top of each other I don't think it's just like a single barrel gun I love it I think what the hell did you just do to our sheriff and I was like have none of you people seen somebody get shot before like you know what just Jesus Christ like um, and of course he shoots him in the head and the whole town just scatters that's so great like one woman falls like all these people just now you just get the marshal. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's so good, man. I, lo- I love the scattering. And then I love, like, that. Uh, I love that they immediately go back into the bar. <laughs> like, nothing's happened. It, like, he's just so casual about it. Should we yeah. just, should we wait inside? And it's just like, Jenga's like, can we just leave? <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, should we, should we run? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the next shot just, just is like, just chaos. Like, the marshal's like, I want six men, six rifles behind it. I want two men, two rifles up on this roof. Two men, two rifles on that roof. <laughs> like, you know. uh, somebody get poor Bill out of the goddamn street. That's one of my favorite <laughs> yeah, yeah. lines of the movie. It's so quotable, man. They There's just so left many. Him up there. Yeah, like all my all my notes for this movie are literally just like just like the like the quotes and stuff that oh, I've it's, it's that so I've quotable. done. It's such a quotable film, man. But then like we get that next shot of like just everyone pointing their guns at the door, like that crazy shot. They've got like what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people on the roof. They've got like, a bunch of people on this balcony, and then everyone else is ground level. You in the saloon? <laughs> we got a hundred rifles aimed at every way out of that building. Like it's just yeah. it's such a cool, such a cool scene, and the way I love the way it's shot. Um, but yeah, like Schultz takes his time with it, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I love uh, again. This is like that theatric kind of side that I'm talking about. You know, the whole yeah. This is and, and again, this is something that will bother me later on with kind of like the film's climax. Um, you know, just how con- how controlled he is in a situation. You know, he you know he took care of the Speck brothers and he set up this whole thing with the sheriff and the marshal. Um, and you know, l- later on, especially with um, you know with uh, you know, with the, the Ku Klux Klan that shows up. You know, he he kind of is like and he's 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 um, he really anticipates. He he banks on a lot of anticipations. Like he, you know, he's like, okay, this will happen, so I'm gonna do this. Like he he's kind of always one step ahead, and that's one thing that's gonna bother me. And I'll bring it up later on, but it's. Uh, I think I know what you're gonna bring up, and I kind of, I'm already thinking of a counterpoint to it. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I I think um. Uh, just that shot of them, you know, just that sheriff standing there, all black, head to toe, and just all that perfect, like it, it looks just like a like a picture, you know. It's just so like all those heads in a row with all those guns, um, and I I think this is really iconic. Uh, his speech to the marshal, you know, is yeah, like, uh, so good. Oh, I can't no, like. Do you want to do you want me to do this, or do you already have it? No, no, I was just gonna paraphrase, but I'm sure you know it better than I do. I've I've got it going, so I'm just gonna like yourself, my. Oh wait, it's, it's I was I was doing a southern accent for a German guy. <laughs> <laughs> the man lying in the dirt, who the good people of Daughtry, uh, like he just he oh, he's holding up the thing. It's just it's so good. Who the good people of Daughtry saw fit to elect as their sheriff, who went by the name of Bill Sharp, is actually a wanted outlaw by the name of Willard Peck. Hmm. With the yeah, price the of it on his head of two hundred dollars, I love the way he like he talks here. Peck. Yeah, peck. And then like yeah. later, Lubbock, Texas. Yeah, yeah. Henry <laughs> Henry Walton Automilk of yeah. Lubbock, Texas. Yeah, yeah. There's there's he's a like, really cool. Oh, he's so good. And then he's like, "The hell you say?" <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like immediately, he's um, he's you know like it just just obviously th- completely thrown off by this. You know, hmm. not expecting. Yeah. Especially, you know, just this, you know, this foreigner walking in with a black guy and, you know, causing all types of trouble. And it's like, you know, not only are you not here to arrest me, he's like, so basically, Marshall, you owe me $200. You know, it's like, oh, my God. That's that, that's, that's smart ass. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, he's like one step ahead of the game. And I remember 
you know, and uh, he's like, now I, uh, uh, and of course when he's like, uh, he's like, you'll be strung up by the neck until you're dead. And, you know, all the guns kind of <laughs> drop and, you know, the people, like, I one thing I wrote down in my notes is this town is just like foaming at the mouth to kill these guys. Oh, yeah. You know, they oh, are absolutely. They're just like, yeah. oh, there's there's somebody with such a big rage boner back there that's just like, God damn it. And like, it like <laughs> just goes and like just starts shooting guns for no reason. <laughs> it reminds me um, actually of the first Pirates of the Caribbean. Um <laughs> Uh, just this quick side tangent, like um, Jack Sparrow gets captured by Barbosa and like the whole movie, um, he's like two like goons are like wanting to kill him, and then he's like, "Can we kill him?" And he's like, "No." And then they're like, "Ah!" <laughs> right? Yeah, I can. I totally see what you mean. Like all these people are just so, just wanting to unlo- have another okay just for Ralph, frothing like, at the right mouth, there. frothing at the yeah. mouth. Yeah. But um, yeah, I I love that because yeah. after that we cut to um, yeah. we cut to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, yeah, is... we, well, first we get um, oh, the great song, His Name Was King. He oh, yeah. had a horse <laughs> along so the countryside. I had him right. Yeah, that's a good song. <laughs> but yeah, we get some of these awesome countryside shots, man. It's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but wait, you went past um, that quick little sort of um, that rest stop that they have there. Like Django's having a. A quick feed. Um, they're resting up by the fire, and this is where we find out about Hildy. Oh yeah, uh, played yeah. by yeah, played by Kerry Washington. Um, and I love I love Schultz's sort of fascination here. He's like, you had a ju- what? What was it? He was like, um, Broomhilda von Shaft. Yeah, he's like he's like you're telling me that your wife is a black slave and her name is Broomhilda von Shaft, and yeah. like uh, yeah, basically yeah, because that name to him would be you know just synonymous with with so many German fairy tales and and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, his reaction it's is awesome, just man. yeah, he's like what like, <laughs> and then like through like just in the middle of this we get a flashback with Bruce Dern, uh, who is the plantation owner of um, who used to own Django. Uh, Bruce mm-hmm. Dern, I was obviously Bruce Dern. That's Laura Dern's father, who's in The Last Jedi, Jurassic Park, etc., etc. And he's just like, "You got sand, Django." It's just like it's it's such a little cool little flashback, like the way it's shot. It's very like the like the brightness is all the way up, and it's it's just it's just cool. Um, and then just after that, we find about we find about find out about Jesus Christ about Hildy. <laughs> <laughs> we find out about um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, oh well, yeah. Well, you know, if we want to watch the Last Temptation of Christ, fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's so amazed, and that's that's. Uh, is it is it here? Like, no, he doesn't tell her about. He doesn't tell him about Candyland here. He doesn't find out about Candyland. He says she she was sold at the Greenville auction, right? And that there should be some sort of a records office, um, and essentially that's what. That's where Django wants to go, right? Yeah, um, and uh, and now that um, because is this the part I think now that he's free? You know, he's like, yeah, I've never given anybody, uh, I've never given anybody their freedom before. No, 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 no. That's that's later on. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, so yeah, he basically finds out, you know, that he that uh, you know that that he's he's there and he's he's married and he's wanting to get his wife back. Um, you know, and that's uh, where they go on to talk about, uh, you know, going on to, you know, Chattanooga. He's just, just kind of getting to know Django. You know, you'll have a horse, yeah. $75 in your back pocket. You know, what are you going to yeah. do? And, um, you know, he's he seems, obvi- you know, kind of caught off guard 
that Django is like married, you know, because he's like, do most slaves believe in marriage, you know? And, um, yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's a really good scene. You know, kind of the first time they get to like sit down and really like, you know, talk and get to know each other. Have a quick chat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You you totally get um, their chemistry here a little bit more. Um, it's, it's a lot deeper. I I love the hell out of it. Um, but look, anyway, um, we get to Chattanooga. Tell me about it. Tell me a little bit about Chattanooga and your history with Chattanooga. Um, well, I've, uh, I've been there, I've definitely been there a handful of times, you know, around Gatlinburg or Chattanooga, Knoxville area, kind of, um, I guess East or East or West, I'm not hundred percent sure, but, um, it's, it's about a two and a half, uh, hour drive from where we are. Actually, when we, I think for first putting out some of our first episodes, I was in Chattanooga when, when we did our intro episode and, uh, did like some solo news stuff right before Jurassic Park. I was actually in Chattanooga on vacation. Um, and it's, um, it's definitely a beautiful, it's definitely a beautiful, uh, city. There's a, there's a big college campus down there, University of Tennessee in Chattanooga. So it's, it's obviously like a college town to a degree. Um, but there's so much new kind of stuff built up around it, but there's all this, I mean, it has this very old school kind of like rustic feel to the whole place. Um, That's about and it, yeah. And it adds a lot of character. It's an awesome place. Uh, if you, if you ever want to go down there, it's, it's really beautiful, but there's just enough country and just enough city. It really does well. Um, and shout out to one of my, uh, I always call him my brother, uh, Jake McDole. I always go down there. He's like uh, pretty much the only reason I even go down there is guy I've been friends with. I mean, since we were, I mean, tiny, you know, just kids. Uh, but yeah, we're, you know, I, he's, he's my brother, you know, basically brother from another mother. And, uh, we, you're you're making me cry now. Yeah, we always uh, we always go down there and see him, and we actually he and I just side tangent. He and I built a fucking Captain America shield together. Um, it's shit. like we found this random shield one day in high school. It's a big metal shield, and just took it home and spray painted it up. And it's I mean it's heavy, you know. It's 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 pretty cool. If you ever if you ever you know if if he, if I get there first, you get here first. You know, we'll definitely let you play with that. I know how much you like Captain America. That's badass, dude. <laughs> oh, for sure, man, for sure. Um, so we get to, oh, sorry, Schultz and uh, Django get to Chattanooga, and this is where <laughs> Django's trying out his clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love he's that. Like he's like trying on the hat, he's, uh, and Schultz is like, uh, no, no, not really, no. <laughs> right. He's like, you know, during the, during this act, you can never break character. Yeah. You know, and he's like, you, what, he's like, you'll be playing the role of the valet. Valet, mm. what's that? You know? No, I love his lack of English. Valet, what that is. <laughs> he's, he right, he yeah. says it out of, out of order, what that is. Right, yeah. It, it's like, I, I love that just little things uh, that stay true to that character are, are really cool. Um, yeah. But but I like he's like and as a as your character you may pick out your costume he's like you's gonna let me pick out my own clothes he's like but of course oh, you know and oh man Django's such like such a good right. cut such <laughs> a good cut his name was King <laughs> he had a horse but yeah man like we get this awesome shot of him in this amazing like uh, well uh, not according to Bettina later but I mm. think it's amazing this this costume. <laughs> It's a little jarring. I'll give it, it's it just it just because it's like it is kind of like he looks good, man. He you know they cut his hair and trimmed his beard up and stuff. Like he looks, you know, he looks like a boss, right? But and in that uniform, it's based off of some painting. I can't remember, yeah. but it's 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 based it off a French classical. painting. You're right, yeah. right. It's definitely got some some kind of uh, some kind. Of, it's steeped in some kind of uh, French painting or something like that. Looks I'm not British as sure. shit. 
Yeah, right. Oh my god. Like it looks it looks like something <laughs> it looks like something from like Prince and the Revolution would wear. You know, oh, it's yeah. it's <laughs> um but yeah. So anyway, um they rock up to the big house owned by Big Daddy played by Don Johnson. Miami yeah, Nash, Vice is Don Johnson. Na- Nash Bridges when I was growing up, like he was like did this TV show with Cheech Marin called Nash Bridges. Dad loved that, so I was oh, end really? up watching it. <laughs> but yeah, oh, uh, cool. obviously way more famous for Miami Vice. <laughs> yeah, Miami Vice, right? Uh, he was in something else recently. I can't really, can't put my finger on it. Um, hmm. Well, uh, mm. we'll put. He's a good actor, that, though. Yeah, he's awesome, man. But yeah, dude, these shots of him riding through the the cotton fields. Um, mm-hmm. so cool, man. So cool. And then Big Daddy just strolls out, and he's like, "What the fuck is going on here?" <laughs> right. He's like, "What?" He can't even comprehend it because he's that much of a fucking racist. Yeah, right. He's immediately without, you know, the idea that this person could be a free free man. It's just like so. You know, he's like, it's it's against the law for you know them to ride horses, and you know, he's yeah. like, you know, Django's a free man, you know, bubble. I said them on horses, you know. It's like he he just doesn't care, he does not yeah. want to hear what they have to say, and he's yeah. just blowing right past. He's like, Django's until, a free man, <laughs> yeah. Until yeah, I, he mentions five thousand reasons. Mm-hmm. I love that. Right. He's like, oh, well, why don't you come in, and get yourself something cool to drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, like, I love how he's telling Bettina, he's, like, trying to explain to uh, her how to treat Django, and he's just, like, trying to, I love, I love, I love that uh, she's like, you mean you want us to treat him like white folks? And he's like, no. Yeah. But Schultz is like, yes. Yeah, his head, yes, dude. His head fucking nods. Like, he's like, just the, the juxtaposition, like, no. Yeah. That's not what I said. Like that is, so- and then, <laughs> and then, and then, and then, Schultz is like, "Oh, you remember? You know Jerry, don't you?" He's like, yeah. he, he like compares him to um, what we what we assume is a is a is a disabled person, right? Like a, a retarded person. Like, yeah, how he, th- fucking ridiculous says- is this? I think he says, uh, what's the name of that Peckerwood boy works Peck- with the glass? Um, I'm not sure because Peckerwood has so many different like different terms. And uh, like I, I'm, I'm not even 100 percent sure. I've heard it like as a sling against like white people. I've heard like a bunch of different like um, a bunch of different uses of it. So I'm not even really sure. But that sounds about right. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I, like, that's right, sugar. You just treat him like you would, Jerry. Yeah. Mm. Don Johnson, man, he nails that character. He's he, he's, he he's great. It. He's great. He's just so he's someone you just want to just kill. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, like he's, He does it so well. Yeah, it seems like if you were on his good side, he would be like the coolest guy, you know, in the world. But it's like, nah, you're fucking slaver, though, piece of shit. Yeah, like, and, right, like, exactly. And, yeah, it's it, yeah, you love to hate him. Absolutely, man, absolutely. Um, but then, like, we never see what Django and um, Schultz talk about, which is, I think, what's missing from this 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 scene in particular. It's weird that we don't see it, right? Like, I mean, this is the reason they came here, but instead mm-hmm. we get Django's sort of little escapade, right? Right, yeah, I think that basically uh, Schultz is just pulling, like, just kind of pulling. No, I don't want to say a bait and switch, but he's like, "I'll, I'll keep them stalled. You go do recon and see if you can figure out who these guys are. You know, like I'll, I'll play the part and I'll do the talking. You do the walking. It's like I'll, I'll, you know, it's I, I just need you to go and look for these people yeah. and identify them because, I mean, it, it, it's no point in Schultz being out there anyways. He's not, he doesn't even know what he's looking for. Right. Exactly. Oh well, yeah. I guess that's true. Um, and then Bettina and uh, Django go for a walk and talk to him about like, so you really free? And he's like, yes, I was free. You mean you want to dress like that? 
Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, that's that the house we just came from. That's the big house. Big yeah. Daddy'd call it that because it's big. It's like, oh, dude, the look on Django's face, like he looks away. He's like, oh my god, like yeah. like like he's so just like, oh, oh yeah. god, poor girl. And then um, he, um, you know, gets down to business. He's like, I'm looking for the Brittle Brothers. They could be using a different name. You mean the Schaefers? Mm-hmm. And then yeah, he he locates them. And then oh, we probably get my favorite piece of music from this this movie. Yeah, dude. Um, my fucking notes, freedom montage, one of my favorite shots in music. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. So this this song's by Anthony Hamilton and Elena Boynton. Boynton. Uh, it's called Freedom. Oh, it's so good, dude. Like, like oh, the yeah. way it goes with this montage, man, it's just so fucking fantastic. And it just absolutely, it starts to, for me, it starts to stir the emotion a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. um like just the way just the way Django's begging he's begging the brothers man he's like just just do me like whip me whip me don't don't do it don't hurt her don't hurt her right he's trying uh, to like bargain with them he's like you mess her up you know old man Karugan's yeah. gonna be mad you know and like trying trying right. to bargain you know so 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 much yeah. you know and but it's this definitely it's no good man Right, and that comes back into play later. He's like, you know, he starts begging. He's like, this is what you like in the Chinese. I like the way you beg, boy. Like, that line is going to come back here in a second. Oh, it's going to yeah. come back beautifully. Yeah, um, beautifully, man. Um, and this this, this guy, uh, John Brittles, played by MC Gainey, uh, who is from Con Air and Lost. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. I never watched yeah. either of those, honestly. So You haven't seen Con Air? God damn it. Nope, never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough, man. But uh, yeah, look, we get the, we work through this flashback a little bit. They run away. Um, it's 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 beautiful. They're getting chased, um, and, and I love the color palette as well. Oh, dude, um, the shit. Yeah, the shot of them running, holding hands, and it's yeah. the camera's right on them, pulling back as all the horses yeah. start pouring in, and it's like, oh man, it's like absolutely so cinematic and heartbreaking. And this is like one of those reasons that I say that this is definitely Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino's most cinematic movie. Um, mm-hmm. Like, because whereas other ones look a bit like indies, like you know what I mean. Like, I can't say that this looks like an indie. This to me, this looks like a, like a blockbuster, and rightfully so. Like, uh, the the biggest budgeted Tarantino movie. So, right, yeah, absolutely. It's 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 obviously you know not saying it's going to like maybe be the best plot or you know have the best dialogue, but it's going to look the best. And it really does. It looks, um, you know, visually his movies have just gotten a you know a lot better. Mm. Um. But yeah, but, uh, I love. Yeah, no, go on. I, I I was gonna say I love as he's talking to, you know, he it has the flashback and uh, he's like, you know, do you know where they are? It's like, well, you know, uh, she's like, they're 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 punishing uh punishing Jody, whipping her for breaking eggs. Like Dude, they whipping little for Jody, breaking eggs. Yeah, like for a like, there's two things about the scene. A yeah, for breaking eggs, Jesus Christ, you know, like good God, and and. Not only that, it's when she, he says, uh, she's like, oh, they're, you know, they're whipping little Jody for, for breaking eggs. And Django, it's it's almost like, it almost cracks me up in a way. It takes me out of the scene because he's like, they whipping little Jody? Like, he knows who she is, you know, and I don't know why it takes me out of it. I, I can't I help it. it. It cracks oh, me up. See, I don't, I don't get that. I get that, like, he's trying to sympathize with her. Like, you know how sometimes, like, when people talk to kids, they're just, they like... They they talk a bit more babyish and uh, like a little more understandingly. Um, mm-hmm. 
And like he, he she's he's trying uh, to me. Well, I, the way I picked it, it was like he's trying to to sympathize with her, with her and like trying to make her feel better. Like like okay, I I'm in this with you as well, but I'm now I'm gonna do something about it. Right. Yeah. It just I don't know why it just always ends up. Yeah. Uh, it always ends up taking me out of it for some reason, but just because mm. I was like, I was like, wait, does he know her? Like at first, it yeah. kind of threw me off. Like it was so specific, but yeah. But uh, then the way, scene. but then he storms over. He storms over. He just he's like, and the music here, the 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 violin. Oh, oh. man, and then, that is really. It sounds like and like then, like that. It sounds like almost like music from The Exorcist. Like that. Yeah, it, it sounds, sounds like a horror. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But then, um, anyway, so John Brittle's whipping the, well, he's about to whip her. He's like, we'll teach you to break eggs again. And then oh. Django, Django rocks up. John Brittle! Mm, that's good. I love so it. He turns around and just has no idea what's about to happen. Like, I didn't even nope. see it. You know, I, I didn't expect him to go to the wrist rocket thing again, which is not bad. Like, it mm. kind of caught me off. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I didn't, I didn't even think about that, that he would have it on him. you think it'd be on Schultz. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but the way I, I he's standing there, man, it's so heroic. Yeah, and that music, that horn starts coming in. Yeah. Um, but I try to like something from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's very regal. It's like mm. yeah, it's very. Um, it almost reminds me of like like superhero kind of like music in a way, very triumphant kind of like horns. Mm. But yeah. there's something I I was reading about why he has those biblical pages on him, and I I couldn't find anything. And I, like I I thought it was just something maybe Old Testament that they did. You know, if they wore these while they did this, maybe it just kind of countered what they were doing because they were doing it for the Lord's reason or whatever. You know, probably some bullshit like that. But um, yeah, I always chalked it up to him being kind of like a fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah. But, no, um, I think so. Yeah. It's, it's very odd. It's a very odd choice. Yeah, he takes the wrist gun and just shoots him right in the heart. Yeah, I, I love the way... I like the way you die, boy. Oh, oh. that beautiful delivery, man. The, I like the way you die, boy. And he's just like... Dude, and- the way he eats shit when he falls, like, oh my god, it's like a face plant, right, dude? Yeah, I was you literally took the words from my mouth. It was like he fucking just face plants right into the ground. I was like, wow, it feels so naturally like just just like top heavy, like you know, right? Yeah, he's just like, oh, he's a big mm. fella. Like this guy's yeah. got timber. He's a big and then fella. this other guy, this other guy's like, "God damn, son of a bitch!" And like, yeah. he just starts, he starts struggling with his pistol. I get, I, I started thinking about. It, I was like, I don't know if he has like, like, because he seems like kind of like maybe, maybe he had a stroke. And like he's like struggling to get the gun out because as I was looking at him, I was like, something's wrong with this guy. Like, is he paralyzed on one side, or like did he have a stroke or something? Because he's he's fumbling with this gun like somebody who just learned how to use elbows. Like, I don't understand like uh, like the yeah. way he drops this gun so many times. Like he's playing fucking hot potato. You know, I just like I don't I don't I I just don't get it. But yeah, I love before he even has time to get that gun, he grabs that whip and that's justice, that's, man. Uh, I love yes. the slow motion of him just getting absolutely destroyed. This, like, I love how he he holds his right hand up to his ear. Like, it feels so like natural. Like, yeah, like, like you'll be clutching at your head. Right. Yeah. And like, the, like you said, those slow mo shots. They're just seeing it go all the way back, and whoosh, it, it, it's mm. it's extremely effective. I even wrote that down in my slow mo yeah. slow mo slow mo whip attack is is so <laughs> so cool. Nice. Um, and then Django walks over to the pistol, and he's like, "Yo, I want to see something." Oh man! He just walks back, walks back to the brittle brother, and just unfucking loads. 
Dude, yeah, just going until the fucking clip is empty. Like, uh, and he keeps going. He just he keeps going. Like, like even yeah. after it is empty, he's like, he's like, there's got to be more bullets in this. But then uh, Schultz rides in. <laughs> he gets off his horse. First thing he says is, "Who are they?" <laughs> yeah, I love it. He yeah, as soon as he pulls out, he's like, "Who who are they?" Yeah, and like that's what he say. He's like, "That's uh, that's John. That's, that's Big Lil John. Raj. That's little Raj." And he's right. like, "Where's Ellis?" And he's the one high talented through that field right there. Oh. <laughs> uh, and and then, this exchange of dialogue is so good. Oh my god, how great is this, man? You sure that's him? Yeah. Positive? I don't know. If you're positive, I don't know what positive is. <laughs> it means yeah, you're right. sure. Yes. Yes, what? Yes, that's Ellis Brittle. <laughs> Bang! Like, uh. Yeah, and then the yeah. blood. Oh god, the blood? That's... Like hitting the hitting the, the cotton? That is so, like, yeah, not only is it visually just, like, beautiful, but the. the the symbolism, you know, obviously, it's just so strong oh, with just like just that blood being spilt all over the cotton. It's like, oh my god, that is yeah, visually very striking, and like you can definitely tell there's some there's there's some kind of, you know, I don't mean to get all oh it's symbolic. No, and, no, you dude, know, it's Tarantino. There's go, there's gonna be some subtext, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I as soon as yeah, and his what a crazy. You know, I'm positive he did, and um, <laughs> positive he did. I wrote this down in my notes because, of course, right after that, that's when Big Daddy and the whole you know plantation gang shows up, and you know, Jango gun, you know, he throws his gun mm. and he gets the hands up. Uh, everybody, calm down. Yeah, everybody, calm. Yeah, that is so good. Um, like, there's one thing though about this that like something tells me that King Schultz has a habit of doing this. Like, he has a <laughs> habit of of because he he is so throw the gun, get your hand up, have the bill ready. Like he's he looks just very immediate. used to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, like, you know, I hate to say it, but like, because I wrote this down, like, is there not a better way to do this? Like, can you not just walk up to the plantation and go, hey, um, I'm looking for three guys. I'm a bounty hunter. Like, I have somebody here to ID them. Can I just, you know, yeah, they might take off on you, but. I mean, but at the same time, like, like I don't think that walking up and asking this guy, this isn't, it would be different if it were like, hey, I'm here for a family member or I'm here for, yeah. like, a friend. It's like these guys are just some guys that work for him. Yeah. You know, it's like I would have just been like, yeah, they're right there. Go kill them. Like, like yeah. go at it. I don't care. Uh, I, but this um, whole – Actually, I, I noticed something here that was a little different. Remember how he's like Henry Allen Laudermilk of Lubbock, Texas in the last one? Mm-hmm. Like the last time he did this? This time is like Henry Allen Laudermilk of Austin, Texas. Oh, yeah, like he switches it up a little bit. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it, is this real? Like, it's not real, right? Like, I don't know how this works, to be honest. Um, Like, I mean, like, is you mean, like, is, is, is Schultz, like, is he telling the truth, like, real? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think he definitely is. I'm like, I think so, too. I, I can't remember exactly. I, I mean, that's just what I took away from it. I didn't even really pay attention to what name he was saying, just because at mm. this point... You know, he you know, after killing the Speck brothers and then killing the sheriff, you know, we're kind of already falling into, like, this pocket of trust with him. This is obviously, even though our main character is Django, this guy's going to be kind of our main character for the first half. He's um, just so very likable. Yeah, he's like your, when you start a video game, he's like your, you're the guy that takes you through all the tutorials and stuff like that. Like, he's <laughs> just, that's kind of what it feels like. Nice. Um, but yeah, uh, but but yeah, I, I, it's it's uh, it's really odd. It's it's really odd to me to see Schultz because I feel like he's done this a thousand times, and it's like it's he, it's just, just your thing. Like you go and you make these really extravagant, like unnecessarily 
complicated plans to like to like go do stuff like is this just your thing like because most people i feel like would just be like hey knock on the door like i I need these guys i'm the wall you know i i you know i i i I guess you can't do that for every situation but you know it's different where these are you know these are just some guys that work for them what is it what is don knotts you know don knotts (laughs) what does don johnson (laughs) care about yeah what does don johnson care about these guys he might he might be having fun with it man like i mean like if this is the only thing he does like killing Mm -hmm. people bringing him back getting paid as a bounty hunter like he might he might take some kind of you know pride in it a little bit and like kind of just you know have have a little bit of fun right it's almost like uh you know, yeah, it would it would just be too easy to do that. It's mm. like, no, I want to have a little fun with this and see, you know, see exactly what kind of, you know, play again, theatrical, dramatic. Like, I want to play it up. I want to be, make a production out of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, uh, the, yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say the scene. The scene moves on. So Don Johnson, he gives uh, the warrant to John Johnson. He's like, get the hell off my land. Um, and then yeah. the the next cut is we don't know what this is yet. But the next cut is uh, Schultz just loading dynamite into uh, into this uh, into his dentist uh, the, the the little dentist ornament on the top of his uh, trailer. Yeah, the tooth on a spring. <laughs> yeah, and he's whistling the Django theme. Yeah, dude. I was <laughs> wondering little, if you were gonna catch that. Yeah, like a little uh, in like an inside little little thing there. Um, but no, man, this is awesome. I, I love this little this little kind of like pre little amble mm-hmm. uh, then we get don johnson john duh, now fuck that we both fucked his name up. <laughs> yeah don johnson jonah hill of all people and uh the guy from csi <laughs> yeah dude that guy has been in everything once you see yeah. him in one thing dude he's everywhere yeah um they're just like on a hill scoping it out and they're wanting to uh get uh schultz and the the slave uh, and then mm-hmm. they they go back to the hill and um, who 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 are they talking to here? They're talking to the KKK, right? Yeah, and, and like uh, it, this this is, I I honestly think this because this scene is almost like because there's scenes that wind up kind of stealing, almost like stealing the show from the movie. You know, mm. it's just like the top scenes, and I think this is one of those scenes where, for one thing, it shows the incompetency of you know people who would fall in line with these kind of groups. Mm. You know, it shows you like the kind of intelligence and the patience that they have. Um, you know, and, and and it's absolutely fucking hilarious. You know, see, but when God, you I when can't... you talk about when you talk about scene stealing, like it, that's that's very something that's really unique to Tarantino. Like, look at Inglorious. The scene stealer there, for me at least, was the opening scene. Um, with the with the milk, um, mm. Pulp Fiction, uh, you know, where he's like, and mine, and his name was the Lord with uh, Samuel right, Jackson, yeah. like uh, Reservoir Dogs, the the ear cutting scene. There's like all of his movies have one scene in particular that steal the movie, and I totally agree with you. For me, it's definitely this. I love the hell out of this. No, actually, sorry, my scene comes a little bit later, but I love the hell out of this scene too. <laughs> No, it's it's absolutely fantastic because I love we would. This is something that is quoted at work 
like weekly. We always we always <laughs> end up quoting this thing. As soon as he puts the bag on, like God, I can't see I can't see anything in this fucking bag. You know, are we ready to ride? He's like, hold on, I'm fucking with my holes. Like, Shit, I've only made it worse. You know, do uh, I have to wear them when we do? I, do we have to wear them when we ride? Well, shit fire. What's the point of wearing them? Yeah, like that's the point I love of that fucking shit, rage. Shit fire. I've never yeah, heard that dude, I, before. Shit fire. Like, oh, I've fuck? I've heard it only a few times being here in the south, but not like not anything yeah. like super super prevalent. But but no, just him, just the whole dialogue going back. And, well, if you if you don't like the way I could, my wife cut these bags, you cut your own goddamn bags. No one's saying they don't oh appreciate what Jenny did. Like. It's uh, when you start throwing random names and stuff, it cracks me up. Like no one's <laughs> yeah, saying they don't Jenny. appreciate what, dude. It's just like that's. Uh, I think that's what cracks me up about the they whipping little Jody. Like I don't know why it just. Yeah. It's just like when you start throwing names into stuff, it cracks me up. But yeah, th- yeah fantastic. This this but, whole scene just. Uh, the, uh, Jonah the Hill. He's like so be nice to see. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God, that is so good. And, and I, I can't see in this fucking thing. I can't breathe in this fucking thing, and I can't ride in this fucking thing. You know, yeah. that guy rips the bag off his head. Yeah. Everything. Every, yeah. Apparently, I've heard that Tarantino is one of the bag men. Um, oh. Okay. I, like I've I've heard that he has made a cameo in there. Obviously, besides the LaQuentin, the LaQuint Dickey Miners. Um, I'm not sure if it's here or if he's one of the plantation guys. I dig that. Um, yeah. Yeah, but he's definitely in there somewhere. I just couldn't confirm which one it is. If any of our listeners know, you know, Facebook, you know, Midnight Double Feature, email us, midnightdoublefeature, gmail.com, because I have actually looked for this for some time, and I can't confirm mm. exactly where his other cameo is. I And I would really like to know, if anybody knows, educate a motherfucker. Let me know. Um, <laughs> but I love I love this. Robert, can you say, not too good? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I'm looking at you, it's pretty good. But once I'm moving, I'm just riding blind. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that guy's voice is hilarious. But then, like the guy, the guy whose wife, his wife, like did it. He's like, "Well, <laughs> fuck you. I'm going home." <laughs> yeah, I watched my wife slave over thirty bags for you, ungrateful sons of bitches. Yeah. yeah, this is just like this is totally entertainment, man. This whole scene is just so entertaining to watch, man, and it's absolutely. Just, just, just fucking fantastic. The way this this argument just breaks down, and like, it, and just before, and like, because you know they're all horrible people, and that makes it so much better. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just to see, just see these fucking idiots, like yeah. trying to pull their, trying to you know, like put their pants on one leg at a time, just to you know, God, they're just morons. I can't even yeah. put their pants on one leg at a yeah. time. And then when uh, they do that... the actual raid. <laughs> Yeah. None of them can uh, the, see. <laughs> the 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 shot is beautiful of them coming down the hill. It's like holy oh, shit! Like fucking the the implication is terrifying, but like mm. the shot itself is just like wow, that's that's absolutely gorgeous. It's beautiful. Um, and there's some uh, editing. Now, there's some editing fuckery here, like Tarantino editing fuckery. Like we see we see the shot beforehand, and then we see them like congregating after. Like right. Do you know what I mean? Right, yeah, it's not all like like synced up, but I can't I can't go by this. This is one of my favorite lines in the entire movie. It always cracks me up. They get to the they get to the the wagon and they're all circling it, and you just hear randomly this guy in the background. Just going, <laughs> I can't see shit. You know, it's like, dude, I fucking like. Oh, I had to pause the movie, man. That is like one of the funniest lines in the entire thing. Just uh, just still commenting on it. It was like the perfect thing. To like seal that joke up and just like oh my so god good. that's so funny it's so good because like if we had seen them if this sequence was in order we would have seen them come through and then we would have seen them like because like if you if you watch them all their horses are like being pulled in all different directions so mm-hmm. we would have been like wondering like why the hell is this happening and then Tarantino 
before that happens, he goes back and explains it. This is why, because they're all dumb shits. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I I love that them you know pull pull uh, pull him out from under, pull him out from that wagon mm. and pull him out from under that wagon he ain't out here boss That's like I love that yep they tricked um, us and then it cuts back to old mate Schultz off winners end oh Boom. so good that shot is so cool man like just the way the horses mm. go down oh my god how did they pull that off. Right, yeah, and just the explosion, like uh, that's that's such a beautiful, such a beautiful shot. Um, especially just you know in the chaos of all that, seeing all of them just like scurrying like flies, like it's just so good. Oh man, they're running, yeah. <laughs> Cowards I'm, tend to do I'm that. I'm always wondering like how they pull off explosions like this, like with the animals. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, this this shot, if you watch it again, there are like horses like right next to the fire, and they all just fall. Like, sure, it's mm-hmm. done in like three cuts, but um. Yeah, it's so good, man. But then, um, yeah, so Schultz gives the, the rifle over to Django for a little bit of a sniping action. Mm-hmm. I um, love it. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, like, that. that is the only thing, again, I hate to be this guy, but sometimes it does take me out. I'm like, wow, he's an incredibly good shot for someone who might have never <laughs> held a gun before. Like that's that's like I like I've I, I couldn't fucking pull that shot off. I'm not like a gun owner. I'm not like a gun enthusiast. But I was like, dude, there's no way I would have fucking missed him by a mile. Yeah, this is one of those movie things, I guess. But like, I'm totally on board with this man. I love the way this plays out. He's just nah, like, fuck you. This movie sucks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, I love how Schultz like he's getting away. He's like, I got him. He's he's getting away, Django. Big Daddy's getting away, and he's like, got him, got him, and he shoots, got him. And like I yes. love the way this I love the way this is done too. You hear the bullet and you hear the the bang, and you just see his body like fall off the horse in slow motion. Yeah, I think the sound is it like an artillery shell coming in. It Isn't sounds it like, like it. <laughs> it's it fucking sounds like a dude. Like um, and then yeah, he's and like, I, huh, he's a natural. Yeah, I lo- I love the shot of. You know, you just see the feet, and you see him eat shit into the ground, and it pulls up just a little bit, and there's blood all over the horse. Like, so much more effective than had you just shown me him getting his brains blown right. out. Like, I've already seen that in this movie so far. Like, exactly. It's it's cool to not make every kill, you know, something like that. That's really tasteful, I think, yeah. worth noting. Like I said, man, uh, Tarantino, theatrical as shit. Uh, but then, look, the, the, the movie, it, the next scene is... Um, I think I might have been confused earlier, like because this is where they talk about Brimhilda being a German prince, like in folktale, right. being a, a princess. The, those, yeah, those two scenes are like really similar. Like in yeah, the first are. one, in the first one, he just talks about his wife and you know how they believe in marriage, and he wants to go get her back. And that's the one. You know, your wife is Brimhilda von Schaft. You know, this is the one. Hmm. Where the, he actually starts talking about, okay, well, now this is over. You'll be a free man. That's one I kind of started on a minute ago. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. I was like no, I'm wrong. Um, he, you know, yeah, you'll be a free man. You'll have a horse, $75 in your back pocket. He, you know, and, um, and you know, he's basically like, I can't in good conscience really like, or he tells him the story of Broomhilda first. Uh, I think he tells, you know, like, he's like, how'd you know her name was Broomhilda? And that kind of starts the conversation. Um, and yeah. tells him the whole thing about Broomhilda. You know, she's uh, her. You know, I love that. He's like she. He's like Broomhilda is a princess, and she disobeys her father, who's the god of all gods. He's like, what's she do? He's like, I don't know. She's, she's you know disobeyed him somehow. He's like, so he puts her on a mountain. He's like, she's on a mountain. He's like, well, it's a German fairy tale. There's gonna be a mountain <laughs> in there somewhere. Like that's so cool. Um, he's but basically, she's been, yeah. She's been put on this mountain. Um, you know, there's a ring of hellfire around her, and there's a dragon protecting her, and I love that. He's like, he climbs the mountain, 
Sounds a bit like Shrek. Right, yeah, kind of, yeah. Which, I mean, that's the, yeah, that's like like a parody of fairy tales, you know. Um, but I love that, that, uh, you know, it's like, and he doesn't, you know, he fights the dragon and, you know, walks through the hellfire because he's not afraid of it because she's worth it, you know. And he's like, I know how we feel. That's one of my favorite lines from yeah, Django. Man. It's For so sure. good. It's so simple and just wraps it up perfectly. And that's when King Schultz is like, you know, I, I can't in good conscience let you go to Mississippi free man or not. He's like, you know, I've never given anybody their freedom before, so in an odd way I feel responsible for you, which is beautiful sentiment. I would too, man. I couldn't help it. You know, you can't just let this guy go out there like he's – I mean, he's just naive. You know, he's been a slave probably his entire life. It's like there's – like he just you, – you know what the, what's going to happen. Even if he's free now, that doesn't mean that he's going to be free in an hour when he gets there. You know, he could just, just as easily be scooped back up and put back into slavery. Um, Absolutely. And I love man. that. I, I love just him, you know, as a German, I am obliged to watch you, uh, you know, and as a German, I am obliged to help you capture your Broomhilda. You know, that's that's such oh, a cool line. It's so when you meet a when you meet a real life Siegfried, that's kind of a big deal. You know, yeah, that's so, that's so good. It's so um, good, man. It's so good. Um, but then look, the, the scene moves on to a, to a montage. There are, there are a few montages in this. Um, it feels mm. very Scorsese. Um, but yeah, we get, we get, uh, I've got a name. I've got a name. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know if this is if they're back in um, in Daughtry. It looks like. Oh no! I think uh, I was going to say I think we might have skipped the part of the partnership that he offers him. He basically oh, right, says, right. you know, how do you, how do you like bounty hunting? You know, oh, come with right. me for the winter. I'll give you a third of my bounties. Um, which, uh, what you know, which uh, we'll, we'll get into this later with how much. You know, he's offering for Broomhilda, but uh, dude, King Schultz is fucking loaded. Mm. Like, dude, he is extremely rich. Like, yeah. uh, just to get to it, like, the like the money that he has, to, I mean, $12,000 is like $350,000 today. <laughs> yeah, so, dude, that is insanity. <laughs> right. And that they're buying a person for that, like, to fight. That's just nuts. Um, but yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I love this montage. I wrote it out in my notes, bounty hunter montage, AKA winter of murder. Like they're just, <laughs> just capping motherfuckers like the whole winter. Um, that's, so that's good. all it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. It's just like, it's, um, again, I'm going to bring them up. LSJ media. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was listening to their Godfather, uh, Godfather, Goodfellas podcast the other day, and they mentioned the murder montage. This is the Django Unchained version of the mo- the murder montage. Like, you know oh, what I dude, mean? yeah, like, like everything um, in it. It's just yeah, just 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 straight. Every shot is just them like just yeah. shooting in the air, random bullets finding people and like killing them yeah. and shit. Totally, man. Uh, like, but how good is um, Jamie Fox with this repeater? Or is it no, no, no? Sorry, it's not Jamie. It's um. It's it's Schultz. It's Schultz with a repeater, and he's just like bang, 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 and then like he's uh, he's got the the shell in his hat. <laughs> yeah, I want to say I think they both have like repeaters when they run up on those guys, and they just pop out from the trees and just start annihilating them. Uh, and I fucking love King Schultz's coat, dude. That thing is so uh, fly. That silver like fur. I was like, dude, that, that looks, looks expensive as shit. Right, yeah, like, dude, this guy must make a killing in the bounty hunting business, but, yeah. but yeah, I think, um, 
yeah, I, I, I love that whole that whole montage of just yeah. you know, I, I, in him practicing with this aiming and shooting at snowmen and stuff like that. That's really cool, dude. Also, in this montage, we get our first little um, because because Django imagines seeing Hildy here and there. Um, mm-hmm. I love this shot the way it's done, man. He's like washing himself in the lake, and then like he sees her through the fog. And she's just like looking at him and she smiles. Oh, so mm. good, dude. Um, anyway, yeah. so the, the montage fades out and we fade into um, the guys overlooking this, this farm. And mm. oh, Django's, got, Django's got his sights on this guy who's just, uh, what's he doing? He's just doing, he's just pulling, pulling some kind of trolley. Yeah, I think they're plow- They're just plowing the field to plant. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just some, it's like a Smitty Bacall. Smitty, <laughs> that's right. And later, later when the guy reads it, Smitty backhole and the Smitty backhole gang. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, know about this whole Smitty backhole business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so essentially, this part is actually pretty fucking important. Then, like later to the story. Yes. Um, yes. But I love, I love how Schultz teaches him about it. He's like, "Put down that rifle. Don't worry, I'm not mad at you." And he pulls it out. He pulls out the bill, and then he makes like he helps him read through it. It's so, yeah. it's just like a little thing, man, but it's so like, it's so good. Yeah. Like he's, yeah, he just wants to see this guy succeed and that's, that's mm. just so great. Um, you know, of course it wouldn't, I'm not saying there weren't any Americans that existed like this, but of course it took someone from, which apparently this was, uh, somewhat of a common practice around that time. A lot of people from Europe were apparently moving to the U S and, you know, cause there was, <clears throat> uh, you know, just land rushes and gold rushes and bounty hunting. And, you know, it's just, it was really just make your own money, do it, doing whatever, you know, apparently this was kind of a common occurrence, which I thought was interesting, but uh, of course it's a European guy, you know, who really cares about it. Cause none of the Americans could go a fuck, you know, like no, like no, nobody there you know, can't be bothered to, <laughs> to help this yeah. guy. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that that's a that's a great that's a great scene and great montage just to them, you know, just just blowing people away and then cutting mm. straight to this is is really good. I like the kind of it it's really revs up but then it kind of settles back down to a real quiet right. scene. Exactly, man. Uh, and like ugh, it's so good. But then he's like uh, Schultz explains to him why they have to do this. Uh, Smitty Bacall mm. wanted to rob sca- stage co- stagecoaches and he didn't mind that he had to kill people to do it. He's like, do you want to save your wife by doing what I do? And he's like, this is what I do. I kill mm-hmm. people and sell their corpses for cash. Um, that that corpse is worth seven thousand dollars. Holy fucking shit! That is a lot of money today. Yeah, it's um, worth like hundred and fifty grand. Oh, that's insane, man. But uh, yeah, Django essentially picks up the rifle, fires one, and uh, what really surprised me in this scene was the kid, Paul. Mm-hmm. Paul, like that's a really, that's not really a Tarantino thing to do. No, you definitely feel for the kid, you know, because the kid obviously has no idea what, no. you know, what his father's done or yeah. you know how they've acquired this land or or whatever, you know. I and I and I love their their kind of dialogue before that. He's like, you, he's like, he's with the son. He's like, good. They'll maybe they'll have a last word. He's like, it's mm. more than most of them get. It's far more than he deserves. Yeah. Um, and I love, you know, and he he's kind of, he's like, I, he's like, you want to do what I do? I trade corpses for cash. This cash is worth, this corpse is worth seven million or $7,000. So quit your pussyfooting and shooting. And they're like, oh, I love that. Quit, quit your pussy, quit your pussyfooting and shoot him. It's such a good line. Um, but yeah, he, uh, yeah, so they shoot Smitty Bacall and he ends up keeping the handbill, you know, keep your first handbill. You know, like you said, this is definitely going to be important Very important, important. yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think after that, we kind of have a little bit of text right here. We're breaking into a new, uh, a new spot. Oh, just yeah, we get a little bit of um, little practice shooting, little target shooting with the snowman. Um, right. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was earlier. Never mind. No, no, no. It's this. It's so uh, Django is like practicing his target shooting. He's fucking getting really good at it. Um, mm. But like, I love, I love his moves with the with the revolver. It's so good. And then like, yes. <laughs> how cool? How weird is it that just like Schultz appears out of nowhere? He just appears from yeah. the bottom of the frame. He's like, that's accurate. <laughs> Yeah, like he's been down there, like building, packing in the bottom of the snowman for support or something. But like, like in the he's, wide, he's not even there. <laughs> he's not I would even love, there in the wide shot. <laughs> I would love if they like pulled back and there was like a snow angel in the ground and he had all the snow on the back of his coat. Yeah. So <coughs> after that, man, we get more murder. We get more murder. Sorry. Um, this is this is where Schultz's little thing with the bullet tip is here. Uh, in his head. right, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Fucking hell. Um, but then, yeah, they go and seek some refuge with uh, this guy in his hut. Uh, he's got the birthday cake. Yeah, it's um, pretty good. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, oh man, the scenery in this movie. God damn it! Where did they film this? Dude, I I was wondering about a lot of it. I think they filmed some of it actually in Mississippi and maybe like New Orleans. I'm not sure if I think they might have film some in Tennessee. I should have looked that up because there's so many of these states I could just throw a rock and get there, you know. I've um, never been there, but, but this kind of looks like Canada here, right? Like uh, it's like the, the Especially the with woods. the snow, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like with the with the snow and stuff. Absolutely. That's that's a lot of snowfall for the south. Like absolutely, but yeah. um but yeah those those are absolutely some of those shots like I will say as much as we're gonna talk shit about the South and me being from the South <laughs> and talking shit about the South, visually it is a fucking beautiful place. Like oh, yeah. I mean, like it's so it's so everywhere, and it's never going to be the same thing. It was snowing, what it was snowing one of the last episodes we recorded, and it was like seventy four degrees today. You oh, know, and it, it was like it, it just changes like crazy. But it's a beautiful place. Definitely, definitely come and check it out sometime if you ever oh, sure. if, you, if you're. It's well, it's, it's a beautiful yeah. place. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm down for that. Uh, so after that, we move to the crawl. Uh, a couple of words, and after a very cold and very profitable winter, Django and Dr. Schultz come down from the mountains and headed for Mississippi. Mississippi. Oh boy, yes. the, place, the place to be in this fucking day and age. Not today, yeah. I mean, like back then. <laughs> right, no, I mean, yeah, no, I would not, either or, I don't think I'd want to be in Mississippi. Um, Wait, have you been there, like, today? Is it, I don't know how, what's, what's the No, I've today? never... I've I've never really been. Um, I, I I honestly can't really tell you. I mean, so much of, I mean, even it's it's almost like even in Tennessee, so many states like Arkansas, Alabama, Kentucky, Mississippi, um, all get kind of like bad raps as just being white trash. You know, really like you know, uh, there's just so many like like so so many jokes about like incest and having sex with farm animals and stuff. Just about like Arkansas, uh, Tennessee. We'll Kentucky. we'll get to Calvin Candy and his sister very shortly. Dude, yeah, right. Oh my god, that's so creepy, man. I'm mm. glad you said something. Yeah, put a pin in. We will definitely definitely get back to that shit. That is so weird. Um, but but yeah, I, I I don't know. I've never really been to Mississippi, but I, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure. Right. No, that's all good, man. So, um, so this is where Schultz and Django find out that Hildy is in Candyland, 
Um, mm-hmm. Let's and Schultz is like, let's hope she works in the house and not the field. Oh no, she ain't yeah. no field. She ain't no field lady. She she pretty. She yeah. she talk good too. Oh, that's such a hard scene. It's like when they burnt that runaway R on her cheek. Oh goddamn! Yeah, like it's so try, shocking. Try. It's so shocking when it happens, right? Like it's just like right. the water and then bang. It's like no warning mm-hmm. that the flashbacks coming. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I, I, I love. You know, they're going to try to make her a comfort girl. What's a comfort? Oh, oh, you know, and he just stops. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing you do as the viewer, yeah. a comfort. Oh, no, I know what that means. And I just, uh, <laughs> this is this is why I love Jamie Foxx in this in this whole movie, man. He's so, like, calm. He's like, not while I got my freedom, not while I got my gun. Right. He's, uh. like, just super confident, you know, and, like, that's what I said, like, that quiet, like, inner confidence versus yeah. <clears throat> someone like King Schultz who's, Obviously, way more like seasoned at this, and way more like way more flamboyant as well. Now it's just his style, you know. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Schultz essentially puts the uh, the the situation in the perspective of oh, if a guy wants to buy a horse. Uh, farmer says no. Uh, <laughs> Jank is like, I say, fuck that farmer. I'm still in that horse. Um, yeah. And he's like, but now you're a horse thief. <coughs> They hang horse thieves. The horse goes back, and you know the horse is his property. And essentially, uh, he's like, "We need to get a bill of sale." And Django's like, "I ain't gonna buy her." What? No. What, what's he say? Um, does he say he's not gonna buy her? Do what? Doesn't he? Doesn't he say in the scene like that? Uh, oh no, no. Wait, hold on. Because in this scene, Django's like. Jango's like, well, are we going to offer to buy Candyland? And, uh, right, yeah. yeah. No, Schultz it's is far like, too big. No, it's yeah. far too big, yeah. Right. But he's like, and- yeah, he's like, apparently this farmer, it's not all about the farm. And then this is when it's like, how much do you know about Mandingo fighting? Yeah. <clears throat> I, um, this was, this was something that I definitely had to look up because apparently Mandingo fighting, like, never existed. Like, I, I started Googling it and reading about it, not to take anything away from the movie. I'm, I'm not saying this never happened. I'm almost positive somebody at some point, some sick fuck got the idea to, like, hey, I can just buy people and make them fight each other, you know, and me and my friends can just do that. Like, I, it's just, like, you know, how people would look at, like, cockfighting or something. You know, it's, like, that's the level they treat these people. And it's, like, I don't, I don't put it past anybody to have ever come up with this idea, but I don't think it was, like, as wide of a thing as it's kind of purported to be, you know? Right, yeah, which, which surprises the hell out of me because I've heard Mandingo fighting before. So, I don't know, I don't know where this came from. Like, but essentially, Schultz says, uh, Django, you're going to have to dress up as a Mandingo expert, a black Mandingo expert. Like, you know, it's pretty crazy. And they walk to uh, a house in Greenville, mm-hmm. and they knock on the door, the clear, the Cleopatra Club, I'm sorry. That's where it's called. Yeah, I say, well, what, what do they call him? The One-Eyed Charlie. He's going to play a black, the one-eyed a Charlie. black slaver. And I love that. He's like, that's lowest of the low, man. He's like, then play him like that. Give me mm. your black slaver. Yeah. And it's like, God, that must have been... Slaver. That must be really hard for Django to do on top of everything that's going on. It's like, you 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 want to, you want me to act like one of these guys? Like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. You know, and it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I got... Because, you know, I, I got some problems with this kind of plan. Like, <clears throat> I, I see 
Schultz's logic, this is something that I definitely wanted to touch on. I've got a bunch of arrows and exclamation marks like on my notes, but um, <laughs> I can see the logic. Bring it up. Yeah, I, well, I can, yeah. I can see the logic in what he's talking about, but he has, again, he doesn't have any emotional connection to Broomhilda. The only thing I can really think of, I'm talking about Calvin Candy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Calvin Candy doesn't have any connection to her. The only thing I could see is that King Schultz would come up, say, hey, I, I want to buy her. And he's like, well, no, she's exotic to me. I, I have a slave who can speak German. You know, and I, I can see him wanting to keep that. But, like, this whole game of smoke and mirrors and doing this and doing that, like, I put, like, why, you know, why can't Schultz just go alone, you know, and buy her? Or, like, why would, like, why would Calvin Candy not really want to sell her? Like, you're assuming a lot of stuff, like, right off the bat. And that happens a lot in this movie. And it, it bothers me as someone who's a fan of, like, screenwriting and script writing and really tight, good scripts. It, it you have to give I understand it's a movie and I, I you know we've talked about that before like dude relax your asshole you're watching a movie calm down you know it doesn't have to be real world everything you know, like we talked about that before like, so many people forget to just relax but <clears throat> there's certain parts of this movie where I become that guy and I'm like no like this is weird like I don't understand why you have to go through this big and and it's also obviously in his uh, character to be this like I've said multiple times this real theatric kind of dramatic guy but <clears throat> this is like a big like drama to put on just just for this um, you know when you could go in there and offer him a thousand dollars and he would probably give her up because he probably you know most likely doesn't want her that bad hell yeah a thousand dollars for a slave I paid three hundred dollars for like yeah you know now I could see Calvin Candy being like well, why do you want her so bad? Well, I'm going to jack the price up to $10,000 because that's his wife and I know you'll pay it. Like, I could see it going that route. That's the only reason why I kind of agree with what King Schultz is doing. But it also, at the same time... See, I think it... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I think it also plays into what we were talking about earlier. I think King Schultz, um, he... In, in a way, he kind of he gets off on this a little bit. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, all the smoke and mirrors, man, and, like, like the, the, the being on a mission. The and the like, chase. The thrill of the chase, yeah. Like I don't know, must be a German yeah, thing. Yeah, that's that's the that's <laughs> the only thing that I could really take out of it. I was like, I guess he just thinks that maybe Calvin Candy will just skyrocket the price if he finds out who she is, and that they'll they'll go to those links to get her. You know, and it, don't get me wrong, it's just money. But at the same time, ten thousand dollars is you know like three hundred grand back then. So I don't, I don't blame him for wanting to get out of there. You know, and not paying ten thousand dollars for her. Uh, but that that's really yeah. kind of one of my only like big grievances about this <clears throat> is a lot of it seemed like just a little bit too unnecessary. It got it gets a little complicated at a like not too too complicated to follow, but it does get a little complicated as in like again here's here you know here comes Schultz with all of this all of these plans and schemes and you know this mustache twirling kind of you know like not evil but like. You know, just this plotting and scheme. He's like a Scooby-Doo villain, you know, and it's like like he has all these like plans and stuff like implemented and ready to go. But, you know, honestly, it's not a huge hangout, though. I can look past it because it's like, well, I guess like it's believable. It's not like it doesn't need to uh, like I don't need to. Stanley Kubrick said it in a good way. He was talking about The Shining. He's like uh, because Jack Nicholson and him were arguing about something. He's like, I don't need it to be real. I just need it to be believable like Jack. He's like, I don't need I don't need it to be the realest thing possible. It just needs to be believable, and that's it. And it is believable, so I let it pass, but with some kind of like, eh, you know, it kind of bothers me sometimes a little bit. It takes me out of it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I get what you mean. I just, um, 
to be honest, I've got no defense for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I, I'd like to make excuses for it, and I, I, I don't think I fully can accept to say um, what you just said. Oh, it's a movie, man. But, I mean, like, I know that's not really a defense. Like, I've got nothing, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, if, if, it's not a huge hang-up yeah. anyways, but it is kind of like... Man, like this just seems kind. It's more of it's more of a thing. Like there needs to be a plot, right? Like there needs to be a story, right? Yeah, there needs to be something that, you know, I don't know. There's way too much left up to assumptions and like happenstance in this movie. Like there's a lot of people assuming things, and even with Samuel Jackson's character, like there's a lot of assuming things. I'm like, wow, you are a really good, really good guess. Like really good, you know, like that. It's almost surprising in a way. Um, but we'll get to that. I think uh, I I don't fully agree with you on that one. We'll get to that. <laughs> oh boy, oh baby. Um, but no, anyway. So yeah, Django and Schultz walk into this this fucking cesspit, this the hellscape. Right. Yeah. Um. Oh, what did you say it's called? The Cleopatra Club? I think that's what you said. Cleopatra Club. Right. I, I yeah, love that yeah. one. Antra. Yeah, it's like, oh my God. That's that's so, that's uh, just tr- anybody with a Southern accent trying to speak a language that they just don't get. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious and it sounds awful. Yeah, so then we meet this guy, this lawyer. Fucking hell. I don't know what it is about Midnight Double Feature covering movies and me hating the lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Jurassic Park had that fucking shitty lawyer. Now we got this guy. Yeah, this guy actually is uh, kind of like a weird Stephen King connection here. This guy is uh, uh, Leo, Mog- uh, Leo Mogi, I think is his name. Mogli? Mogi. Mogi. Yeah, Mogi. Right. Uh, but actually, he's played by Dennis Christopher, and Dennis Christopher is actually in the 1990 Stephen King's It. He plays the older version of Eddie Kasprak, the kid with the asthma. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, and I've never seen him in, like, anything else. And when I saw him in Django, I was like, huh, that kind of looks like Eddie Kasprak. And I was like, I wonder if that's him. And I Googled it, and sure enough, it was him. I was like, what the fuck? Like, what is he doing randomly in this movie? Like, that's so random. Uh, like, he does the part, you know, he does the part really well, but at the same time, it's just so, like, what is this guy doing here? You know, it's just, that's kind mm, of, kind yeah. of odd. <clears throat> um, yeah. So, yeah, no, essentially, he's leading him up the stairs, he's telling him how to address Calvin Candy. He prefers Monsieur Candy to Mr. Candy. What a fucking dick. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and then, of course, the classy Schultz responds in French, whatever he prefers. Mm. Now, don't speak <laughs> he's like, French to he's him. Like, <laughs> how great is that? He's like, it'll embarrass him. Oh my oh god. My god. What, a, what a twat. That's great. Yeah, and then they walk into this room where shit is just going down. There you go, there you go, and we get this this shot of like these two black guys just wrestling, and this 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 uppity rich guy just smoking, and he's just shouting like, and he's just like, "Why do you want to get in the mandingo business?" Yeah, he doesn't even look at them and he, as he addresses them, but he's no like he's like, <laughs> and then like Schultz is like totally surprised. He's like, "You don't, you don't." want us to you don't want to make proper introductions and he's like quit stalling now answer the question um dude before we go ahead what do you think of leo in this movie i um <clears throat> i like him more this time around watching it 
Uh, at first, it kind of, I don't know, I didn't love him in it. You know, I, there were some things I just i just didn't like about the way he portrayed the character. Um, but I, I definitely like him more this time around. You know, I was like, okay, there's a few more subtleties that I like to it. Um, that are that are really that are that are really good, but especially like his teeth, you know, like oh god, his teeth are disgusting, man. Like and like obviously, there's plenty of people around, you know, like take care of their teeth and brush their teeth, and his teeth are like the color of like lead, like oh, <clears throat> it's just little things about him that are just so disgusting. Oh, it's rough. Yeah, like he it's rough. He looks like a hemophiliac, you know, like he's kind of he's got those dark circles <laughs> kind of under his eyes, like he looks really yeah. grungy, you know. But other than that, yeah, yeah. I, I like him pretty well. Dude, I love Leo in this role, man. I think I think it's one of his best performances. Um, I think it's it's because he looks like he's having so much fun being this vile, disgusting character. Mm-hmm. Um, like he looks like he's just like at home, <laughs> which is a terrible thing to say. I'm sorry, Leo, if you're listening, but I doubt <laughs> you're listening. But you know, like he's just like he looks like he's just having a blast playing this character, man. But then, uh, look, Leo turns around and we get that awesome, like, zoom shot again, yeah. that Tarantino zoom shot. It's like, it's like, bam, straight on his face. And he smiles, that smile and nod. <laughs> that is, that, that's, it's so good. That is, that is one of the, if, I don't know, that might be the one of the most iconic shots of the whole movie. It's just when it, yeah. <clears throat> when it pulls up right on him, if not the most iconic shot, it's just such a mm. hard quick, just from all the way across the room, <clears throat> pulls you Right in. to him, yeah. Um, but you know, yeah. Uh, and I love, I love, well, we got a, we got a game over here that's a lot of, uh, that's a good bit of fun, which come on over. Um, yeah. And, it, <clears throat> and we get that shot of James Remark, like, uh, just back from the dead, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, with it the pool cue. It took me, yeah, playing Butch. Um, it it took me a long time to catch that that was the same guy, and I was like, oh shit! And I was like, that that's like it took me a long time to catch it because he's kind of clean shaven and like a little bit more up, to, yeah. like up, uh, keeps himself a little bit more, you know, uh, cleaned up. Um, <clears throat> but I've got to say the the ch- is it Sheba? Is that her name? Sheba, yeah, S S H E B A. S yeah Shiva, <clears throat> Shiva. I was reading about that woman like, uh, like uh, I, I played by played by Nicole Galatia. Yeah, she is gorgeous. Like she is like oh She's, my god, like, definitely yeah. definitely the most attractive woman in this movie. I was like oh my oh, god. Oh yeah. Uh, she has a hundred and sixty IQ apparently. Uh, the actress she Whoa. is apparently incredibly intelligent. Um, <clears throat> and I don't know how she got into acting or or whatever, but. Um, but yeah, apparently she's, she's has incredibly high IQ, like behind that absolutely gorgeous face. Like, yeah, she's like, I, I remember seeing this for the first time and be like, dude, she's hot as shit. Like, I was like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> she's definitely hot, man. And like, not, like what helps it too is like what she's wearing. Oh yeah. Um, God damn that corset. <laughs> yeah. Part of me, is this, is that like Calvin's like side piece? Like is he? I assume like I don't know. I I I've seen this movie so many times. I just the way Sheba looks at him, and the way that he treats her. I feel like yes, mm-hmm. because he doesn't treat her like um like a slave. Like like you know no. he treats her. He treats her with a little bit of respect, right? No, for sure. Yeah, he he definitely he definitely has that. 
you know, you know, Roscoe, you and so and so go out and play. No, not I don't mean you, Sheba. I know you didn't mean me. You know, like she's definitely yeah. there's definitely some kind of relationship there because later on too, when he's talking about, he's like, you know, you might have caught yourself some some of that love, Doctor Schultz. He's like, it's a powerful thing, you know. And basically, it's like I feel like he's talking from experience, you know, when he talks about like falling in love and you know with with black people or having sex with black people. Like he talks about just being pulled into that. And I was like, okay, so I'm starting to pick the piece is that you're this is this is probably you know i doubt you know i I, what other reason why you know why would he have her in his kind of like entourage you know like it's the only logical thing i can think of yeah yeah that's the that's the chick that um calvin candy goes to when he's sick of banging his sister yeah right oh my god (laughs) Uh, god we get Oh god damn it. She's annoying She's and I hate her. <laughs> fuck. She is very annoying. Um but yeah, anyway, so they walk over to the bar, I'll have a sweet tea and bourbon. And uh do you know who this is that rocks up next to Django? Uh is that Franco Nero? Yeah, Franco Nero. What's his significance? Uh he was he was Django in the original one from sixty six, wasn't he? Nineteen sixty six Django. Um, it's I think it's important for us to note that this is not a remake or anything like that. Right. But this this movie was I think it's just in name only, right? Like inspired by it. Like Django, the nineteen sixty six version was a western. Um, but it, it I don't think it, and it had to do with race and the Ku Klux Klan, but it didn't really have anything else to do with this movie. Yeah, I looked that up at some point after I saw Django in theaters or I got it on DVD or something. But yeah, I think it takes it is strongly influenced by those. You know, it's obviously, you know, somewhat of a Western as well and kind of um <clears throat> inspired by a lot of spaghetti westerns, but I think that um um, I think that I think that the name Django was wound up being uh, popularized in African American community uh, with a few musicians. <clears throat> so I, I I think it ended up becoming this thing that uh, Quentin Tarantino kind of saw all these pieces coming together and was like, yeah, because obviously he's very much so in the vein of you know with with African American culture and cinema and television and stuff like that. So I think he kind of saw a window and 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 you know it's it's I think it's heavily inspired by but I don't think it's nearly the same plot. You know, this is this is a totally different film. Mm, absolutely, man. But uh no, look, they before that happens though, we get this oh, this probably one of the most disturbing scenes in this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh pro- uh, like it's up there with the dog with the dog mauling later yeah um this this crazy the way it's shot the lighting the fire uh coming off their skin um it's just brutal dude the sweat glistening of him and just candy shouting use your weight boy use your weight he's much bigger and stronger when and when he when it's 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 kind of it's a it's the best shot of the whole fight and it's looking at Franco Nero. The focus is on him, and he's just yelling, you know, and whatever. I think he's speaking, you know, French or, or whatever. Um, I'm not sure or Italian, but but whatever he's shouting, like you see him shouting it. But in the in like the side of the screen, out of focus, you see Big Fred just snap that guy's arm, and you it's out of focus, and you really can't see it. But when you go back and watch, you know, you can see the bone sticking out of this guy's arm. And what a subtle, beautiful way to do that. Like we're not just gonna pull in real close and see this arm getting snapped off like this isn't like gore exactly porn. this is like a subtle thing when you see exactly. it it's, uh, even though out of focus and on like the barely on the right side of the screen it's still enough to be like oh fuck man like that is hard exactly to watch. man 
Yeah, exactly. No, and um, I think it's 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 very important here that we see Schultz's face as well. He's very um, he's very turned off by this. He's very like, oh, this is vile. This is disgusting. Like, I can't handle this. Like, um, he's trying really hard to keep it under the surface. Um, but goddamn, this but, fight is brutal, man. I'm just I'm watching it now. Like, fuck. I, I think it, I think it's something interesting to know too. You know, you get this whole thing from Schultz before they go to Candy, uh, before they go to Big Daddy's place, and he's like, you know, you're you're playing a role, and while you're doing that, you can never break character, and like Schultz is breaking character, like he's kind of unnerved yeah. by this, and this will continue yeah. to come up, like with his interactions with Calvin Candy, but he's obviously very unnerved by this, you know, and he, um, you know, as as Fred, Big Fred, Big Fred is is Calvin's Mandingo. Um, but yeah, he defeats the guy on the ground and they throw him the hammer and he just, you know, finish him and, uh, just knocks that fucking poor guy with a cross with the hammer, like gouges his eyes out. Like, I mean, just fucks. I love that when the, when the eye gouge is happening, um, uh, it's just, it's just something simple. Um, when Sheba drops the, the jar of the, the stuff in it and like, it makes a sound. Yes. Yeah. When they, when I don't know what it is. It's just something that adds to the scene. Because as soon as she drops him, you know, he pops up and he's like, "Woo!" You know, and he's just so yeah, like uh, just the yeah. uh, you know just the brutality of it. Seeing somebody celebrate that, um, mm. and of course, you know, Big Fred hits him with the hammer. You know, kills him, and you know that's the end of that. That's the end of that fight. And you can tell. You know, this is another thing. I wanted to see Big Fred pop back up again. I really did. I don't know why. I just <laughs> I thought he was kind of interesting. I would have loved to have seen. I would have loved to have seen something with Big Fred as maybe Django was trying to escape and somebody holds him up and Big Fred is the one to help Django kind of escape. Maybe he gets killed during it. I don't know. Like, just kind of throwing stuff Dude, out there. But he's too he's too busy getting his pole licked by a pony. Yeah, right, and drinking that tall-ass, like, 40-ounce, like, warm yeah. beer. Like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. But I love, um, anyway, so after that, that's when we actually get the, uh, the exchange between Django and Django. Django, uh, Franco Nero is like, what's your name? And he's like, Django. And then he's like, can you spell it? D-J-A-N-G. <laughs> uh, uh, fucking G-O. I was, I was like, no, I nearly forgot how to spell it. Uh, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, and then he's like, the D is silent. I know. And that 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 is pretty iconic, like from this movie, the D is silent. Right. I knew something um, I knew something was up when the first time I saw this, I was like, I don't know who that guy is, but this is important. This is mm. not some random dude. He looks too It important. feels it, right? Yeah. It feels it. Uh and then Leo just starts taking an interest in, in him. He's like, What's your name, boy? Yes. He's like Schultz steps in, his name is Django Freeman. <laughs> right, yeah. Freeman. He he basically he doesn't want Django talking at all he's like you know basically and even tells yeah. Candy that he's like I would appreciate it if you left your line of inquiry to me you know and he's like well yeah, he's being very careful right he's like well if I'm doing business with one of you I'm doing business with both of you you're the bill fold he's the eyeball is that the way it works well you don't make it sound too flattering but yes yeah yeah he's <laughs> I love his speech patterns oh yeah they're great um yeah but, but then we get these like really like extreme close-ups dude He's like, I'm curious what makes you curious. And then, like, there's these, like, massive, like, extreme close-ups with Leo and uh, Jamie Foxx, and it's so intense. Oh, dude, yeah, their dialogue. He's like, you know, uh, you know, so-and-so said you looked over my, 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 my African flesh, and you was none too impressed. He's like, not for top dollar. Mm. He's like, well, then we got nothing else to discuss. You know, or, or, no, 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 he says, uh, 
He's like, uh, I want to know what makes. Uh, I'm curious, what makes you such an expert? I want to. Uh, he's like, uh, oh god. He's like, I, what? Yeah, I'm curious. I want to know what makes you such an expert. And he's like, I'm curious why you're curious. Right, dude. And the whole room just like dropped. What'd you say, boy? And like Butch starts coming across. Yeah, Butch turns around. Oh. oh. And I love. I, I don't want to go past the line when Django first walks in, and he's like, he's even. I know you take a hat off in a house, white boy. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's good, dude. And I like. I hope Butch so heard him. Good. <laughs> but. But all yeah. of this, all of this just comes back around, man. Like, like everything we say in the movie earlier, it just comes back around. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And this whole exchange of dialogue between them is just so good. Um, you know, and basically he starts, you know, yeah, please, you know, put your line of inquiry towards me. You know, blah blah blah. And I love, you know, he's he's like, first of all. You do not have a drink, man. Get you something cold, you know, blah blah blah. And he's still <laughs> Southern hospitality, even though this guy's a fucking total piece of shit. It's kind of like he just changes the gears so so well. Right? Yeah, that's it's so great. And they wind up, you know, coming back to it, you know, and uh, and he, you know, basically, you know, well, I want to make sure this man isn't taking you through the ringer, doctor, you know, or whatever. He's like, well, quite frankly, I didn't seek you out for your advice. I sought you out to fight. I sought you out to find um, a fighting man to go at above top quality. He's like. Um, yeah, above top top quality dollar, and he's like, well, we weren't discussing. Uh, he's he's like, well, uh, first of all, we weren't discussing my. Uh, oh, what did he say? Uh, we weren't just uh, we weren't talking business yet. We were discussing my curiosity. I love that. He's like, you mm. know, I came here to talk business with you. Well, we aren't talking about my. We aren't talking about business yet. And I love that that whole exchange. You know, when he's you know, he's like, I would be willing to pay a ridiculous amount of money. He's like, and what would be ridiculous to you, sir? Twelve thousand dollars. And you hear that drink just like empty yep. out. Yeah, gentlemen, yep. you had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. That's one of the best oh, lines, man. That's that might. He's so, Leo is so good, man. In that whole thing, he's just like, well, gentlemen, uh, just the way it's like, just the way it's played out, man. There's something about it that I don't think any other actor could have done. Um, uh, like Leo is just perfect for this role, and like we didn't even talk about like this is not this is a a, a villain role for Leo. Like he's usually the hero, he's usually the the nice guy, but, but damn, this is like a through and through villain. Yes, for sure, especially with the scene coming up. It is <clears throat> it is solidified very quickly the villain status. Like there is no ambiguity ambiguity really there. And I and that that was definitely in my notes. Um, cuz basically they they take off for Candyland, don't they? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so they after after this after this uh, little exchange here they take off well they get ready to take off to Candyland. Um, this is a great scene as well, man. Just the way um, Jamie Fox and and Schultz are riding up to them in the carriage. Mm-hmm. He's like, ah, good Doctor Schultz. Good morning, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Beautiful morning, isn't it? And he's like, you couldn't have picked a better one. And then he's just like, why don't you take a ride with us here in the Victoria? Uh, but like, it's just so like. I love that Django follows. Like, he doesn't come with them. Do you know what I mean? Right, yeah. He's like, no, I'm just going to ride my horse. Like, just that yeah. army of one he he, of he he feeds his, yeah, he feeds his horse. And then, like, I love that Leo's like, Django, and he tips his hat. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think. But then, like, in that, no, go on. Well, I was going to say, one of my one of my favorite lines coming up is, you know, he sits there and he gives you know gives his horse some 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 grass he's feeding him, and that one guy, you know, the game is keep up, not catch up, you know, and he just oh that's that's coming up, that's coming up. So there's uh there's a look there's a little scene that's cut in there of like them having dinner, and like essentially Leo is just talking about what makes an exception an exceptional fighter, Mandingo fighter. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then it cuts back, and he's like, bright day, huh, bright boy? <laughs> and then that's when it's, um, I want to talk about this guy. I want to talk about the guy who's like, um, not not the guy who's like, it's called Keep Up, Not Catch Up. Oh, no, you're talking about Billy Crash. I'm talking about Billy Crash. What f- I'm talking about Walton Goggins. What a fucking, like, I have some notes about this guy, and I'm really glad you brought him up. But, yeah, sorry, no, go on, keep keep going on. No, well, so Walton Goggins is awesome, dude. Um, I, okay, so I, I mean, I've been following this guy as an actor for so long before Django even. Um, he was in the show The Shield with Michael Chiklis, the cop one, mm-hmm. um, and he killed it in that. He's in Tarantino's next movie, Hateful Eight, um, and he is amazing. That So Hateful Eight, although it's, you know, it's billed as a Kurt Russell movie, it's mostly this guy's movie, mostly this guy and Samuel L. Jackson's movie. Like, seriously, watch that movie just for this guy. He's he's great. Walton Goggins is outstanding. Yeah, he, he absolutely terrifies me in this role. There's something about Billy Crash that I wrote in my notes, like, and if you're a fan of, like, It, you know, you know that the main bully that kind of terrorizes these kids in the novel is a kid named Henry Bowers. But he has a mm-hmm. friend. Yeah, he, I know that. he has a friend of his that is absolutely far more terrifying in the book, named Patrick Hockstetter. And this mm-hmm. this kid like locks things and and uh, basically locks animals, live animals, in a fridge that's in a dump somewhere and just leaves them there to die. Like this kid is a fucking psycho. And there's something totally about Billy Crash. Like I feel that way. Like I feel better being around God Calvin damn. Candy. Like this guy absolutely terrifies <laughs> me. Like. There's there's something just so creepy in the way that he kind of walks. You know, he's got that lanky kind of strut. You know, and the way, oh, I'm gonna go walking yeah. with you in the moonlight. You know, and the way he talks is, yeah, he creeps me the fuck out, man. Seriously, man, uh, Walton Goggins, uh, and I, I fully, as much as I want to give credit to Qu- uh, Quentin Tarantino for it, I fully think it's it's Walton Goggins' choices like that. Because he's such a great, um, uh, he's such a great actor. But anyway, uh, so the guy's like, it's called Keep Up, Not Catch Up. Uh, <laughs> Django just pulls him off his horse, and his horse goes down with him. Billy Crash pulls his gun, and Django just whips out his pistol. Man, just no hesitation. He's like, "Touch your guns, you die." Yeah, he gets his out before Billy Crash, and he's got it on him. And he's like, "Oh my god, mm. that's so." Yeah, I'm fast. I'm faster mm-hmm. than you. And it's like, ooh. Yeah. Uh, and Leo's Leo's like no harm done I saw it all and he's like Bush that means you too Bush has got his hand on his gun Mm -hmm. I love the guy on the ground you know like help help me out I I, I can't remember what they call him (laughs) but he's like his name's Hoot Hoot that's what it is I almost said Boot He's like, someone help Hoop back on his court. You know, he's like, he broke my collarbone. Yeah, I love (laughs) I love the way that guy yelled. Someone help Hoop back on his goddamn horse, please. Um. But yeah, yeah. I, I love that whole exchange. I love it as he's walking off. He's like, uh, he's like, oh, I'll see you later, bright boy. He's like, oh, you gonna you gonna go walk in the moonlight with me? Like, oh, that is such a good line. He's like, yeah, you gonna you gonna hold my hand? <laughs> oh man, like the animosity between and them then, is oh, so, so good. good, dude. So good. It's 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 friendly, but it's so hostile. Like it, like I love that Billy Crash laughs. Like he just laughs at it. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh. This this fucking guy, right? Um, but anyway, man, we get another montage. Uh, this time to Rick Rock, Rick Ross, a uh, hundred black coffins. This is a great track too, um, and this is something that Tarantino loves to do all the time. He loves to insert contemporary music into uh, period pieces, um, and for some reason, it just fits. <laughs> like 
it, it just I don't know I don't know there's just something about this but uh, throughout this montage it's just them riding through the forest and uh, uh, I think Django sees um, Hildy again right mm-hmm. yeah I think in the yellow dress she's kind of like hiding behind some yeah. trees or something oh, she looks great Carrie Washington is beautiful yeah absolutely um, and I, I love that just kind of like these like haunting impressions of him because we still haven't yeah. met her yet you know this is all we know or these little snippets yeah of of uh, yeah. of Django's memory of her, and uh, Django is trying to show Candy that he's legit, right? Like he's he he goes up to one of the slaves and he's like, "What's it? What's he do? He he tells him off." Yeah, the guy keeps staring at him, and he he's like, "What you got? Something wrong with your eyeballs, boy?" And he's like, "No, sir. If you keep That's your right. goddamn eyeball eyeballs off me, I'm gonna put a boot in him." It's like, dude, Jesus, mm-hmm. he he's you know you he's like you he's like you guys listen up. I'm far worse than any <clears throat> any of these white boys here. So you just lace up and keep your goddamn eyeballs off me. It's like holy shit. Yeah, he's like, you get the molasses out of your ass, and you can keep your goddamn eyeballs on me. Yeah, I love <laughs> and that. Leo's just like Leo's just like he's a rambunctious sort, ain't he? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, this is when they kind of pause right before they go into Candyland. So I, I fully expect that I will fall in love with all of your beautiful, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I just wish to have specimens. A, right. Yeah. <clears throat> He's like, I just wish to have a bit of a conference with my, you know, uh, with my, with my friend and, uh, confidant. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's when they kind of sit down and uh, or they start talking about, start talking about Broomhilda really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Schultz confirms that Broomhilda is uh, at Candyland, and he's like, "Yeah, you sure?" So he's like, "He didn't call her by name, but she's a young lady with whip marks with whip marks on her back and speaks German." And then Schultz is like, "I think it's pretty safe." Yeah. And Schultz is like, "Don't get carried away with your retribution." Yeah, and, and this... he's like, "This is really important. I really like this. I like that." He's like, "You'll lose sight of what you what you came here to do." Right. Yeah, and I think that's. I think there's some bell of truth in that, but there's just something that, you know, like you said, you this is a part you're playing. You got to get dirty. You got to get into it. And I, I, I honestly think that this is more than what Schultz thought it was going to be, because yeah. you know now he's seeing people, you know, like you know people beating each other to death, and you know people betting on it and have no problem celebrating and watching this when clearly you and maybe one other person are the only people enjoying this fight in the room, you know, and this guy could fucking everybody else is just disgusted by it. Um, you know, and I don't think he's used to that, uh, kind of just, I don't even know what you call him, you know, like, just like a force of, I don't want to say a force of nature, but he's just this, just this greedy little fucking kid, almost like Calvin Candy. Like, you know, he just knows he can have anything. He's grown up there. He knows he's rich. Um, so like, I think, I think there's privileged, right. I think there's definitely some animosity there where Schultz is just like, this is really unnecessary. Like all of this, especially like you said, the little things when he's coming into the places, you know, and he's like, Hey, take your hat off, you know? And he's like, he's, he's extremely, uh, cordial. He has a lot of etiquette, you know, and he doesn't, uh, obviously someone like Calvin candy who kind of just does whatever they want and lets the consequences fall. I think that bothers him. I think that bothers him as a person because he's like, you know, there's, there's certain, alleyways and fun and functions and this is how we do things and it's like calvin candy just doesn't give a fuck about any of that um yeah exactly man uh, i love the hell out of it i yeah i love that he's like you know basically saying about you know you're telling me you know you in this business you said you got to get dirty you know i watched you know it was you know you had me shoot a man in front of his own son you know and he was like of course i remember like i love that you know, like you're <laughs> paraphrasing a bit but you are right. Yeah. I'll see you at Candyland. Yeah. 
Yeah, man, absolutely. So this scene moves on. They eventually get to this uh, this situation with D'Artagnan. Oh, Holy man. shit. Worst. This is, Holy this is shit. definitely like one of the hardest, if not the hardest part of the movie. It's a tough, it's a tough scene, man. I'll uh, I'll try and be quick with this, because damn, I can't fight for you, Monsieur Candy. Uh, he's just like pretty much given up. He's essentially he's run away from the plantation. Right. Um, he's just he's just done. And then this guy. Can we talk about Mister Stone Stone Cipher? No, oh, dude, that guy. <laughs> I can't like. I'm from the south, and I can't understand what he. He's like that guy in Hot Fuzz. Holy they have to have like shit. translate for yeah. it. Like the way he talks. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. But yeah, he's like Leo's. Just like I can't help my hear, hear myself think. Can you just shut those dogs up? He's like, quiet down, Marsha. Hush up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always thought that was. Uh, but yeah, man, tell me what he tell me how he deals with D'Artagnan here. Well, yeah, they. Um... Yeah, well, it's it's really kind of interesting because, again, we're starting to see this kind of gives us a little insight into Schultz. Schultz is starting to crack a little bit because, you know, obviously Candy is just toying with D'Artagnan and he's like, do you even know what reimburse means? You know, like wanting to get his $500, you know, and, and Schultz offers to reimburse him. And right away, Calvin, you know, you would give $500 for a one-eyed Joe couldn't even push a mop, you know, and he's, he's like, why are you doing this? And of course, I think Django, I think Calvin catches Schultz, but Django catches Calvin. And he's like, no, he won't. You know, he's just tired of seeing you toy with him. You know, this is a really important yeah. scene because, you know, basically now he's forced him, he's forced Schultz to be like, no, you're right. I don't want him. Like, I can't sit here and argue with you about this. Like, it'll be out of character. Like, I've got to just sit down and let this guy die, basically. And one interesting thing to note is when they pass the dogs off, like there's Mr. Stone Cipher and he's standing there with Calvin Candy. But when they pass the dogs off, it's another guy. He's got longer hair. He looks kind of like Mr. Stone Cipher, but it's actually Tom Savini. Um, uh, I picked that up. This this viewing, dude, I picked that up. Yeah. He's standing on the far right. Um, and that like they they form like a little bit of a semi a semicircle and he's standing on the on the far right. He's a Tarantino favorite. Oh yeah, and if I mean if, if you if you don't know who Tom Savini is, get the fuck out of here. I mean the guy's like a special effects <laughs> god. He's acted in so much stuff. He's in from Dust to Dawn. He directed like the nineteen ninety remake of Night of the Living Dead, which is actually really fucking good. Like it's actually a really good remake. Like I like it a lot. Um, but yeah, the guy's been in everything. Um, and I love seeing him just pop up even for two seconds right there. It's like, Hey, Tom Savini. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> they fucking set the dogs loose on D'Artagnan. And again, Calvin kind of catches Schultz. He's fidgeting and, you know, not, he's kind of looking off in the other direction and not wanting to have anything to do with this. And, you know, your boss looks a little green around the gills to get into Mandingo fighting, you know, and there's that whole dialogue. No, he's not used to seeing people being eaten by dogs. Oh, and you are. Well, no, I'm just a little more used to Southerners than he is. It's like, oh, my God, man, this dialogue, like you yeah. said, it's, it's friendly, but the animosity is, is twice as much exactly. as it's friendly. I think it's worth noting as well, the guy that plays uh, D'Artagnan um, was also recently in the latest Jason Bourne movie. He delivers that line that's in every Jason Bourne movie. Jesus Christ! It's Jason Bourne. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen one of those. Holy shit! You gotta watch the first three at least, my friend. Yeah, I've heard they are good. I actually know. I take that back. I saw the second one in theaters when I was like twelve, and I was like, "Why am I like mm. me and my friends were just going to want to see a movie?" I was like, "I don't even know what this is." Um, yeah, but yeah, so um, you know, Marsha and the bitches uh, chew up, chew up D'Artagnan, and 
It is rough. Yeah, very rough. And, you know, you can kind of tell that Django is starting to get a little antsy. He's like, now, Monsieur Candy. He's like, you know, please take me to your stock because if this is what you have, I'm not impressed. You know, he's like, dude, I'm done. You know, I, I want to see my wife. Like, I know she's here. I want to get her and get the fuck out of here. Like, you can kind of feel him pushing to get to that house and see her. Um, and uh, I did read um, something from Tarantino here. Tarantino originally had this scene to be much, much more brutal. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to quote Tarantino. Tarantino used the words... I did not want to traumatize the audience. Right. So this yeah. is what we get here is like toned down. And you, to be honest, you can tell it's a little t- toned down, but it's still very brutal. Yeah, it definitely it definitely gets the point across without being, you know, just overly. I Maybe you, I could have maybe like stood it a little bit longer, but not much longer after. It's like, God, dude, that's hard to, pretty hard to watch. Um, but yeah, after that, they, uh, they move up to Candyland. Yep, they move up to Candyland. Uh, this is a great entry to Candyland. Um, just the way this is shot. Like, uh, I really... Oh, dude, I, I appreciate the hell out of the cinematography in this movie. Um, so as they're rocking up to Candyland, who do we meet? Oh, fucking... Before, before, before they rock up. Who do we have here? Uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Holy shit. <laughs> This is such a memorable role for Sam and R. Jackson, man. I love this 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 whole this whole like bottom half of this movie with Sam L. Jackson. Uh we also meet um uh what's his name's wife oh, sorry, sister. Might as well be his wife. Oh yeah, Miss Miss Laura. <laughs> yeah, she's uh she's a fucking weirdo. Dude, the dialogue she is so weird. The dialogue between Steven and Django, you know, I love that, you know. I, uh, who, who is that up on that name? He's like, hey, you want to ask me? What do you say? He's like, you want to ask me my horse, my name? You, or you, you want to know their name? You ask me. You know, he's like, what you say? I'll snatch your black ass off that name so fast. Oh my like, god, dude, I like, he's he's like, so good. Calls him Snowball. Like that's so fucking. They're, they're who, dumb. who that, who that up on that name? Yeah. I love because so as soon as he introduces him, he's like, Steven, this is a uppity black fellow like yourself named Django. Y'all to hate each other. Like, I love <laughs> the way he introduces them. It's so great. But <clears throat> yeah, there, there's that explosion. Uh, My beautiful sister. Like, that's so. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, man. That threw me. That kind of threw me out of it for a minute at first. But I was like, oh, no, it totally adds to it later. This guy's creepy and banging his sister. Um,. But, but yeah, um, so obviously she's, uh, she's any, it's also, it's the little things. He's extremely affectionate. He goes out of his way to announce that she's like widowed, you know, uh, my, like my widowed sister. Yeah. Was like, Why do you have to, does that make you feel better? He chucks little things in there a little bit, like, like these little hints. Um, right. but anyway, <laughs> yeah, like Leo, obviously he introduces them, um, uh, everything, everything goes through. And then what do we find out? Where is Hildy? Tell me where Hildy is right now. So basically, yeah, Hildy has tried to escape, and I love Calvin's line. Well, how many fucking people tried to escape while I was gone, Stephen? You know, <laughs> um, but basically, she's tried to escape, and she didn't get very far. Luckily, the dogs were after D'Artagnan, so the dogs didn't get to her at all. But, oh yeah, um, luckily. Yeah, she's she's tried to escape, and she's been thrown in the hot box. Apparently, she's been in there for two days, and she's got like another ten to go. Or something like that. Fuck. Yeah. There's no way she's gonna. I. I, I honestly. I. How would. I don't. I don't see how would she would survive. Like there's just no Dude, way. Dude, I wish. I wish we had developed nukes by this point, and I wish we could just nuke these guys from orbit. Yeah. I hate. 
I've thought, uh, I've thought I about that before, no, like going back in time to like the battle of the the Battle of Stalingrad with like drones and just wiping <laughs> out Nazis and just like fuck you, fuck you, and like yeah, oh my god, or like going back. Have you seen Blade Runner yet? Twenty forty nine. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, how like when she's like fire, fire. Oh, she's yeah, getting like a pedicure just... and she's like fire, fire, dude. That's gonna happen to these guys, man. I hope so. We can only hope so. Um that somebody time travels and murders these fictional characters. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but, but uh, oh, um, one other thing as well that I don't want to blow past, um, how Jamie Foxx, how he's just got his hand ready to go on the, on the, on his revolver. Yeah. Like, um, because, because, um, sorry, Samuel Jackson is telling, uh, Leo, Leo wants to know what, what the treatment was what the punishment was mm-hmm. and jamie fox is like at the ready man he's right. like did the he's like how bad did mr stone stone his dog's terror up and then that's when he like cocks the the hammer back oh it's like that close-up and here steven's like lucky for her they was out chasing d'artagnan's ass right yeah that's that's yeah he's he's primed and like ready to go and i mean how could you blame him yeah especially after oh she might be chewed to bits and she's sitting in a hot box in the middle of the ground you know frying um it's like it's a, yeah. yeah it's enough to make anybody want to start pulling triggers i don't blame them um yeah man and then, and then we get this 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 slow motion really dragged out sort of scene where hildy essentially is being pulled out of the hot box man and like they're not a lot of movies do this to me like there's something about this scene that just you feel like you're there. You you feel like you can feel the heat, the mm. heat from that box. Like you know what I mean. Like when they pull her out and they just immediately dump the water on her. Mm-hmm. Like it's just there's something about it. There's something about it that make you just ugh. no for sure. It, it definitely like it. There's something about you know for for one just seeing. Uh, seeing like the 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 thing that she's in there's just like dirty water all on the bottom of it and you know just how how hot it must be outside you know mississippi in the middle of summertime it's like i know here i mean it gets it gets really really fucking hot in the summertime so i can only imagine how bad it is in mississippi but but yeah they do that they do that slow-mo drag of pulling her out and i love steve and he's like are you gonna stand there all day or you want to go in that little box out yonder you know and of course, it does that that Tarantino zoom on Django's face. I love that. Yeah, man. There is so this is. Uh, oh no, go on. Oh well, I, I was just going to say real quick. There is a little interesting side note that I think in uh, Tarantino's original script, it was Stephen who owned Candyland, but apparently, oh shit, apparently there was some kind of like legal problem with him owning it. So Stephen technically owned it, and Calvin was like the face of it. Like he he was wait wait there was a legal problem between uh, for a fictional character to own oh, a fictional no, no, no. place like, like in the like uh, like for some odd reason in Mississippi whatever um, you know he wasn't allowed to you know he wasn't he like a, a black person wasn't allowed to be a slaver now Django I think is supposed to be from out of a state he's supposed to be from another state oh I see what you mean right yep. so I think that Stephen isn't allowed to uh, be a black slaver and own slaves let alone own a plantation like that because it would just be outrage, you know. Um, hmm. 
But basically, in the original script, Stephen kind of ran things, and Calvin was more like the face of it, which is why, again, Stephen is treated totally different from the rest of these slaves. You know, it's like, oh, if you don't have a problem burning the sheets in the bed afterward, you know, and he's like, dude, he's back talking like crazy, you know, and like most of these people. Yeah, there are there are a few um, there are a few um, black folk here um, that get treated a little nicer than others. Like, there's this there's that chubby maid lady, right? Um, but yeah, no, go on, dude. I like, I totally get what you mean. Uh, it's that, that's actually an interesting note, man. Like, uh, the, that, um, you know, Stephen couldn't be a black plantation owner. Yeah. It's, it's something like that for whatever reason, Calvin was supposed to be, there's a lot of stuff that got cut out. Like Jonah Hill originally was going to own Broomhilda and he lost her in a card game and Calvin Candy shot him and just took oh, wow. Broom, killed Broomhilda. Like there's a bunch of stuff that got cut out. Um, but, uh, um, interesting. But yeah, it's... yeah. So, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna move on to the next scene. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, man. Uh, we move on to the dining scene, and this, to me, we were talking about the most iconic scenes in the movie, and the movie that's the the scenes that steal the movie. Uh, this is totally it. Oh god damn, this whole and it's just it's just people talking. It's just people talking. Like there's no. Before, now, uh, this, like, everything... Is this before or after Broomhilda goes to King Schultz's bedroom? I'm going to count it... Uh, okay, so, because they set up... You see them setting up the table. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to count all of that as the dinner scene. But, like, obviously okay, I will okay. count the the bedroom scene together. But, like, I'm just talking about them setting up the table, like, mm-hmm. kind of bit like a preamble, I guess. Right. Um, but, yeah, man, this... That whole dining scene, it's just... It, it, it blew my mind when I first saw it. Um, it was just so interesting to watch. It was so loaded with tension. Um, but we'll, we'll get there. But anyway, so the song Ankara Kui, Ankara Kui, Ankara Kui, uh, I don't know, but it's a great song. Um, it's very melodic. Uh, we see the slaves setting up the table, uh, for the great dinner that night. And then we pan up and go to Hildy's bedroom, uh, where... No, sorry, Schultz's bedroom, and uh, <laughs> the weird sister is bringing Hildy to Schultz. Like, oh god, I hate. Go on, girl, speak a little German. Uh, oh, god damn it, she face, fucking. Oh, just, just, just nuke her from orbit. If you could nuke one person, just please. Yes, Jesus Christ! Like she's so. I the do- love the doctor here speaks German. Oh. When she, when, you know, and you can tell he wants nothing to do with her. Christoph Waltz, he's very much like, yeah, nice, thanks. You know, and he's Oh, very my God, dismissive. the way he shuts the door. Oh, so good. <laughs> and her reaction just, her reaction just like, ah. Yeah. You know, oh. yeah, she just laughs it off. Oh, what a fucking stupid bitch. Um, he's like... <laughs> fucking, I'm sorry. Yeah, I hate her. I fucking hate she's her. Like, she's like, she's she's like, and I shall bring you. And then Schultz is like, much obliged. And then <laughs> yeah. door. Oh, if that fucking... door, if she, I wish that door just would have hit her in the face a little bit more. Um, <laughs> so good, dude. But yeah, dude, run me through this scene. I love, I love this. Oh yeah, actually, I wrote, yeah, I wrote down quite a bit of like quotes for this. Um, 
First thing, I th- first thing I wrote down is that I want uh, Christoph Waltz's beard. That uh, j- just you know, as he starts making that bed and he fixes, he's like fixing up his beard and tw- twingling his mustache. Like I have a decent beard myself, but I it's want Christoph. I <laughs> thank you. I want Christoph Waltz's beard. That's the only thing I think. Like that majestic silver gray is like that looks sweet. Um, but yeah, basically, I, 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 you know, you can tell. I think she's thinking she's up there, you know, as a comfort girl. You know, she's kind of like, uh, this is not what I want, you know. Yeah. Uh, but she's then like, he... I'm about to get destroyed by a German. Right. And I, I it's think... like a hundred years too early. Yeah. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think she definitely. And we just lost all of our German followers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. All, all six of them. Um, but yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think that there's, because uh, when he gets out and he puts the coat on, he makes up the bed. She's kind of like, what? Like, you know, I think that that right there is like an indicator to her just to like, just everybody calm down. You know, it's like nobody's going to do anything weird here. Um, you know, they start, they start speaking German and, you know, it's of course I'm aware that you haven't spoken German in quite, uh, in, you know, obviously a long time. So I'm going to, you know, talk slowly and use smaller words and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I love the line that he says. Actually, before before the door gets shut in Miss Laura's face, I, what does he say? He's like, I see all the passions you inspire are completely justified. It's like, oh, dude, so, good. so so such a good line. He's so smooth. If 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 her husband wasn't in the next room, he oh yeah, this silver fox oh, is two man. seconds away from oh, being in Kerry Washington. That's silver tongue. That's silver tongue. <laughs> but yeah, basically as. Uh, uh, as he's talking to her, he's like, you know, basically, I have a mutual friend or a mutual friend, and I have come a very long way to take you out of here. She's like, I don't have any friends. He's like, well, yeah, you have one. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yeah. Um, and here's what I want to ask you, you know, because she kind of starts, you know, her eyes start watering and she starts, you know, do you think she knows it's Django? Do you think she has? Any I think idea she's got an idea. Uh, I think. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, you, you'd kind of have to, right? I mean, like, who else is more important in your life? Like, who else did you run through the woods with, right? Like, as you were being chased by yeah. fucking crazy people. And like, like, who, who she must have had some back? idea, but she wouldn't have believed it. Like, mm-hmm. you'd have that doubt in your mind. You'd be like, no, no, there's no way. Like, there's no way. Like, the only other person I know is Django, and he's, you know, half he's halfway across the state. Right, yeah, I think that maybe maybe she does honestly think it's him, but it's just, it's just like her. She's been, you know, now that they've been split up and sold off, and you know, she's like, no, don't start doing that to yourself in your head. You know, this could be anybody. But um, you know, yes, our friend has a flair for the dramatic. He's like, so you know, are you sure it's not you, Schultz, that has a flair of the for the dramatic? Yeah, I'm right. pretty sure this was Schultz's idea. Right, Django is like, hey, I'm just gonna walk out and be like, hey, baby. He's like, no, 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 no. We gotta make no. we gotta make this complicated. <laughs> no, 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 no. You gotta stand behind the door and come out like a fucking hero. You are. Yeah, I love that. He gives uh, he gives him the three, the knocks, this three yeah. knocks, and he uh, and they come in. Oh, it's a uh, hey little troublemaker. Oh, I love so this good, hey man. little troublemaker. Uh, and then the line, Crystal. And then Warden. she just <laughs> she just falls. Yeah, just the, oh. she tips the water out <laughs> and just collapse and just collapses. But what what yeah. is what does Christoph Waltz say next? You silver tongue <laughs> devil, you. <laughs> <laughs> that's like one. Of the, yeah, that's like one of the, his best. You silver tongue devil. Like that's so. He's good. so good. He's so good. He won an Academy Academy Award for this role, dude. Oh yeah, and he totally deserves it. 
Yeah. Uh, and then and then we got the dinner scene. Yeah. For my notes, I put dinner with schmucks. Um, that's like <laughs> I, that's that's the best thing I could think to say because it's a long scene, man. Like it's a oh, long yeah. scene, and I was it's like, a long okay. scene. It's a set piece. It it definitely is a set piece. Like, like I mean, this is this is where this is where most of the action goes down. Right. Yeah. It's definitely this is this is the time that it hits that. I mean, basically, there's almost uh, it's almost like the climax of the story kind of kind of starts here and then moves to the upstairs. And then later on, there's like another climax to it when Django comes back. But, yeah, this is kind of where everything shit hits the fan, so to speak. You know, and there's there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, And, you know, they're talking about. Um, you know wh- how Eskimo Joe got his nickname. You know, uh, all, you know all, all these, all these different. Samson people. being the champion, right? Yeah, and yeah, I love Django. He's like Samson's champion. Those other two are pretty good, and I love, yeah. the, the and three. I love those three. Yes, <laughs> the dude. three servants just looking up, left, right, and then center. Yeah, they're all in unison, and it's just like, huh, huh, yeah. down, and it's yeah. so great. And I love, you know, of course, Stephen reacts to that, you know, negatively, and um, but um. But yeah, basically they wind up making the deal. Um, uh, or yeah, no, basically uh, b- before they make the deal for Eskimo Joe, uh, I love he's talking. You know, he's uh, Broomhilda fills up a string and he's speaking German with her, and he's like, "I see you two are getting along. He's like, Famously, you have no idea mm-hmm. what it's like to not hear your mother tongue in four years. Like, huh, I couldn't imagine two weeks in Boston. <laughs> like, that's." <laughs> Mo- Mogi's like choking on his food. That's actually a pretty funny yeah. part from Calvin. That is, he's full good. choking. Yeah. Like, was that was that like? Do you know if that was improvised or not? Because like he's like full on like choking on it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like I I hope it's I hope it's improvised. It's really funny. You know, it fits in really well with it. Um, but yeah, they basically they start going over. Um, they start kind of like going over the figures and he's saying that I would give $9,000 for Eskimo Joe if I was feeling generous. And he's like, oh, now hold on. He's like, the whole reason we're here is because of your ridiculous offer of $12,000. See, it wasn't you who came to me. Nope, sure wasn't. You know, and he's got Steven right there in his, his ear, just kind of, his just kind ear. of mockingbird. Everything Literally his right hand, man. Right. Um, and you know, you drive a hard bargain, Mr. Kenny, but Eskimo Joe, twelve thousand dollars. You know, and they sell them. Yeah, you know, of course that yeah gets Calvin happy, and they start. You know, they, but of course that is a lot of money. So I will have my Mister Tuttle, your Mister Mogi, sit down and hash out the finer details. You know, and I'll be back in five days' time. So basically, the charade part is over with. They don't need to keep this up anymore. Calvin's happy. He just made twelve thousand dollars. Everybody's happy. You know, everything's still going according to plan until fucking, fucking Miss Laura. Or Lara, whatever the fuck her name is, <laughs> Lana Lara, fucking bitch. I don't care. Immediately, just like, oh, you inbred. Can, yeah, you can speak all the German you want, but I think this one's got big eyes for Django. Like, oh, oh boy! As, as soon as she said it, Stephen just picks it up. Oh my, my asshole just like. <laughs> Like pucker <laughs> shut as soon as she said it, I was like, "God damn it, no!" And like I knew it's like it was a cigar cutter, right? And it was like it was like gonna it was gonna become something so big from something so small. I just knew it. There was no way it was just gonna slide under the rug. And of course, this is where Steven starts kind of. But it's attention. cool. It's it's cool because um, Leo Calvin Candy, the boss, he doesn't pick it up. It's Steven. It's Steven who. Mm-hmm. Who picks it up? And he's just like the way he looks over at at Kerry Washington at uh, at Washington, and then over to Jamie Fox, and he's like, "You know that guy, don't you?" 
Yeah. And then he's oh. like, who? Who? Don't who me, bitch. Oh, yeah. Who? Who? <laughs> Um, oh my god I but yeah it. that's a really tense scene you know he's like all right you know i'll uh you know I'll, I'll i'll you know i'll let you go you know i believe you i don't know why you know and um but uh but yeah again that's twelve thousand dollars for offering that's like 300 and i think it was three hundred and sixty-seven thousand dollars by today's standards Still a small price to pay for a human, though, man. Like, I mean, come on. Oh, right? yeah. Like, but, but it's, it, like, the uh, the guise of which they're buying it, like, like don't get me wrong, paying it for a human is absolutely disgusting. But it's like, this is $300,000 spent on somebody just to murder somebody. And these, he's yeah. like, you know, you're only going to get, like, five or six fights out of these guys. Like, look how hard they're fighting. Like, this doesn't yeah. make any fucking sense. Um but obviously Schultz has said that he wants to take his and make him part of the circus and bill him as the the Black Hercules. You know, I love that line. Yeah. Um, and then and then uh, there's 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 um, Samuel L. Jackson's little twist on it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that yeah. I'm not going to repeat. Yeah, <laughs> it's and it, oh my god, it always that's that line always cracks me up. But yeah, um, but yeah. Uh, Basically, he's kind of like, like I said, Stephen pays attention. And then after that, um, you know, that's when they kind of start talking about, uh, well, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but I think that's when they start talking about the, like the, the cuts on her back. And this, yeah, the- well, see, we can, we can kind of like, because of how long this dinner scene is, mm-hmm. we can kind of like, uh, not glaze over it, but I kind of want to, uh, there's think- a lot that's happening here. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to, to take in because the play setting just doesn't really move a lot. Um, but there's, you know, not everything needs to be covered. But there's, you know, there's obviously really good parts in here because it is such a long bit. There's a reason why all of this takes place in one room, and it's kind of like one of our not a climax, but we definitely see things kind of like the exposition is starting to rise and giving us one of our final con, uh, climaxes. But um, but yeah, just uh, I love, uh, you know, I just I, I love as they're talking and uh, and, you know, and he starts, you know, he's like, so did, when you when you were upstairs with you, did you just speak German? Did you take a clothes off, you know, and he's like, no, no, we just spoke German. You know, that's it. Um, and that's one of the only times where Laura actually I dig her character because they, you know, take her back out, start showing her all these. Stra- and it's, I think it's Stephen who brings it up. He's like, you know, oh man, a science yeah. like this, because he wants to. He's now he's watching Django. He's baiting him, and he fucking yeah. falls for it, man. Yeah. He fucking falls for there's it. There's so there's so many like subtleties that are happening here. He's literally holding her dress open from the back, and then he's like watching Django's reaction. Oh. Um, but yeah, as you said, Miss Laura's pretty good here. Ain't she's like, ain't no one want to look at her whipped up back? She's like, put it away, and <laughs> Calvin. This is another reason why I think those two are banging because Calvin listens to her. Yeah, right. It's like, uh, yeah, there's there's definitely something. There's definitely something. Thank God their parents are probably dead. Not to see their, not to see their, uh, like half spawn, like mentally challenged uh, kids. Like, oh my god. Um, hey, dude. Well, they probably got it from their parents. Yeah, probably right. <laughs> they're, they're, it's like that episode of X Files called Home. Have you ever seen that? Dude, I still gotta watch X Files. Oh, dude, watch Home is like one of the scariest episodes they have, and it's really it's it's inbreeding and stuff. It's disgusting, um, but I like to pretend. Actually, really interesting. Um, I was gonna say I like to pretend that Calvin and Laura are like the ancestors of this inbreeding family in the X Files. Um, but, <laughs> but what's really funny is that 
Tarantino has said that Django and Broomhilda, Broomhilda von Shaft, they're actually the ancestors of Shaft, like the character Shaft, you know, like. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's such a cool connection. Especially with who plays fucking Shaft in the movie. Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. I was like, dude, that's fucking cool. Yeah. Um, Apparently there's a, a sequel or a remake coming and he's in it too. Oh, really? I didn't know about that. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I saw an image the other day. But anyway, um, we get this another kitchen scene. Mm-hmm. Why are you lying to me? And he's like, I don't. I'm not. She's like, I ain't. Yeah. I ain't lying. Why are you Why are you? And then he's like, then why are you crying? She's like, you're scaring me. He's fucking horrifying, Dude. by the way. Oh, that, his makeup and like his intensity. That little tuft of white hair like at the top of his forehead. Like I don't know. There's something... <laughs> So unsettling about yeah. him. You stay right, yeah. You know, oh, his voice yeah. is, is is terrifying. But that's when Stephen. That's right when King Schultz is making his. He's like, you know, trying. You know, like like Stephen is about to say, he's about to buy what he really came here to buy. And Stephen, this is another kind of fuckery. I know it's a movie. I gotta fucking just get off of it. But Stephen is assuming oh, for a fuck's lot. sake, Colin, dude. Stephen is Stephen is assuming so much. <sighs> I know, dude. I know. Oh my but god, it's not that. It's not that. I think. I think if you take everything into context, like he's probably never seen a free black guy before. So he's like, he's approaching it with caution. Mm-hmm. And then add, add that into the way he's acting as well. He's acting super fucking confident, right? Django is like super confident here. Um, so you've already got that. You've also, you've already got like Samuel L. Jackson not liking him to begin with. And then you've got like these little seeds that have been kind of planted by, um, Mrs. Inbred over there. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm fine with this dude. Like, I'm totally fine with this. I, I can let it go because he's a nosy old fucking bastard. Like you can tell, he's just <laughs> he's just up in everybody's shit, and he's you know I, even if there wasn't something here legitimately, he would. I feel like he would might spring for something being there anyways, just because he hates obviously hates Django and obviously hates uh, hates Broomhilda. But I I, I think that yeah, uh, yeah I, I I don't know. This is just again, it's a movie. I gotta kind of give it some leeway, but it's something where I'm like, okay, so right away you. Like I can understand you putting together that Broomhilda knows Django, but the fact that somehow that just throws out the fact that they're both bounty hunters and like you figure all this out just from the fact that they know each other. Like again, it's a movie. I've got to let some of it go. Like I get that, but this is why I have a podcast so I can say, wait a minute, fuck you. Like this shit has bothered me about this movie for fuck years. You asshole. Yeah, <laughs> it's like this movie has bothered me. Uh, parts of it has have bothered me for years. And I've discussed it with friends and gone over stuff, you know, because a lot of my friends are into Tarantino. Uh, but yeah, nobody really has this problem, I guess, as much as I do, because I'm an asshole. But um, but no, really, I, dude, like it's 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 a good point for sure, right? I mean, I would, I'd love to get other people's ideas on it. Like, if if anyone out there has any ideas, send us an email at midnightdoublefeature at gmail dot com. Like, mm-hmm. because it's it's super interesting. Um, I I personally think it's justified. Um, I think it's just it's there's a little bit there's a a little bit of human nature that goes into it like the that sort of like natural curiosity that steven might have mm-hmm. um especially because he's never seen a free black guy before 
But yeah, I, th- I, I yeah, I think that Steven kind of does have some problems with with Django because, like you said, he's never really seen a free black guy before. There's probably a lot of animosity, you know, a lot of well, this guy seems to be doing fine. Like, why did I spend my entire life here? You know, kind of that way. And I think he's kind of pushed beyond the level of like servant like this guy is like loves this family and he's a part of this family and and he's like i don't know like have you ever seen the boondocks the american cartoon boondocks dude that like uncle ruckus is a character that is just like steven like he's (laughs) he's black uncle ruckus yeah his name's uncle ruckus dude he hates black people he's black and he he like hates black people like loves white people like he like Stephen from this feels just like Uncle Ruckus from Boondocks like check it out sometime that guy is fucking insane and hilarious it's hey, really I funny. got a question for you though yo shoot did he um did he create a ruckus all the time oh fuck you dude <laughs> <laughs> all right man uh, so moving on uh, we get uh, yeah so Samuel L Jackson whispers in Leo's ear meet me in the library. <laughs> yeah and then uh yeah and, and then fuck it but i love i love how it's like uh what what kind of cake was it white white cake yeah, oh, like, yeah. we're having we're having white cake uh, what could possibly what, what 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 possible things could be brewing back there yeah oh uh, but he's like um as talented as they are in the kitchen Sometimes adult supervision is required. Fuck you. What an <laughs> asshole. Oh, such a good line, though. Such a good, like, condescending line. Mm-hmm. He's just like, if you'll excuse me a moment, he hands his uh, tea towel over to the fucking person, walks back. He's like, you may clear the dinner service. But and, and I'm, I'm always thinking, like, what if these guys aren't done eating? <laughs> yeah, I kind of thought that, too. I Like, miss, like you see Mogi reaching for something off his plate as it's being yeah. taken away, you know. I'm like, I'm like you fucking dick. Right. <laughs> Just like, assume assume that we're done eating. Yeah. Uh, you don't tell that to, to a fat guy like me. I was going to say. I want to eat more. I'm like 6'4 and like 300 pounds. Like, if you try to take a plate away from me, you're going to draw back a nub. Like, there's no way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like do not try to take a plate away from me me oh man all right and then we get this <laughs> i love the way this shot opens it's just like the back of samuel L. jackson's head mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's uh anyway so they're they're talking about um <sighs> essentially just samuel L. jackson lays it all out right he's like he's like they know each other uh, he's like, uh, but he, okay, so this is essential because, like, to your argument, because Samuel Jackson doesn't fully know the entire story. Mm. He just knows that they know each other. Right, yeah, he's basically, he's assuming, he's assuming a lot that, I mean, it, which, I mean, it doesn't take a lot to figure out, like, okay, well, if they know each other and they're here to buy her, then they're probably not Mandingo experts. So if they're not Mandingo experts and they're wasting all the time, all of our time, who the fuck are these guys? And that really becomes like Calvin's thing. You know, that you know he's like, those time-wasting sons of bitches. You know, he seems way more pissed off about that. And he's like, you know... The, sons of bitches. Right. He's like, oh, that $12,000 made you friendly, didn't it? He's like, very. You know, and he's, he's very pissed off that his Southern hospitality has been taken advantage of. Um, but he's definitely going to... I'm not going to say he has the last laugh, but... On, on King Schultz, you know, he's this is the first time we've seen somebody who's like one step ahead of King Schultz and sets things up in a way to to kind of have the whole room turned on him, which is like what can't what Calvin does when he comes back in with that that skull. Um, 
you yeah. know, when he when he brings that back in with him, you know, and he's he's got this whole thing set up and planned in his head, and they have no idea what's coming. And I think that I think that bothers Schultz because uh, Schultz is not used to being put in that position. Um, but he goes on to talk about this is the skull of old Ben. You know, he took care of my daddy's daddy and my daddy and me, and he shaved my dad's neck for 50 years, three times a day. He's like, now, you know, I would have slit my daddy's throat, and I wouldn't have waited no 50 years to do it neither. And basically, he's talking about the study of phrenology, which is totally outdated and absolutely racist, um, talking about with, you know, if you were to take apart the skull of an Isaac Newton, Isaac Newton you know, you'd find these three dimples in creativity. But with African American It's so barbaric. Oh, Dude, basically saying that the three dimples for them are in this are in the one are in the area of the brain uh, closely related to servitude, and that they are basically built and bred for this is his, is his argument, um, and and yeah, like uh, like the whole thing just leads up to him talking about he just know, starts sawing this thing open on the fucking table. Yeah, right. Not bothering anybody. Like you know, it's like it's insane. You have all the correct utensils to do this. Like just at hand. That's kind of fucked <laughs> I up. I know. Um, I know. But yeah, the whole conversation leads in his, him talking to Django. He's like, because no, no matter how bright and how special you are, those dimples are are, are in your skull, you know. And that's that's when Butch kind of bumps, kind of throws open the door, and you know, Leo lets out that scream, you know, you put your hands down on that turtle shell tabletop, or I have Mister Butch empty both these barrels into your yeah. backside, you know. It's like holy shit. I it, love how he how he specifies turtle shell, right? Multiple times, right? Yeah, and it's 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 absolutely like it's totally an unnecessary thing, but at the same time I kinda like it. You know, it's the same thing with like Lubbock, Texas. Like there's just kind of like this turtle top <laughs> yeah. table shot. Like there's something about it. I just like the way that it's said, but but yeah, the everything goes from zero to eighty real quick real quick. You know, there's there's been some lies told around this table tonight, you know, and, and going on about basically how they're full of shit. Um, so yeah, he's got Butch who's got the guns on him and he has Mr. Mogi go and take the the, the six shooters off their hips which i love he's like doctor and he goes and gets Django. he's like jackass and takes his takes his pistol away from yeah. him <laughs> i always love that jackass right yeah um but but yeah so basically calvin lays it out he's like you know you're not here to buy a mandingo you said you're you you know you said uh you're looking for the right you know n-word you know he's like now it appears that broom hilda is the right one and my asking price is twelve thousand dollars it's like oh my god like so basically he takes the tur- takes the tables and flips it on him you know they, they have no intention of ever paying this twelve thousand you know they're basically buttering him up to get you know just buy her for three hundred dollars and then just be done um but yeah they totally flip it on him uh and especially when they bring Broomhilda in oh my god you know and it's that what is now you know so so iconic with um with him smashing his hand on the table and getting the actual glass, Leonardo DiCaprio like cut his hand open and had all that. That was a real thing, folks. He yeah. really cut his hand and kept acting. Um, yeah, but it's also worth noting that that's not his real blood on no. Hilda's face. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, Carrie Washington and Quentin Tarantino loved that scene so much that they got actual fake blood. Um to smear all over her face but yeah man this is like a testament to this this actor like he just kept on going Mm -hmm. he just kept on performing especially like my favorite part is when he uh they're they're both still sitting down Django and schultz and then he he just slides everything off the table and puts Broomhilda's head down to the table and lifts the hammer oh, and Django man. stands up. It's uh, like one movement. Oh, dude, it's so fast. And you look at 
Yeah, I mean, th- th- that's why I said, like, there's subtle things this time that I go back and watch. Like, how red his face is, and he's screaming. His yeah. voice starts cracking. You know, what's it going to so be? Intense. You know, it's, yeah. oh, it's so intense. It's so intense. Um, but, like, even just the way he's handling Carrie Washington, it looks brutal, dude. Like, as an actress, like, how do you take that? Right, yeah, he's just, like, jerking her around like a fucking, like, yeah. like he's carrying around a lamp. You know, it's like, what the fuck? Um, but, yeah, so... But, uh, yeah. So Schultz, Schultz, like, just kind of reacts and hands over his, like, what is it, wallet or whatever money they have. Um, he he can tell he's visibly distressed. He's like, holy shit, man, this is kind of, this is this is a lot out of my this is really out of my hands. But he still remains like a cool and calm customer. Mm-hmm. Um, so Stephen Stephen confirms the money that's in there, and then just fucking Leo goes bang on the table with the hammer, and Kerry Washington just fucking brings her head back and starts crying yeah like like calvin's got a lot of good jump scares in this like there's a lot of spots where you're not expecting it and it hits and you know sold to the man with the exceptional beard and it's like oh my god like his voice and the way he delivers those lines it's just it's just so brutal um but he's like now you uh, now we will retire to the parlor where we will be having white cake yeah, white cake. White. He, has to, he has to pronounce the H. It's like white cake. Cool, cool whip. Um, cool whip. <laughs> but um, but Why yeah. Why are you saying like that? Cool whip. Yeah, I'm not saying it like anything. Say cool, cool. <laughs> now say whip, whip. Now say cool whip, whip. cool whip. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they 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 do. They go into the parlor. There's the woman They're signing the the bill of sale. Yeah, that woman playing the. Playing the uh, the harp, Furleys. yeah, and yeah, playing playing Beethoven, and you know, just the whole time it's cutting in between these scenes of Schultz thinking about D'Artagnan getting ripped to shreds, and oh, it's obviously you know really starting to bother him to the point where he gets a take your hands off the hop, you know, and he he freaks out on her, you know, that's like the most, yeah, that's probably the most negative that character gets. Uh, no, just... it's the most. It's the most. Um, it's the most unhinged he gets too. And like, if you look at him, I love this this thing that Christoph Waltz has on his face. It's like it's it's under his eye. It's like a vein. Um, yeah, I noticed just, that. It, it, yeah, it adds to it so much. Like the distress, like how stressed out he is. He's running his hands through his his fingers through his hair. Like like he's just he can't sit still. He can't let this guy win. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's that's essentially why he does the whole handshake that's coming up. You know, I, I think like he doesn't, he just doesn't want this evil thing to win, right? And they have that whole thing about you know, um, you know, uh, basically uh, when they start. To, was, I was thinking about Alexander Dumois. He's like, I assume that you're a fan. You named one of your slaves after the main character of one of his books. And he's like, uh, I wonder what he would think about what happened today. You don't think he would approve? I, I believe his approval would be a dubious proposition at best. And oh, so, so, soft, soft-hearted Frenchy, Alexander Dumas was black. You know, I, I love oh. that law. So good. And just the look just on the Calvin's. Just the way, and like, he's got nothing to say after that as well. Calvin's just like, oh, well, fuck me. Yeah. If you fuck, fuck me for not doing my research. Right. It's like, A, you're a Francophile, and B, you own slaves, and you don't <laughs> know that this guy is black, and I think he was like black and French, I think. Um, yeah. But just insane. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, and I put I put in my notes, both of them are just insanely civil. Like, given an outstanding, yeah. you know, if none of these people were here right now, they would just be, you know, bludgeoning each other to death. Like, 
but they're just still so civil up until the end. And of course, you know, he signs the papers and King Schultz ready to go. And he's like, I would say I'll be one more moment, doctor. Right. God, that's, that's such a good scene. You know, and if I don't shake your hand, are you going to throw away $12,000? I don't think so. You know, and just the whole thing, a deal is not a deal in Chickasaw County until you shake my hand. Even after all that paper signing and bullshit don't mean anything unless you shake my hand. He's like, you really want me to shake your hand? I insist. Oh, I uh, insist. Okay, this in my notes is where I've written. I'm going to take a big fat shit on this movie. Um, oh, because boy. This... I'm going to disconnect this call, and <laughs> I'm going to. This is where I'm going to insert the 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 outro music for our podcast. So it's been fun, guys. Have a good night. <laughs> It'd be so funny to hear the music. I'm like, hey, yeah, This this is my biggest problem is that um, he gets up, walks over, shoots him in the chest. Now, in the time it takes. Cal- Calvin Candy to fall and he he falls you know it cuts to Steven Calvin you know and that dude I laugh my ass off Calvin. every time every time it cuts to him I fucking giggle like a little girl I can't help uh-huh. it um but this is what bothers me about the movie is we've seen this gun before and he when he shot Bill Sharp he shot Bill Sharp in the stomach and if you watch from the overhead view he like spins the gun in his hand like he's reloading the gun and it only takes a matter of, like, seconds. Like, this has bothered me since day one from this movie because, obviously, nobody wants to seeing, seeing, see Christoph Waltz's character die. Um, he's such a good character. You know, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to see him go. And I think that... I, I think that you can still have him go, but just not in this fashion. Like, what bothered me about it is that there's more than enough time for him to reload that little gun and turn around and shoot the closest person next to him, which is the only person in the room with a gun. Like, if you go back and watch him shoot Bill Sharp, he reloads that gun in, like, maybe like less than five seconds. And there's so much time... You know, Calvin falls, it cuts to Steven screaming, you know, it cuts to Butch looking over his shoulder, and then it cuts to um, Christoph Waltz saying, I'm sorry, I couldn't resist, you know, and then he gets you know, shot with the shotgun. It's like, dude, you just left these two these two people in the middle of a plantation in Mississippi with a hundred guns coming after them, and you just murdered the plantation owner. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why would you leave them? Like, I understand that you couldn't help yourself. I get it. But we're talking about a character who has never shown his ass like that. He's never walked into something without some crazy brilliant plan behind it. Like, maybe that's why he finally just says, fuck it, and shoots him. But I feel like somebody who has, who's that successful... And, you know, has has this much money to throw around to be getting into these kind of endeavors would not be taking a, a, just an uncalculated risk like that. It, it bothers me because not even so much, oh, you reload and you shoot him and you're all fine. I still don't have a problem with Christoph Waltz dying. I think it would have been better they turn around, shoot Butch, they get some guns, you know, they get pinned down. Christoph Waltz gets shot and boom, Django, you know, goes off and, uh, for, for, to the LaQuint, uh, the Quentin Dickey Mining Company. Like... You don't have to kill him here. You can't kill him. It's not a problem. It's just in this context. Like, I don't, like, if the gun only shot one bullet, if they had only ever showed me that, I would have had no problem with it. I would have been like, oh, that's just how it happens. It's a one-shot gun. I understand that. It's like a mini, it's a hidden revolver. But when I see him reload it and shoot the guy for a second time and very casually in under, like, five seconds, I was like, why didn't he just reload? Like, 
That's so dumb. You just turned around just to have one cool one-liner before you get shot with a double-barrel shotgun. I was like, I just, I don't understand any of it. Like, because then, like I said, you're leaving these two people in the middle of this place with all these guns after them. They're obviously going to be after them. And you've left them in a worse situation, you know, than they were kind of previously been. And if you'd have just, you know, shook the guy's hand and walked off, like, do I think Calvin would have let him live? No. But, you know, it would have been enough time for them to figure something out um, to kind of, you know, stop their stop their murder and maybe get the fuck out of there. But I just always always disagree with that and I, it's one it's always bugged me about the movie uh, and anybody please if i'm wrong if anybody know if this is a real gun and or i've missed something completely please let me know but i watched this like twice a day and rewatched those scenes specifically just to see how that gun was loaded and reloaded and i definitely think that uh i definitely think that there's enough time for him to load that gun, turn around, shoot him, get the salt off, get the pistol, and then start shooting your way out of there. Like, uh, it's just, I don't know. It's always bothered me. And now that's that's my rant, though. My rant is over now. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you done crying, you little bitch? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I'm kidding, man. I'm, uh, uh, look, let me address this. I mean, this is my take on it. I do get that, and I did have that issue at the start, man. This movie has not always been one of my favorite movies forever. Um, there definitely were, were some issues when I first saw this, um, and that was definitely it. Like, there was a lot of time. But, dude, watching it now... I don't feel like there was a lot of time. I mean, sure, Steven ran all the way over before the shotgun blast happened, right? But, I mean, let us let me start off with Christoph Waltz dying here. I, I know you said you agreed with him dying, um, but maybe not in this fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, he should have died for sure. Like, I, at this point in the story, he doesn't really have that much to do with it only because he's already passed all of his values onto Django. He's taught Django everything he knows. Right. Um, and Django becomes, basically, he starts carrying the same values that Schultz does. Um, so we don't need another Schultz. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. He's kind of like Obi-Wan no point. in New Hope. It's like, okay, I've passed this on right. now. Like, That's right. That's that's a great analogy, yeah. Um, in terms of like going out this way, I, I do... <sighs> I don't think he was thinking about about leaving these two in this plantation, um, like you know what I mean. Like, I think throughout the movie he's been built up to be this character, this character that's so good and is so well spoken and well mannered that like something so jarring has made him crack. Mm-hmm. Um, something so something so brutal, something so violent has just absolutely eaten away at him for so long. Right. Well, not even so long. It'll probably be a day or two, but like, it's eaten away at him, and like, essentially, it's just made him crack. And it, like, that is juxtaposed by how the movie set him up before, right? Like, the for the last two hours, two hours and ten minutes, we're watching this guy being the nicest person on the planet. Um. But then, you know, it's kind of saying, hey, these crimes are so bad. These crimes, Calvin Candy is such a bad character, such a bad person that he needs justice and he needs justice done to him now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's what's going through Christoph Waltz's sort of mind. Like, not Christoph, you know what I mean, King Schultz. Right. Um, And like, in terms of like the practical part of it, like him having time to reload 
it doesn't really bug me. Uh, I, I don't I don't know why. It doesn't bug me as much as it does some other people because I've heard this complaint from other people as well. Um, it it does it really doesn't bug me. Like I love the way that he just sells it. He's like, I'm sorry. It just it I couldn't resist. You know, it it had to be done. Um, and he just accepts his fate. Like he's you know. It, I I like that. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just uh, this this scene, this scene, especially when I saw this in the cinema. Like my first reaction was, "Holy fucking shit, they killed Leo!" And then it was like, "Holy fucking shit, they killed Christoph!" Yeah, they killed um, a lot of people th- real quick. Secession. <laughs> this this is very Tarantino, right? Like this is very uh, Reservoir Dogs. Let's kill everyone in like a span of two minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, dude. Uh, look, that's that's where I come down on it. Um, I'm not, you know, I will concede things for the movie at some points, as I have before. Like we've been talking for what nearly three and a half hours now. Um, mm-hmm. Like I've I've conceded that there are some things that I can't explain. Um, but to me, man, it doesn't affect the movie for me at all. Like um, I think. I think the way Tarantino set up this movie as kind of like a dark comedy, really dark comedy, um, and just a fun uh, adventure, um, mm-hmm. I think it kind of goes in with that. I can see it. Like, because, yeah, at some point, it do- it doesn't ruin the movie for me to a point that I can't watch it. I love everything up to it and after it. But just that one part has always bugged the dog shit out of me. And it's it's not the end of the world, but it is something like I like I personally it would have bothered me had that been like, you know, and obviously he's fucking Quentin Tarantino and I'm, I'm a guy sitting in a closet right now recording a podcast. You know, it's like he's he's obviously knows a great deal more about this than the I do. The fuck is that supposed to mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but like it, at some point you just kind of have to let that go, you know, because it's not it's not ruining the movie for me, but it does take me. It kind of takes me out of it a little bit sometimes just because it's like I'm just that – sometimes I do become that guy. You know, only when – you know, if there was just like no time or he went to reload and the gun locked, you know, you know, just kind of jammed and then he got sh- then he got shot. Like that's a little bit different. I can buy that a little bit more. But when something like that happens – If he was if he was, if he he was, was to get shot while he was reloading and he looked surprised, it just – it wouldn't suit it, I don't think. The movie, it wouldn't have been that great. Because like Schultz, like you said earlier, he's never surprised. He's never, you know, caught off guard. He's always kind of planned everything out. Right, yeah. And I think that's, yeah, I I, I don't know. I think we'll, like, I, I can definitely see your point. And I think you definitely see mine. I think we'll have to, we have reached an impasse because it's like there's, <laughs> it, it doesn't ruin the movie for me, but it is definitely, as somebody who likes screenwriting and scripts and into stuff like that it it, bo- it bothers me a lot you know it, it like yeah it, that's fair it, enough man it, and strictly a script like not like a film way but it, it does bother me but moving on past my my bitch fest 2018 um <laughs> but uh but yeah uh well dude i just talked for like fucking 10 minutes straight you you where, where are we going with this scene what happens after all oh, right and this is uh i i've always loved this shot of this slow motion shot of just christoph waltz flying through the back while all the books are just the papers being shredded and samuel L. jackson and um he's just carrying he's just holding um calvin in his arms just mm-hmm. just in slow motion man it's just something beautiful about it um, 
But yeah, dude, this whole scene just escalates into probably what might want to like. It's probably my one of my favorite gunfights. Oh, I dude, love the hell out of this man. Like he just uh, we 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 pull out of slow motion so quickly. It zooms out. Django just immediately goes for Butch's revolver, pulls it out, bang, smashes right in the Butch. Fucking chest, dude! Like right, right on in the his chest. Heart. Like oh, right in the chest. Yeah, he misses Mowgli. Carrie Washington screaming. Mowgli just cops one through the back, man, and he just stumbles dude. into the into the like next to the staircase, and just fucking Django comes flying out of that room, man. Like he just. He's just already in the air as he just shoots Dude, this guy next he, to the door. He fucking jumps. I can't see it. This is like one of my favorite parts. Like, as, bi- as big as the shit I just took, this is one of my most favorite parts of this movie <laughs> because he shoots he shoots Mogi or Mowgli or whatever, and as he's, like, stumbling out the door, he, like, Django jumps out the door backwards, yeah. so he lands back backwards. to back and on Mowgli and then shoots the two guys at the door, and it's like, holy shit. And yeah. then... The yeah. the f- hilarious part is as he's shooting, you know, as people are shooting at Django, they're hitting Mowgli. And he's, he's, yeah, he, he keeps getting fucking shot. He keeps getting shot, dude. <laughs> but like seriously, the the maneuvering around here, like it's just it's so good. And let's talk about the violence. Holy oh, shit! Dude. There's Ultra like violence. blood everywhere, man. It's like there is like, like a lake. It's it, like a lake of blood. It's like full on like arterial spray of just like blood, yeah. like oh my, it's so yeah. much. Yeah, man. So there's four guys just bust through the door. They just absolutely cop fucking lead. It's it's so crazy, yeah. man. And like the people are yelling, "Damn it, fucking get the!" And then it's just <laughs> Django's out, man. Like so, he's got to dive. He's got to dive for the center and get that guy's gun off his back. Yeah. Um, and I love the sound here. Like the sound, the sound of the blood. You can hear the the, the <laughs> thick, gooey. Yeah, the gooey nature of it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man, this this, I, this their their dialogue as they're shooting and being shot. You know who in the fuck gave a goddamn a gun? Yeah. And it's like, oh my yeah. god, dude, it's so yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking funny. Yeah. Like their dialogue is insane. And he's, this and happens to yeah. another guy. He gets caught in the middle of it. He gets shot in the knees like four times. And he's like, "You yeah. shot me, you stupid son of a bitch!" It's like, yeah, it I've is always hysterical. loved. I've always loved this shot of like Django coming around the corner and they, like he has to put his left hand somewhere to land and he puts it on the guy's ass. Yeah, right. I don't know yeah, why. I've, I've noticed so that before. Awkward. Like if he if he'd have just given it like a real light squeeze, like huh? Yeah. Like yeah, huh. <laughs> this is comfy. Well, I'm probably, um, I'm probably, probably, I'm probably about to die. I might as well just give this a whack. Um. Yeah, let me <laughs> let me fill this guy up. Yeah, but uh, man, everyone in here just gets annihilated. There is just so much blood. Ugh. So much blood. Um, and then it kind of becomes round two, right? After he's killed the guys at the door, like right. more guys show up and just right. absolutely start destroying it. Yeah, he takes out uh, one and guy like the shield and starts shooting at yeah. him. And that one guy gets shot like six times. Like, good God. Yeah. What about the collaterals, dude? Like he shoots the guys like through, and the bullets go through. Um, yeah, that's a beautiful shot. That's really, really yeah, good. Yeah, man. Yeah, um, but this is also where we get that the, the song. I'm not too really. I'm not really too sure who's who this is by, um, but it, it goes really well with the with the scene. Um, I love how he shoots the guy in the elbow, and then he controls the guy's arm. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> while using him as a mate shield. Yeah, and like, oh, dude, he shoots that one guy, shoots the light bulb next to him, and all the glass goes in the guy's oh. eyes. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm blind, I can't see. Yeah. Like, all these guys, just holy shit. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it, it's yeah, it's great. And I think uh, I, I think it's it's definitely one of my favorite shootouts. It just looks really great, uh, especially with just the pacing of things. Like, there's a lot of stuff that... You know, you can. There are a few slow mo spots like in it, like when he shoots and those bullets rip through, you know, the wall and hit those guys or whatever. But a lot of it is just so fast paced, like it leaves you wanting more because it's over so quickly. Absolutely, man. But he's just blah, blah, blah. Especially the old school revolver way of, you know, you've got to cock the hammer back before you shoot. I love the sound of the guns. Oh, dude. The audio, yeah, is, is absolutely crazy. But then, um, so those guys get ladders, they get up to the second floor, they've got repeaters, um, and Steven's like, stop shooting, god damn it! Stop, <laughs> stop shooting! Uh, uh, so, yeah, Django gets captured. What do you think about that? He gets captured. Um, Billy Crash is holding a gun to Kerry Washington's head, mm. and he's like, I'll, I'll blow our brains out. Samuel Jackson's like, that there's a promise. Yeah, I think... Um... I don't know. I, I thought, I thought inevitably. I, I first time I saw it, I thought they were gonna shoot her. Honestly, I was like, dude, they're gonna shoot her. I was like, she's not worth all of this trouble. You know, they'd rather just be rid of her because as long as she's here, he's gonna keep coming back. Like, like I, I'm, not, I'm totally surprised they just didn't shoot her. Honestly, the first time I saw it, and then I was like, well, movie would be kind of over and depressing real quick. Um, but, but yeah, they, they uh, yeah, he winds up coming out of there and. Um, I think that's when we get the the sometimes I feel like a motherless yeah. child. That's yeah. a, we, we actually had to sing that for a play once, and it was so weird. Oh, that's awesome. I, I did a play and sang it, and then like uh, like six years later, I hear this, and I was like, hey, I know that song. I thought it. Oh, like, nice, I, I, yeah, it was really nuts. Kind of just a little trivia there for you. Um, we, we get that um, awesome overhead shot and just see the decimation. Oh, above. dude. And the, all the guys with rifles on the sides oh, of the frame. Such like, an amazing shot. Oh, it's great. And then, and then we cut to black, and it's Jamie Foxx hanging from his feet. Big balls, big dick, just <laughs> flopped out. Yeah, do you think that's re- now? Do you think it's really his junk? You think so, or do you think it's no, something like? No, I think it's a, I think it's a body double. I think it's a body double from the top down, but um, where you can see the, his whole body from the side when Billy Crash comes up, I think that's him. Yeah, because like, yeah, he comes up and fucking just grabs a hold of his balls, you know, just, real tight. Just, just like, grabs mm. his. Yeah, he just grabs it, and I'm like, and now my balls hurt. <laughs> yeah, I put Billy Crash is terrifying and definitely a closeted homosexual. Like, like there's there's no <laughs> doubt in my mind that Billy Crash is gay. Like, not saying there's any Dude, problem with that. He would have a problem you know with You know what else gets me? What's that? You know what else gets me here? Just the way he kicks, like, with his boot, the his face shield. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why. Like, him just, like, kicking his shield, his face mask to wake him up. Oh, I don't know. There's something about that. Yeah, he's just everything about this guy is just intrinsically offensive. Like you know, and he's yeah. he sticks his knife in there in the in the in the coals and lets it heat up, and then goes over and grabs him by the balls, and he's like, "Now hold on, I got you." Like he's trying to be yeah, nice man. about it, and I'm like, "Oh, and fucking never been more happy to see Samuel Jackson show up." And he's like, "Well, she didn't." Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, he's, yeah, yeah man, uh, Walton Goggins is so good. 
Dude, yeah, he was first thing I really, really saw him in was I think Predators. I think he popped up in that. Uh, like uh yeah. and I'm sitting there watching this. He's, oh, go ahead. Uh I was gonna say he's the villain in um in the new Tomb Raider movie. Oh, okay. Um yeah. but I was I was watching Predators and it was like me and my mom and my dad and my uh my brothers and like all of us went out to see this movie. You know, this is back when it came out like in theaters, but Walter Coggins pops up at one point because he's an inmate and he's like, Man, when I get out of here, I'm going to do so much fucking cocaine. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm sitting next to, like, my 60-year-old mother who's, like, very, <laughs> like, not, doesn't, has never said the word fucking or cocaine. Like, I can tell you that much. And I was oh, like, oh, boy. my God. Like, very conservative woman. And it just, like, Ugh! as soon oh, as he said it, like, um, yeah, he never, he never really plays a nice guy in his thing, especially in Hateful Eight. He's not a nice person. Right, yeah. And it's, yeah, but... Uh, basically, they've decided instead of stripping and clipping him, uh, which sounds fantastic, <laughs> sarcasm. Uh, they're they're definitely they're taking him to the LaQuentin Dickey Mining Company, and I love Billy Crash. Well, she didn't waste a t- she didn't waste a minute telling me. I know. And, you know uh, and, she was he was just about to neuter him, dude. And just the way he throws the knife in the bucket and then kind of like yeah. has that weird walk as he walks out. I'm like, you fucking creep me out, dude. Like, I yeah. hate you. Um, but this is the whole speech with. Steven at the end, you know, with just the whole, you know, now most people here wanted to fuck with your funny parts. He's like, but that's too easy. You know, I just, I, you know, we, you know, we decided, hell, the LaQuint Dickey Miners got it worse than that. Uh, and basically. How, you, how good is this close up of Samuel L. Jackson just talking into the camera? Um, oh, yeah. It reminds me. It reminds me a lot of Pulp Fiction uh, with uh, Christopher Walken with the right. watch up the ass. Mm-hmm. It's totally. so good, man. I th- yeah, so I love good. I love his whole speech with him. Of they're gonna take away your name, give you a, give you a number, giving you a shovel, and if you don't work, well then they're just gonna lop you in the head and shove you down in the pit. And he's like that, and that will be the story of you, Django. And it's like, oh man, like it seems so bleak, you know. Like Christoph Waltz is dead, Broomhild is gone, the jig is up. Beyond the jig is up, you know. It's everything's everything's done. You're done. This whole thing's done. And to just hear him say, You're, you'll spend the rest of your days digging holes until you can't anymore. And then they'll just hit you in the head and shove you in a pit. And that will be your story. And it's like, holy fuck, man. Like, that's that's some dark shit, you know, to, like, contemplate. Um, just, you know, that Absolutely. being yeah, that's That's going to be your life from here on out. It's like, Jesus Christ. Um, Absolutely, man. It's so dark. But then uh, we move on to, en route to the LaQuint Dickey Mining Company. Um <laughs> Let's uh let's just unpack who we've got here, hey? Oh yeah. We've got writer and director Quentin Tarantino doing his great Ugh. accent. Uh can you do me a can you do an example, Colin? Uh oh dude, well like of a good one of or a bad one. <laughs> Whatever you got for me, brother. Whatever you oh, got. Oh dude, me. well the way Tarantino says that shit, I don't want nothing from you, Blackie. You know, the way he says stuff is so <laughs> is so bad. He's just so like, What the hell are you talking about? You know, he's 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 way too like It's so know, over the top. Yeah, because like, it's more like the way, you know, like the um, like the way that you talk, you know, you're very soft with like the way you pronounce things, you know, and I know this is, isn't how everyone said everything, you know, years ago, but, you know, it's kind of, you know, you don't have to have this Courtney, what the hell are you talking about, Blackie? You know, it, it sounds, you know, and, and, the, and the the other Australian guy does kind of talk like that, you know, he's like, you're all right for a black fella, you know, like they, they do kind of have that thicker accent. 
Uh, but yeah, fuck. Uh, dude, there, there actually, there actually are like there are dialects, like there are different dialects. Like you'll hear different kind of accents uh, mm-hmm. throughout Australia. I mean, I mean, you you get those those weird ones who are like, yeah, nah, mate, how you going? You get that bullshit, uh, mm-hmm. and and that's called. There's a word for that. It's called bogand. Bogan. <laughs> bogan as fuck. Yeah, dude. Uh, like is that like redneck like kind of? Yeah, pretty much like fucking hillbilly white trash. Redneck oh, okay, cool. Shit. We just we just call him Bill um, Billy White Trash. That's perfect. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, Quentin Tarantino. Uh, he's uh, I like him, man. I, I like his accent. I like that it's him. But I love. Uh, I nearly pissed myself in the cinema when I watched this for the first time when he throws the dynamite in the cage and he's like, "Got a little dynamite for you, folks." <laughs> oh, dude, that's so, what a fucking dick, man. Like <laughs> the way he says dynamite, dynamite, dynamite. <laughs> Um, but also, I didn't want to go past it. We've also got um, John Jarrett, who I mentioned a couple episodes back. So John Jarrett is in Wolf Creek. He plays uh, Mick Taylor. Um, he's a great Australian actor too. He's um, he's in a few things. I've actually met him a couple times. He's uh, he's no shit. Yeah, man. He he. Um, so they have a Wolf Creek TV show now and he was promoting that at a convention and he's there every year. So I've been to this convention three times now and I've met him three times. Um, he's a super nice bloke. Um, even though in Wolf Creek, he comes off as horrifying. Like he is scary, but, um, we've also got, um, Michael Parks as well. Um, yeah, this guy unfortunately passed away in 2017, but he was in, uh, Planet Terror is in apparently he's in from Dust Till Dawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Red State, uh, Kevin Smith's Red State. Kevin Smith talks about how great Michael Parks is um, in his book. I, re- I highly recommend checking that out. But um, yeah, this is like an all star cast here <laughs> for the for the for the mining company. Yeah, and he's yeah he's also he's in like Kill Bill, and I think he's yeah he's done a lot of Kevin Smith and Tarantino movies. Uh, but yeah, just the three of them, because it's actually really insane. You started talking about Wolf Creek, and that, uh, of course, I haven't really seen a lot of like Australian cinema. But one of the few movies I've seen that you mentioned, and I saw this like over ten years ago, was Wolf Creek, and I was like, oh yeah, I actually have seen that. And it's so it's so weird that it just it kind of makes me laugh. We've got a movie that's set right in my backyard, you know, about slavery, and then these Australian guys pop up randomly, <laughs> which makes perfect Dude, sense with our connection. podcast. Yeah. And then yeah, not man. only that, it's one of the actors from Wolf Creek, and that's one of the only Australian movies that we really were like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Like, yeah, like we it's totally crazy, knew. man. Yeah. Man, it was meant to be, obviously, right? Right, exactly. Um, um, but anyway, tell us what's, uh, what, what kind of manipulation Django is doing here to old Tarantino. Yeah, I love um, I love the shit that he pulls. It's it's really smart. Um, you know, basically he uh, how would you guys like to make eleven thousand dollars? What do you say? He's like, well, eleven thousand five hundred to be exact. You know, he's trying to convince them to go back to Candyland, and he's tricked them into thinking that the plantation, I guess, workers, owners, anybody who's left there, is part of the uh, the Smitty Bacall gang. Uh, he's held on to that. Um, He's held on to that wanted poster since he shot Smitty Bacall. You know, the guy was plowing the field. Uh, some people, you know, this is one of the things I don't really beat to death with a bush. Some people have been like, why does he have the billfold? Like, why does he have the hand paper thing? Like, if they didn't send him with anything. It's like, that's something, you know, it's not a big deal. I could see that being left in a pocket or, yeah, or forgot. Or, or he just looked down and saw it and grabbed it, you know, and just took it. You know, it's like, it's not, it's not a big, that's not a big issue to me. Um 
that might be a little bit hypocritical, but whatever. Come at me, bro. Um, but I think, uh, <laughs> I think uh, you know, his plan is is actually really smart. You know, these guys, um, you know, these guys are really hesitant to believe him off the bat until they go and talk to the other three slaves that are in the, the I guess the little kind of roller cart that they're dragging along with them. Uh, but they ask him, you know, were these guys slaves? No, what were they? They were bounty hunters. And right away, you know, oh my God, you know, this is going to be real fucking big, you know, and he starts going into. Um, yeah, that's John Jarrett. This could be, oh, blimey, mate. This could be real fucking big, mate. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's so great. It's such, such a good line. Um, but yeah, basically he tricks them and, you know, they, and the, the three guys in the cart are what really sealed the deal. They're like, yeah, he came to town with a German, said they were Mandingo. Um, fighters, but they they weren't any they, they weren't no Mandingo fighters. They were they were bounty hunters, and that's when it's like oh shit! Like these guys totally believe Django hook line and sinker now. And uh, I love you know I love he's like uh, he's like oh you can take the donkey over there. He's like that's the one with all the dynamite on it. He's like I, I ain't riding no horse strapping no goddamn <laughs> dynamite. Um, but I love that that's that scene you're talking about. And then Tarantino takes it off and throws it into the cage with them. Um, but uh, so yeah, basically they give Django, um, they yeah they give Django the pistol, you know, and he just immediately doesn't even get the gun out of the holster. Oh my god! And just starts so shooting. Uh, like got caught him where they least expect it, and of course you fucking. You know shoots. I love that. It's so much. It's so much build up on this plan, and then it's like, as soon as we get a gun in this guy's hand, bam. Right. And it's like, I, I really didn't see it coming. I thought for sure, you know, go in there with a few guns, you know, and just start shooting some people up, you know, but he's like, nah, just start shooting all of them right away. Um, <clears throat> and I love, you know, the guy that's, uh, I'm not sure who the actor is. Um, the one that, you know, he's made all the remarks to, I'll put my fucking boot in your eye, you know, whatever that guy, <clears throat> it's, it's weird. Cause this guy has habitually, we've had like close ups on him and just like random kind of shots of him staring at Django or admiring Django. Yeah. And, and yeah. It's great. But he's, he's like, he's, he's really admiring Django. Like, yeah. he, like he inspires him. Yes. Like when he comes out Can, and he's like, he's like, no, that guy's not a slaver. He's a bounty hunter. He's like, holy shit, a black guy is yeah. a bounty hunter. Like I can do that. Like that's really cool. Yeah. Can we talk about <laughs> Tarantino's death? Oh, oh dude, God. yes. That's like the best he death just, in the whole movie. He just gets annihilated, man. He just, it's just like he wasn't even like expecting. He just turns around, and I'm just like, I always I freeze frame that shit and watch it frame <laughs> by frame. So yeah, like it looks so good because like the the explosion when you see it, it starts in the in the pouch with the dynamite, and like you can see the white, um, and then boom, he just he just disappears, man. And Dude, he just disintegrates, like he just uh, like. And I, I'm just I, like you're the director. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love. I would love to to hear Tarantino's commentary on it. Okay, so uh, yeah, all right. Uh, right here is where I get uh, exploited. Uh, all right, and yeah. uh, like, dude, hit, yeah. all right, yeah. uh, dude. He's duh, every single time. It's how he. Yeah. I mean, I. I'm sure if you listen to all of our episodes, you know, I definitely, I have my own speech patterns and stuff, but it's not, uh, all right. Like everything he says is, uh, all right. It's like, uh, yeah. you know what? I'm shutting your butt down. Yeah. Right. I'm, sh I'm, sh I'm shutting your butt down. Uh, uh, but anyway, so Django, yeah, he blows him the fuck up. He rides off on his horse to John, Le to John Legend. Mm -hmm. Um, I forgot the name of the song. Do you know the name of the song? 
Not off the top of my head. I should have pulled up the the soundtrack, but I didn't. Who who did that to you? I think that's it. But anyway, uh, Django rides off. Oh, I love this shot. This tracking shot of Django just riding oh, the dude. horse. By the There's way, this is Django's actual. This is um. This is his actual horse. This is Jamie Foxx's yeah. actual horse. Um, and before uh, with Fritz uh, Schultz's horse, that's his real horse as well. Yeah, that's cool, man. I I, I read yeah. that somewhere along the way, and I'm like, that's cool. I, I, I never knew Jamie Foxx had interest in horses, but hey, man, that's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome, man. Um, but yeah, just the way he's riding this horse, man. You see that shot of the fire in the background. That is that might be one of my favorite shots in the movie. No, definitely, um, definitely for sure. It's one of and the, best the ways. Shots. Just the way he's holding the gun, man. He's he's just like a he's he's a force of nature, just heading, heading to to fucking to save her, man. It's so good. Um, just a quick thing. Do you remember when you mentioned that uh, Christoph Waltz fell off that horse? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Jamie Fox got uh, got him a little present. He bought him a saddle with seatbelts on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's but uh, yeah, funny. Django. Django shows up at this this at this place um, where Mrs. Stone Cipher is washing himself in that barrel. Why? <laughs> Why? I don't know, man. It's, it's so good. It's... And this guy's just watching him. This guy's on the armchair, just like just rocking away, just washing it, watching Dude, him. I was gonna say, I have it in my notes. Does he have to bathe there? That's like one of the <laughs> first things I wrote down. I was like, Why? Uh, one thing. <laughs> but one then thing we don't. I... But then we don't get that dick shot. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh my god. Um. One thing that is really interesting is uh, Zoe Bell, who's in Death Proof, and she was Uma Thurman's stunt double uh, for uh, like all of Tarantino's movies. Um, she's actually the woman carrying the axe with the red band, the red bandana oh, on her face. Yeah, you mentioned Zoe Bell was in this, and I was like, where? <laughs> right. Apparently, another character, you know, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Jonah Hill, like they were just going to be this huge, expansive kind of film but her because there's a reason why she wears that bandana and it just totally got cut down to like nothing um and there's like why she doesn't have any dialogue you know but but i could i could kind of tell when i first saw it i was like they're hanging on her for a second like when they first show her character so i I knew it was something i knew it was something going on but i've always wondered that thank you so much (laughs) because i i I, I was like why is this why is this random chick here like there wouldn't be a girl here she'd get fucking like raped and tossed yeah, aside right. by these crazy people yeah um but no man uh, Django shows up to this to this little cottage this is for d'artagnan motherfuckers dude that's that in. might be my favorite uh, line d'artagnan motherfuckers and just pops oh, in God. dude do you see what just they're gambling with wailing. do you see what they're gambling with the guys gambling they have slave ears yeah they, um they, i i saw that today actually for the first time ever jesus um, fucking christ man fucking dark man that's quentin tarantino for you but um yeah man he busts in and just lays fucking waste to these guys just absolutely oh, destroys beautiful. them we get that amazing dick shot <laughs> Se- the <laughs> second one stone cipher second one in like 15 minutes <laughs> oh yeah um but no then Django continues his odyssey he takes off on the horse these guys are having their little funeral carrying the coffin for galvan and candy mm-hmm. um and we're rushing to the end. We are getting to the end. We find out that, uh, well, actually, Django returns to the place where he was hanging and pays a quick little visit to Schultz. Yeah, and says says his final goodbye. Avida's in. 
It's like, oh, that's yeah. nice, man. That's a real nice touch, you know, because I'll see you again. You know, that's nice. Of course. That's really nice. It's beautiful. And then we see Django rescue old Hildy. And I love the way this is shot too, man, with a shadow on the wall. Oh, yeah, she's, absolutely. She's, yes. She's afraid. She doesn't know who this is. She doesn't know who's coming. She starts crying. And then the music, oh, my God, the music just makes this moment. I yes. love this. I uh, love yeah, the I hell love out it. of this, man. It's me, baby. And she turns around like, oh, my God, the last person you thought you were going to see. Like, holy shit. That's yeah. really that's really cool. I love that. Yeah, that kind of just the silhouette of their shadows and the frame of the door. Like, uh, I love that. It's beautiful. It's it's very old school. It's got such an old school feel to it, man. Um, but no, uh, we then see we then reach our final scene of the movie. Uh, they're walking arm in arm in a line. It's so weird. I don't know why they're doing that. But they uh, get back to the house. There's blood everywhere. But, yeah. Um, by and by we will meet. He's singing the song. By and by we will meet. In his fucking annoying, oh, thing. With terrible voice. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, Django finishes off, finishes it off, finishes finishes it off. I I wish it would have cut to to Django as like Ray Charles, you know, like singing it, <laughs> and then he like shakes himself. He's like, wait a minute, sorry, I got the wrong. Love movie. it, love it, love it, love it. <laughs> uh, and then you see Billy Crash just immediately interested. He walks he walks over and he's like, damn. Um. Is he Damn. wearing Calvin's clothes right here? Isn't he wearing Django? like yeah, he, he says something. He's like, never really knew that something was my color. Burgundy. And never really knew that burgundy was my oh, color. Oh, he might actually be. I never noticed that really. It's like hmm. where does he get the clothes from? You know, obviously he's gotta take them from somebody. Uh, yeah. maybe they're not Calvin's, but they're definitely somebody there on the estate. I always thought about that because he makes a note of it. He's like, I never knew burgundy was my color till now. And I was like, Oh hmm. shit. Oh, I never realized. But he whips out his fucking pistol man he just goes to town shoots chris uh chris i was about to say chris mannix that's uh <laughs> that's his that's his character's name in hateful eight sorry billy crash in the fucking balls again three in a row uh yeah. dude he fucking he pops then, in that one and he drops yeah i love that last yeah. time i let's see here billy crash last time yeah. i was with you you had your hand on my bow and just oh my yeah. god his screaming goes to like a whole yeah. other level dude django oh he's like Django, you black son of a bitch. The D Silent Hillbilly. Bam. Oh, so how, his line delivery so quick. Like he's so uh, loud, and it's such a drawn out line that it's it, yeah. it when it cuts to him, you know, the D Silent Hillbilly. It just happens so fast and so quiet. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, and then we get Stephen trying to <laughs> exit out the door. Yeah, all uh, you black folk that, get away from all these white folk. <laughs> before before that, Cora. Before you go, will you tell Miss Laura goodbye? Goodbye, Miss Laura. Bang, straight out. It's so comical the way she, the way she flies out the. Yeah, it's thing. like it's like she gets shot diagonally and she flies like sideways. Like sideways. It's, yeah, it's, it's so, so weird. But it's it, but so it's good. dude. He, I, I love it. It was. I think a lot of people were rooting for that death. You know, just to see that I'm just so her get snatched up. Like, oh, that's great. So glad, dude. But yeah, Miss Cora makes a run for it, and you just see her like sprinting. <laughs> oh yeah, she's, she's just hightailing it, it out of there, man. <laughs> she's holding her dress up and shit, and Shaver's like right behind. Um, but Stephen, how you like my new duds? And Stephen's just like got his cane. Oh man, he's so fucking angry. He drops his cane. 
and he's just like, oh fuck, I, 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 I can't, I can't get out of this scene, man. Just the way this finishes, I count six shots. I count two guns. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> There's so much, and you know, I love that he, you know, shoots him, shoots him in the kneecap, and. Yeah. Uh, starts talking about he's like you know, he's been here a long time Stephen how many people you think you've seen thousand ten thousand or he's like thousand five thousand six thousand like I love that because he's coming back to the I'm that one in ten thousand and oh man That's everything so that came good. out of Calvin everything that came out of Calvin Candy's mouth was horse shit except one thing I am that one in ten thousand it's like good god oh, dude like what a great yes. what a great way to bring that back around because it's not I, I forgot all absolutely. about it absolutely um, no, absolutely but, dude you're right but I love how like I love how he's just like crying he's like oh sweet Jesus let me kill this guy you know, yeah. I gotta get this you know, I gotta get away with this Jago <laughs> you're gonna be unwanted posted now the bounty hunter's gonna be looking for you uh, it's just like you can run, but they're gonna find your ass. Oh, they're gonna find you, and then oh, dude, he's crying like a little bitch on foot. Oh God, please so God, good. help, he's help so me kill good. this guy. And then Django lights the fuse with his uh, fucking fucking torch. Jesus Christ, that thing is smoking. That thing he's yeah, smoking right. is massive. Uh, and then we follow the fuse all the way up to all the way up to the top of the door. Django walks out. Uh, Trinity Totoli by Annabelle E. Cantori plays. I don't know hmm, what the hell. That's a mouthful. He puts on, yeah, I know. He puts on those badass glasses, and he watches the fireworks. Carrie Washington puts her fingers in the air. That's adorable. Bam. That shot is adorable when I she love puts it. her. It's it so kind of it cuts in on her. That I love this ending, except for one thing. What? The weird. He's so close to the explosion. No, 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 no. That doesn't bother me at all. It's a really beautiful shot when it all explodes, yeah. and he's still standing like right there. The weird ass horse dancing. What is that? <laughs> what is that? I think it's. I think it's just because it's his horse, and like, uh, they they must have just put it in there. Yeah. yeah. You know this is. But I, I, you know what I do? I like seeing some really some positive time, like because him and Hildy don't really get to smile and laugh. And that's the only moment that we kind of get it. So I'm I'm glad that it's in there. I like it. I dug it. Right, yeah. I think I can... I especially love... Hey, little troublemaker. Hey, big troublemaker. Yeah, yeah like, that's that's really cool. I like that line. But, but yeah. Um, so, Hildy and, and Django right off into the sunset. And uh, and that's pretty much it. I, He's I really... the talk of the <laughs> West. I love the song too, dude. Django! It's so good. But, dude, how do you feel? We just covered Django. Wait, 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 wait. Actually, before that, before that, we get a flashback to Schultz. Oh, yes. That's that's right. The last time ever she's... Yeah, he's like, I love that. He's shooting shooting at the snowman and stuff, and uh, I believe he's like, you know what they're going to call you? And he, blah, he shoots the gun, fastest gun in the south. Oh. It's like, oh, that's 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 cool, man. Like, I who like I, I kind of wish people had, had moved westerns kind of towards the south a little bit more, because, like, Django hmm. is like, dude, the south in a certain in a certain time and era would be a good place for, like, a western setting kind of film. Yeah. Um, but, but dude, hold on, man. I, I, written I really... and directed by Quentin Tarantino. And then the second thing to come up is <laughs> no horses were harmed during the making of this movie. Yeah, right. I, I saw that and I was like, ah, that, that must have been pretty important to them to like put that up there oh, like yeah. right away. 
because uh, like even you said you know with like dude there's horses like right there when that explosion goes off you know like yeah. or way earlier on in the movie but um all in all like but, i still dude, oh, covered finished yeah done i still i i still like this movie a lot uh just kind of like my closing thoughts like i still like it a lot um it's probably going to be a long time before i watch it again um i it's just uh i forgot kind of how i'm not saying it there there's it it never gets complicated and it and it doesn't get convoluted like it's not if i mean if you can watch inception which i love inception you can fucking watch this movie you know it's right i think it's i think it's tarantino's most straightforward movie yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, in terms of, like, because when you look at Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction or Kill Bill and everything's jumping around all over the place. Um, but, yeah, I think that uh, I think that it's a good movie. I, I hope to God, um, and I'm really glad there was never, like, the Django extended universe, you know, where, like, they made sequels, <laughs> where, like, because that was a really good point that Steven made at the end. He's like, dude, they're going to be after you now. And I was like, that's kind of a good point, you know? It's like... I was a bounty hunter. Like, people tracked... I tracked people from Texas to fucking Tennessee. He's like, I mean, what make You know, I, like, that would be kind of interesting is seeing Django trying to get out of those things. But ultimately, it's nothing nothing worth tarnishing the reputation of this movie because it is a good movie. Uh, I, I'm i going to say a solid B. I, I like, for me, personally. Um, it's definitely not as bad as Kill Bill. It's definitely not as good as Reservoir Dogs. Um, I, I, it's, but it's, it sits very nicely in his, in his little habitat of his films. Of uh, you know, you got the samurai movies with Kill Bill. You've got this western. You've got these, uh, you know, uh, what uh, Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Whatever, however you want to try to categorize those. Even if, saying they're crime films is not even right. But. Um, it sits really well in his uh, repertoire of stuff, and I and I think I think it's a good movie. It'll be a long time before I revisit it, but definitely a B, maybe a B plus. I say a B plus because there's a lot of stuff in there that I really love, um, and I would love to read his unedited script because it's apparently like 400 pages long, Shit. which. Uh, you know, if you know, I'm sure you, you guys, I know you've dabbled and you've written some stuff before. One page of screen time is roughly one minute. One, right. So 400 minutes, 6, 12, 18, 24. I mean, you're talking about over, a, I mean, like a, a, a five or six hour movie. You know, it'd be like a mini series. But I'm glad they didn't do that. I like this movie. I won't be watching it again for a long time. But uh, I definitely look forward to the next Tarantino flick we cover, not because I don't like this one, just because there's plenty more that I want to jump into because I know we're both Tarantino fans. But I really look forward to that. Oh, wow. All right, man. Yeah, I dug the hell out of this movie, and I really appreciate talking about it, man. This is... Uh, I. I... There is, there will never be a time where I won't be, I won't want to talk about Django Unchained. This is definitely my favorite. Like I said, my favorite Quentin Tarantino film. Um, it's just the most fun, and it's one of the most fun movie I've seen. One of the most fun movies I've seen ever. Um, it, like this is, it's very rare for a movie to, for all of its elements to fire on the same cylinder at once. Cylinder at once. So it's like. You know, you've got the score, the production, the the way it looks, the way it's shot, like the acting, everything just comes together and equals 100%. That's why this movie is a 10 out of 10 for me. Um, I'm sorry, Colin, I don't deal in, in letters. <laughs> we don't, uh, I don't fuck with letters, I'm sorry. But um, yeah, dude, 
really, really looking forward to covering some more Tarantino. And um, do you have anything else to say, Colin? I mean, besides uh, our usual uh, cover-up? The only thing I can think is uh, two things. Do you want to either tell them what what we're covering next, or do you want to drop a hint at what we're covering next? Um, We'll chuck a hint, and you're probably the most, you're probably the best person suited for it because it's one of your favorite movies, right? Yeah, it is definitely, I'm trying to think of a good way. Oh, okay, here's a good hint. This is uh, one of the only films that Chris Martin from Coldplay has been in. And he plays shit. He plays two different roles. He plays himself and he plays another character. Um, You know, if you can guess it, I'm definitely down to hear it. You know, again, midnightdoublefeature at gmail.com. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. You know, you can find us at Libsyn. Uh, Anything like that. And please reach out to us. I've noticed we've had... You know, the listeners in, like, Finland, Ukraine, Singapore, Sweden, Canada, India. India. Like, uh, dude, I I long to hear from those people. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're – because, like, I, this is kind of – I think it's what – obviously, your insight on movies is why I started a podcast with you. But you're into travel. You're into culture. So am I. Like, that's kind of why I think this works really well because we're definitely interested in each other's kind of cultures and how, yeah, man, how each sure. other's lives stuff so that's that's really i want to hear about that i want to hear you know people from sweden and you in the you know the ukraine and finland i was like how who are these people and how are they hearing about us so 100 percent, man if you're if you're from another country you know and and you're just now getting even if you're from the u.s or canada or australia wherever you know we're having listeners right now um just please, you know, let us know, you know, where you heard us from. Just stop by and say, hey, uh, you can always find us on Facebook. And then we've got the the group called the After Party. Everybody's invited. Everybody can everybody's free to join that. Um, and, yeah, we're really looking forward to especially with Infinity War coming up where, we're, you know, we're, things are things are going to be getting hot. Things are going to be getting hot over here for a while, especially with uh, with Infinity War and Avengers and stuff coming out. But, yeah, yeah. I think that just about wraps it up for me unless yeah. you've got anything else you want to say. Yeah, man. Uh, look, I just wanted to thank everyone for joining us for a four-hour podcast. <laughs> this oh, is dude, uh, yeah. this is a beast. This has been a beast to cover. Um, you know, two-hour, forty-five-minute movie equals a four-hour podcast. So there you go. Don't be afraid of the of the runtime. You know, more content is always good content. Um, yeah, in terms of Infinity War, we will. Honestly, it's my turn to do a solo episode this week, so I might even have Matthew, uh, Matthew Vella jump on this 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 week, um, and we're actually checking out Avengers on Wednesday, which will be a Fuck Thursday you. in America. <laughs> Fuck uh, you. So you know what, we might drop a spoiler-free review or something like that. Um, so yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Look, thanks so much for listening. Uh, like like Colin said, Midnight Double Feature at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, you name it. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good day. Bye.